Hello fellow homebrewers, JP here, and I want to introduce to you the brand new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Series available at More Beer. More Beer sells the highest standard in homebrewing equipment, and the Brewbuilt Conicals are just that. They're made from mere polished 304 stainless steel, and they come with loads of features that you and I have been looking for. They have a full 2-inch bottom dump valve, which will eliminate your clogging issues, while the sturdy base includes four reinforced legs, just like those big pro tanks do. More Beer also carries the Brewbuilt line of options and add-ons like casters, pressure kits, and even external glycol chillers. So you can find out more about the new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Unitanks by going over to morebeer.com for detailed videos on the entire line of Brewbuilt Conicals. You can trust Brewbuilt with your next fermentation, and you can trust More Beer to find the right conical for you. Brewbuilt at morebeer.com. to believe in me and I want people to believe in me when they taste my beer that's what it's about you mean you laid underneath it and tried to put his tongue up the bung <laughs> I liked to actually scoop up the yeast uh-huh. and look at it 7 o'clock came real early that next morning oh, yeah man thanks for dumbing that down for us you did an awesome job it's all about food and you beer punch me in the junk man that thing was thick the point is just beat it like it's your dick I like to smell it <laughs> afterwards are you being sarcastic no right now? Yeah. bring your body armor I ran into my jungle once on a ball valve in a kettle that's a true cheap. happy ending now, live from the Brewing Network Studios in Northern California, this is the radio program for home brewers, craft brewers, beer lovers, and beer geeks. It's your only source for live beer radio that brings expert brewers together with, well, expert drinkers. This is the radio program with a head on it. This is The Session. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to The Session. Another fine show here in Pacheco and uh, possibly the hottest day of the year. And guess what? Just in time for the Dan. (laughs) It is the Dan Show Part 3. This time it's personal. (laughs) Hey, Dan. I'm happy to be here, and it is it is moderately temperate in here too. It's not that hot. I'm it's happy. not too bad. We try to take care of you. We've been so frugal around here lately. I won't even turn the AC on for Doc. And, That's bad. Uh, <laughs> it's bad. But we turn it. We t- we have both air conditioners going. If you walked outside right now, you could see our PG&E meter spinning. And uh, we're just trying to make it comfortable. It's funny because we plan the show. I call Dan, and I say it's Dan Gordon from Gordon Biersch. Everybody, if you if you've uh, been absent in the beer world for the last couple of years and you didn't know which the Dan we were talking about, it's Dan Gordon from Gordon Biersch. And uh, yeah, so uh, we plan the show. We we know now when Dan is going to do the show with us that we don't book him after April. We get him in yeah. here in April. The studio starts to warm up, and uh, Dan's uh, very obliging to come do the program. Poor guy loses like eight pounds every time he comes here. Well, fat brewers like to be lightly chilled. That's our motto. (laughs) So, uh, you know, we book the program accordingly now. And uh, what happens? It's like a a sudden heat wave in California. Perfect storm. Isn't like tomorrow, the next day is going to cool off again. It'll be 40 degrees tomorrow. Doc calls me on Friday and says, uh, you know, we tried. (laughs) (laughs) Why is it that when we book Dan, it just heats up automatically? So, because he's hot. Yeah, what are you gonna do? Because Dan's hot. So Dan, uh, in true Dan fashion, brought a bunch of goodies. He brought a, another barrel for us. And keeping to, to, to tradition, our chat moderator Bevo had to tap the barrel German style. She did. She did a fine job. I tapped that. You did tap that, Bevo. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Very nice. She said uh, that. Of course, Daniela did it last year, and we have pictures of that. I don't remember if they're in the gallery or not. They might just be in my private stash. I can't remember. But uh, we did that last year, and then, of course, now we have pictures of Bevo doing it. And uh, if you want to see those on the website, just keep emailing Chad until they appear. I've put him in charge of the gallery now. Uh, I get lots of emails about the defunct gallery. So if you want to see pictures of Bevo tapping it, what did you? what's in there? Blombach? Yeah, unfiltered Blombach. Oh, is that? That's right. Everything you put in the barrel is kind of traditional, unfiltered like, yeah, right? Yeah, it comes straight from the tank, the aging tank, and uh, right into the wooden barrel. Do you guys ever do the wooden barrels at the the restaurants so that other people can try it? Yeah, you know, every seasonal beer gets tapped into a wooden barrel. You do, yeah. Okay. So every three or four, two, anywhere from every six weeks to every three months. Gotcha. It's kind of like our, our regulars appreciation day. Nice. And then whenever you go to the Gordon household, of course, we have unfiltered beer on tap. Always on tap. Yeah. <laughs> do you have a walk in at your house? No, I don't actually. The truth is, I don't have a kegerator at home anymore. Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, I, what happened? I don't know. That's I think, a tragic story. I think it's in some uh, sushi bar in, in Honolulu, to tell you the truth. <laughs> Is that I, right? uh, the, the sushi chef and I hit it off really well, and, and uh, yeah, that's what happened. And you said, hey, take anything you want, and he took your kegerator? <laughs> I made a stupid offer, and he took me up on it. <laughs> you want us to help you it's out? It's the world's greatest sushi in the world. Um, You've I, given so much. We've got a urinal uh, kegerator over there. Very impressive. It's 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 meaningful, actually. It has a lot of lot of depth to it as a piece of a significant piece of art, I should say. Do you think your wife would appreciate it along with the other decor in I would house? like to put it on display at the bottling, the brewery and bottling plant, because I think it's that good. <laughs> it it, it says nice. it all. I've always <laughs> joked that you only get to rent the beer, you know, it, mm. especially after you drink three or four. It's, it's it going in a perfect cycle and yeah. this one just cuts out the middleman instead of having a person drinking the beer it goes straight from the tap into the urinal yeah right then you don't have to go anywhere you can stand right there <laughs> you know <laughs> I, I think the the correct height would have to be dialed in where you have a really extended tower yeah. and that way you can pour the beer straight from the faucet into your mouth bypass the glass and the lifting motion yeah That's and then then you just position yourself over the urinal probably Preferentially, I think you'd be naked the entire time. Of course, no pants. You don't want to make a mess. No. <laughs> and then, then you would, uh, you know, just gradually wait for it to pass through your, you know, metabolism. Yeah. And uh, end up in the urinal. I think you're right about the height part. Doc made it doc height. We have to put it up on a chair. <laughs> well, we can make it. Oh, I, I made it for sit on the table. <laughs> I know. Is this posted on the? Uh, if you put it on the floor, it's pretty no. Much we don't have that in the gallery. This do needs we? to be in the gallery because it is. I consider it one of the more important artwork pieces of of this century at least next to our stripper pole of course that i'm hoping we get to see in action today (laughs) we haven't used it since uh the incident we just refer to it as the incident (laughs) bevo was on it she did fine yeah nothing broken but, That's uh, just my pride <laughs> yeah. and my self-respect. Your ho- just your hopes and dreams. Yeah, right. <laughs> Especially after we post the pictures. Uh, there were actually Dan was asking for video of this. There was video of that. It was we did it like seedy uh, backroom bar type of video, so it's real smoky and dark. Uh, High quality stuff. Yeah, <laughs> just a little grainy. Yeah, it's on eight millimeter. Yeah, yeah. it's it. Yeah, even a little worse. I think <laughs> like six millimeter. Yeah, eight millimeter. <laughs> if there good. was such a thing. Yeah. Uh, Tasty in the studio with us today. Glad you're with us. Glad to have you on Glad the program. Here, of course, we got Shat here. Bevo in the chat room. JP is not here this week, so uh, Dan lucked out on that one. I got to tell you. <laughs> and uh, of course, Doc's with us. So. Welcome, everybody, to the program. It is The Dan Show, part three. We're going to be talking about uh, loggering, of course, as we always do with The Dan, because he's the logger master. But we're really going to focus on... All right, I'm going to try this, Dan. We're going to focus on Dunkelweizen. Perfect. Yeah? Yeah. Dunkel. It's not Dunkel, right? It's Dunkel. Dunkel. 
Oh, you, you got, say Dunkel. Well, Dunkel. It's, it's kind of halfway in between. No, you, no oh. you're, you're there. Dunkel. Dunkelweizen. 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 You, you did it fine. Okay. All right. I looked up the pronunciation. I'm, I cheated a little bit. But I wanted to get it because the Dan knows German. That's like, I think English is almost your second language at this point. I, I'm much more intelligent in German than I am in English. <laughs> you? you have to be with that school you went to out there. So that's what we're doing today. We're going to be talking a lot about the Dunkelweizen. Uh, it is the new seasonal from Gordon Biersch. And the really uh, exciting thing, and we'll get into this, of course, but I want to mention it, is that it's available in bottles this time. And you don't always do that with your seasonals. No, this is, this, well, we have a new concept. Uh, we haven't done it in the past, but. Finally, I'm getting together with the the rest of the craft brewing industry that's been doing seasonal rotations for a long time. Yeah, and we're going to have four seasonal beers uh, during the year, so one for each actual season. Oh, good. Yeah. Hence, the, why this will be gone in June. Yeah. In in, in the bottles, of course. right? And okay, so of course we'll be talking about that. The good thing about this uh, topic is very timely because we've got one of Chad's Dunkles on tap right now, and we'll have you try that later. See what you think on a homebrew level. And um, as always, we all have thick skin around here, Dan. So you tell us what's what about that. Please do. Yeah, I'll be brutal. Yes, yes. Chad just won his first gold medal. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. In Brown his, ale. in his very first competition. Wow. Yeah, he's becoming quite the brewer. Well, just let everybody know, Chad is actually propagating his yeast from a single pure strain culture out there. He is. Cell. So not a lot of people doing that at home. In uh, And he's doing a huge, it's a 5,000 milliliter starter he's got going he's, out he's there. He's got enough yeast there to, to go for a 100 barrel brew. Exactly. Uh, I think no dicking around here. He, Chad, Chad's ready to take on the world of brewing. Uh, all right, we're going to talk about that later because as uh, it's always fun. Everyone has a good time when Dan's around here. It comes right in. He, he eyeballs the yeast starter. Doesn't ask any questions, just eyeballs it and says, that's ready, by the way. He just know. He can oh, yeah. tell. He looks at the thing. He, he goes. T- he that's told ready. us how many cells are in there too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. So we're. I, t- I used to be able, one of my my biggest things with my, when, when we do stump the brewer. We kind of have that thing going on historically at the brewery restaurants. And uh, if if one of the brewers would walk, you know, I'd walk in and and he'd say, "What do you think?" And I you know, I taste the beer and I go, "Well, that's that's twenty two IBU and it's supposed to be you know twenty eight. <laughs> and he goes. Uh, no way, man. We, we sent this out. I go, no, no, seriously. We're going to run it through the lab right now. And, and I, you know, sure enough, I had the digital tongue for bitterness units. you got to be shitting I was me, pl- I was plus or minus two. I have to tell you that yeah. I really want to call bullshit that you can tell the difference between four IBUs. Four, uh, yeah. A brewer can do, uh, the general public can tell uh, the difference between four IBUs. Oh, is that way. right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the, we, we did this. That, that was why I went to grad school in Germany to study brewing engineering is to learn Figure so, sound. Yeah, that and how long you'll live extra you know with by drinking two beers a day versus no or four beers a day good yeah that's that's a good one you will live longer if you drink two beers a day by the way statistically but four it goes the other way yeah four is well fuck <laughs> yeah i know but the zeros <laughs> just think about the zeros are the ones that uh, that really that. want that's really, right but it doesn't say you know two beers a day it doesn't say how big the beer has to be it could be two boots you good know? point and, and then you're covered but it was uh, a brewer can do about two Mm. Uh, a general beer drinker can notice four. I didn't think it would, because that, it just seems so, so minute to me. I know it does, but it, it really... Wow. Yeah. All right. So you, uh, you've you got the magic tongue, so I to lucked speak. out, you know, that one. I probably lost it by now. That was when I was, you know, 28 years old. Ah. Now yeah. I don't. Now I everything runs through the lab, and I don't have to think. <laughs> That's perfect. We just turn it up to eleven. Doc and I are getting closer to setting everything up that way in here as well. We yeah. just want to run everything through something else and not have to think. Constant IV drip. That's our <laughs> motto. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now Schumann, uh, we've never done this on the program before. Dan has brought uh, das Boot multiple. How would I say it if it's plural? 
Um, it's actually a dust boat is actually a a, a boat. You know that's oh, that wouldn't be shit. the he correct didn't bring one. His boat. Uh, this is Stiefel? called a Stiefel. Yeah, you know that one. And is it how would I say it plural? Because we have a couple. Uh, Stiefel. D Stiefel. D Stiefel. Yeah, it doesn't get uh, anything other than the conjugation of the leading. You know, the definitive. Okay. The so, Germans are the only ones that are, well, I guess there are other languages, but the Germans are the only one, crazy people that have like six conjugations of the the. Right. Uh, which like really, Spanish. Yeah, but they have it in the accusative uh, tense, and then you have it in the uh, it, in di- the direct tense or whatever. If you're receiving oh, something, yeah. that's crazy. It yeah. gets trouble. I hate it. I did <laughs> not do well it. on the German grammar part. It oh, was really? Better. Yeah, I can speak fluently, but the grammar part, you know, I get like a, a C on that. But. So conversational is, is fine. But don't ask you. To I can give order like a, off of any menu in anywhere in the world, and especially in German. Okay. But if you speak, you're like trailer park German. Well, it sounds like he, it probably sounds like Ebonics. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They don't have the. I, they don't have trailer parks. Yeah, excuse German. me. I want to ask you questions. Ask <laughs> <laughs> you. Yeah, it sounds like uh, Ebonics. Probably. Yeah, German Ebonics. Well, the point here is, Schumann, we're going to have to use uh, the Stiefel for the first time in the program, and I'm pretty sure you know you're going to have to volunteer for that. Okay. If I have to volunteer, then I have to volunteer. Yeah. A, a blonde box stiefel. Oh, it's going to be great. Oh, boy. How, what's the what's the percentage on this? I always forget. It's pretty it's big. A little under 7.3. It's nice. Wow. Oh, yeah. I know how to handle a stiefel. It's cool. <laughs> we, call, we call it the velvet hammer. And, and that's technical talk. Yeah. And that's not Ebonics, either. <laughs> that is technical talk. <laughs> All right, so we're, as you can tell, there are a lot of things happening today, and we've got some cool stuff to give away to you because the Dan brought it. So we're going to be playing Beer Jeopardy today. We're going to be talking about Dunkelweizen. We're going to be talking about lagering and starters. Chad's got a lot of lager questions. He's our new guy, and he's doing great. He's brewing a lot. So we're going to uh, pass along our lager questions. Um, I've instructed Tasty to help us along with the lagering uh, issues, too. Uh, not not where Dan leaves off, but uh, from the homebrewing Translations. perspective. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Dumb exactly. it down. Yeah. And then, of course, uh, Doc, one hell of a lager brewer. So if you've got lager questions, you really have an all-star cast here. 800-401-BEER. Oh, no, uh, 888-401-BEER. Let me get my numbers right here. 888-401-BEER, or you can join the Beave in the chat room there, and uh, she'll send questions over to you. How's it going there so far, Beavis? I already have, like, four questions. You do? Somebody wants you to pronounce a word that I'm not even going to try to say. Uh Uh-oh. It's... W-E-I-H-E-N-S-T. No, Vine Stefan. That's where I went to school. That's it. Ah, yeah. Vine Stefan. <laughs> Vine Stefan. It's the Technical University of Munich at Vine Stefan, mm-hmm. and it's uh, the oldest brewery in the world. Good, now I don't have to write it. Yes. It goes back to 1020. It was uh, originally founded by monks. So, I don't know. Is it called a monastical brewery? Would that, that sound right? Yeah. Or monastery. Monastical. No, I think monastical is right. Yeah. There. And uh, these guys were drinking a lot on the job. Nice. That's what monks, uh, in order to qualify for Lent, their whole thing about having breweries was that it would substitute for beer and water. I mean, wine, uh, bread and water. Bread and water, right. It would fulfill that bread category, and they were allowed to be sloshed all day long. Ah, and they were the perfect. ones that created the Bach beers, by the way. I'm really surprised. Uh, and I have a feeling that maybe in a past life you were a monk, Doc. Uh, I bet. <laughs> just, you know, maybe you and me both, for that matter, except I'm just a little more evil than you are. Oh, yeah, well, back in what, the 11th century, what else you going to do? Yeah. That or burn people at the stake. I guess those are the two activities that, that were occurring. Wait back for the then. plague. Yeah. And once you get drunk, what are you going to do? Do monks do? shower? Monks, yes. The bodily so. hygiene is very good. But, but they don't sing in the shower. Oh, I, I don't think. Are you sure Justin was a monk? <laughs> yeah, maybe not me. Oh, That's why I said Doc first. <laughs> now, 
Bavaria, speaking of, of the monks being able to drink, you know, uh, as they did, it's one of the, it may be the only place on, on earth where um, technically, and I think legally, beer is considered a staple food. It's, yeah. it's in the pyra- the food pyramid in Bavaria. I, I think all of Germany actually got that classification in their beer tax laws. Is that what it yeah, is? Yeah, that's where, where they put it in the food group. It's actually a staple food as a part of your diet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which, what, like, does all sorts of things. Must be a tax write-off. I don't even know what else. <laughs> well, I think a lot of people have tried to live off of it. Yeah. You know, that's as their single element of sustenance. Oh, you mean outside of this room. Yeah, you're probably <laughs> right. <laughs> a few. Well, the monks certainly did that to uh, ward off the hunger pangs in uh, wintertime. That's where the double box came from, or doppelbock. Ah. So they brew this really strong, dark beer, you know, getting up in that 8% range. Yeah. Uh, and they were just sloshed all day long. But they weren't hungry. But right, lots of calories, lots of carbs, you could, uh, everything you your muscles need to keep moving. Yes, you know, maybe not what the rest of your organs need, but uh, you, you, it was energy. And you wouldn't know if you're hungry or not. That was the the beautiful thing about it. Yeah. And there's some great beer festivals over there, the Stark Beer Fest, which is a strong beer festival in uh, in Munich. In Munich. Yeah, around February. Oh, okay. Good, I'm going good. to Oktoberfest for the first time, Dan. We're gonna we're gonna set you up with some stuff outside the Oktoberfest too that you're gonna really enjoy. Can you do that? Oh yeah. I would listen. I gotta say I've been wanting to go there since I was 15 years old. This is no joke. It's one of uh, somebody asked me, um, "Hey, where have you always wanted to go?" And this is it. Uh, I mean, I've been to Munich before, once before, yeah. but this I've always always wanted to go. So I'm real excited. Well, you're gonna get the full. One on one private tour of Vine Stefan. That one will be arranged. I think you need to go pick a hop out of the hop field. I would love to do that. Got to do that. Yeah. Fantastic. So some, some different things, you know. All right, I'm going to be there for a week, so I would if a you can week. help with that. Well, then we're going to Belgium too. We figure while we're there, we might as well get some stuff done. Well. So we're we're going to train it over to Belgium, and uh, we're reeling into Belgian beers right now. So we're going to do some touring around there, and uh, yeah, and then I'm going to visit some friends in France for the last couple of days. You know, it's all in the region. See, this is the beautiful thing it's about close. Europe, right? It's all right there. You know, it's like driving to Southern California for us. No Un- big deal. Until you're trying to get to Romania. Yeah. It takes on a whole nother... Yeah. The roads aren't that good, and the trains don't run very frequently. Is that right? Yeah. And you might get uh, a little trouble with the locals. Does it get, does it get ugly on the way, or is it just, like, tough to travel? It's a babe fest down there in Romania, though. Is that right? Yeah. There was a nice Romanian chick at the cafe I went to the other day. Her English was real bad, and she kept apologizing to me for her English. And I was like, no, you don't have to worry about that, sweetheart. Well, and she said, I'm just here from Romania. I can hardly speak. Yes. Well, Doc would appreciate the complete lack of dental hygiene down there, too. Oh, yeah. so the, you mean the opposite of a baby. The advent, yes. The yeah. advent of this flossing hasn't okay. come, come to, no. to the oh. forefront there. Ooh. Yeah. See, I know that that would bother Doc. It would really bother me because I'm a mouth looker when I speak to people. Oh, yeah, I, I do too. I and, almost don't even look at anything else. Yeah, and I can, whenever there's bad mouths, ooh, I can hardly talk to people anymore. Yeah. So, good thing I don't speak the language. Yeah, I guess I, it wouldn't matter. I can tell from a few feet away if you've been brushing or not. Yeah. Yeah. Whew. That would be bad news. There's the guy behind me in the theater. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So sorry I, about the deviation from pleasant thoughts there. Hey, no worries. I'll You're going to have a great trip. Yeah, I hope so. And bring some floss. Yeah, I'll have to bring lots of floss and give it out, even. So lots of stuff happening, as you can tell. Um, I do have some announcements for you. Uh, first part of it. Are, Dan, you going to the Craft Brewers Conference this week? Uh, I don't think I'm going to actually be there this time. You don't think you're going to make it? I've been on the road too much. Okay. I mean, I'm in Pacheco this week. <laughs> yeah, <that is> <laughs> I understand. 
Get out of here yet. Got to hit the highlights. <laughs> completely understood. Well, you have been. We'll talk about that later too, because I wanted to ask about some of the new places opening up. And yeah. You seem to be at every one of them, so we'll talk about that. Uh, Craft Brewers Conference is this week, and it's in San Diego, and I'm going to be there. So if uh, now it's an industry thing, and mostly it's, it's it's brewers that go to this. It's not a beer festival, but there are a lot of things that take place outside of the conference in the local uh, beer scene down there in San Diego, which apparently is supposed to be great. So uh, I will be around doing some things like that. Um, so I would hope to meet some of you listeners down there, and of course I'll be all decked out in BN gear. It won't be hard to find. So if any of you are planning on going. I know a couple of you have contacted me already that I'd like to see at the Craft Brewers Conference. I'll be there Wednesday. Um, so that also leads me to the next announcement. There's no show next week, Doc, so you're off the hook. No, I knew that. So Because uh, uh, I'm down. I'll be in San Diego still. i got to do some work with sponsors, which, by the way, is a good thing. It means there'll be a show the following week, um, which is always a good thing. Uh, so I'll be there till like, Tuesday in San Diego. Uh, the anniversary show. Is now set. I've announced it a couple weeks now. Uh, Bevo, you, you know about this, right? You're going Saturday, June 14th at Downtown Joe's in Napa. I'm there. You'll be there. Uh, fully. Do we have a start time on that? It, uh, it's, it, the, it's just not confirmed. It's, it's either going to be 4 or 5. Broadcast time isn't until 5. I know that. It's possible we're going to meet at 4 because we get to do this whole homebrew tasting at Downtown Joe's this year, something we've never been able to do before. So I have a. it looks like that's going to start at 4 o'clock, and we'll be in the back in the brewery at Downtown Joe's tasting each other's homebrew for about an hour. And then broadcast time is 5. Gonna make for a good show. Yeah, it's gonna be exactly. It's gonna be a good show. Uh, we're not doing a lot of talk show, so don't worry about that. Uh, hour tops, and the rest of it is music. Cold Hot Crash back on the bill this year. Just got them confirmed the other day. Looks like they won't be on tour yet. If anything, they'll be in the studio, and they've uh, committed to doing the, the show unless something fantastic happens, and then we'll let them off the hook. Uh, that's the only confirmed band I have for you right now. The session band looks like we'll be there, but uh, I was uh, just gonna ask about that. I think we're gonna be there. Yeah. Everyone likes the session band. We'll be doing our beer songs. Um, and I do have another another band will be closing the night for us. I'm just waiting for final words. So lots of good entertainment, and I'll keep you up to date about the other events that are going to happen. You just need to know, Saturday, June 14th, Downtown Joe's in Napa. All right, visit our store. I'll talk about the rest of that later because I do this at the beginning all the time. But you can support us by visiting our store. Um, our 800 number, the 888-401-BEER. You can now, all week long, leave us messages. We have a listener line. And uh, you can leave us messages all week long. I'll play them. I did a whole uh, thing last week, which is pretty good. And I got another good one for us this week, Doc. A little uh, voicemail <laughs> montage. These people are funny. They're cracking me up, man. It's exactly what I hoped for for the listener line. So, so you, are we getting a lot of those? You have, yeah. to, you have to sort through. Sometime I put most of them on there. There's the occasional one where they just come in with like one word, like F Schumann or something like that. <laughs> oh. uh, <laughs> I don't weed those out. But there's other ones that I do. Yeah, we're getting quite a bit. So it's been a lot of fun. So you can use that all week long. Keep that in mind. I never answer that phone, by the way. If you're looking for me to answer that phone, it's not going to happen. 888-401-BEER. It's our live line during the show and our message line afterward. Uh, as always, send your show ideas to Chad. Chad at thebrewingnetwork.com. Chad at thebrewingnetwork.com. That's C-H-A-A-D. Chad at thebrewingnetwork.com. All right, something that Dan and I wanted to talk to you guys about, and I covered it on my CBS show yesterday, and it's important shit going on around here that is worth mentioning right here at the beginning of the show and getting into. Uh, Doc and Tasty, I hope you have done your reading just that you, you guys should know about this kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a new tax being proposed here in the state oh, of California. Yeah. 
And it is, what is it, Dan, a 1,400% increase? Yes. In the beer tax, just on beer uh, and on California beers. And it's being brought to you by our very own, uh, not ours necessarily, but uh, the San Jose, it's Dan's. Mine, a guy that has five breweries in his district. In San Jose. He's a San Jose assemblyman. Dan, is he a freshman or he's been there a while? Yes, freshman. Somebody asked me, because I thought he was a freshman, but he's an old dude. Like, he's been around. He, he's come up the ranks. He was a Santa Clara County supervisor. Okay. And and then he moved into the assembly. Um, but he's been around doing public policy stuff in the for a while. greater San Jose area for umpteen years. You know? So where do you get this bright idea? You know, I really don't understand. Uh, it's interesting because he's singling out beer. Yeah. yeah, it's not an alcohol tax; it's a beer tax. So he's ignoring wine and distilled spirits because beer is the one that's causing all the evil issues out at the social yeah. uh, problems in in our in our region here. I have a couple quotes him describing the social problems that are. It's it's Jim Bell, and I've put his contact information in our forum. Should you feel so compelled after this discussion to contact Jim yourself and uh, and rally against this bill? It's California Assemblyman Jim Bell, B E A L L. And if you go to our forum under Beer Radio, I put his contact information there. You can send him emails and even just call right to the office, like Dan did, and we'll talk about that. Um, here's a couple of things about what he says that they're doing the bill for. The fallout from alcohol consumption costs Californians nearly $36 billion a year in increased health costs, crime, lost productivity. Uh, that I could agree with the lost productivity part. And uh, injuries from accidents and abuse. It's time for the beer industry to help us with the staggering burden it has helped to create. And my favorite quote from Bell himself is, This would force those responsible for the problems to pay for it. So in other words... All of these health care issues when people abuse alcohol and they get in trouble because they're stupid and they do stupid things on alcohol, Dan's responsible for that. <laughs> I am personally responsible. <laughs> yeah. It's your uh, fault, Dan. And, and this, is, this is when I called. When the, this was released at fr- uh, Thursday afternoon at about 4 o'clock. Yeah. So it's already at almost past deadline time. Okay. So the journalists are having a hard time getting any kind of response. So he owns this airspace. For roughly eight hours or so before anyone's going to come. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Except for radio. He blew that one. Did he? Yeah, because KGO picked yeah. that one up in CBS in about two minutes. Really? Good. I heard you on KGO. They, yeah, they was, it was a quick... I, I was talking to them about the great day I was having uh. with uh, the opening... Uh, we just got heard got word that we were going to have a Gordon Biersch at the new San Jose Airport, the new Terminal B. Oh, that's, oh great. Uh, yeah, so that, yeah that's, that was a big deal. And, and then I saw this thing and I said, uh, by the way, you yeah. may want to know... Yeah. So I, I did a quickie there, and then uh, called up Jim to uh, congratulate him on his on his uh, good work. <laughs> and did you get through to Jim? I got, I got, first, I got his uh, director's press uh, secretary first. Okay. I didn't know a guy like this could afford a press secretary. I didn't know our government was paying for him to have a press secretary. That's pretty ridiculous. kind of neat. So he, he likes to generate hype. Yeah. And I talked to him, and then I got a call back from Jim himself. Okay. And I asked Jim, uh, you know, why he wanted to, to put my wife and kids out on the street. You know, <laughs> good question. What, what is the reason? Because he clearly had no concept of the economic impact, first and foremost, on the brewing industry. Yeah, a tax like this to equate it in, in gross dollar figures. Uh, currently, it's six dollars and forty cents uh, per barrel. A barrel being thirty-one gallons. You know, roughly two kegs worth of beer. He wants to take it to eighty-nine dollars. That's that's what it what the equivalent. Now, a restaurant that currently is paying say. Ninety dollars uh, for a keg of beer. Yeah. By the time this 
pass-through mechanism hit the distributor, you know, because it's a wholesale tax, it comes back on the producer, the manufacturer. So there, it gets a multiplier effect by the time it hits the consumer. Okay. So that dollar eighty per six back that he's talking about, yeah, thirty the, cents a can or yeah, bottle. By the time it hit the shelf, and you are going to buy it, you're, you're going to get an increase of roughly 3 to $4 a six-pack. Yeah. All right, so you're going to be paying around, you know, for craft beers, 11 to $12 a six-pack. Because, and, and this is, is I think, a, a point obviously worth mentioning, and it's everybody's sensitive to it already, your costs are already rising. So the cost of a six-pack has already gone up. And, yeah. and may even go up again, let's face it, because of, of, of all the uh, ingredients. Well, just in to put it in perspective, though, the, the, right now, the average the t- taxes that we pay on a federal and state basis already equate to about 15 to 20% of the cost of beer. Is that right? Yeah, on the wholesale cost, what we, what we ship our beer out at. Okay. Uh, when you do something like this, you're, you're, you're going to bring it up to like 40 or 50%. Wow. You know, depending on the type of beer that yeah. you're producing, a domestic That's beer would be closer to like fifty, and a craft beer would be around forty. Yeah. And and the problem is, is that when you go to a restaurant, by the time you order a beer at a bar, it's going to be ten dollars per glass of beer. Unbelievable! It's and like going to the ballpark. It's, like, it's like, like I say, like at the Giants game. No, yeah. see, that's more. It's eight fifty per beer at the, yeah. at the Giants game. So yeah. eight twenty five if you're lucky. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it is more than that. How insane is that? Ten dollars yeah. a glass of beer. It, it would be it would be bad, and because a glass of wine would only be six bucks. Yeah. You, know, you can still get house wine, and of course distilled spirits, which are the best thing. Mm-hmm. For, for underage drinkers to access from their parents' <laughs> liquor cabinet. Of course. And the number one first source, because you can hide it in a spiked Gatorade or a Coca-Cola, anything you want to do. You can mix that liquor in there, take it to the party, spike the big bowl of punch or whatever. And that's what kids, underage drinkers are doing. Yeah. Jim Bell is completely disconnected from the youth of America and thinking that they're going after beer, and especially craft beer. He yeah. even says uh, that, uh, this is a quote from him, oh, and by the way, he doesn't cite any resources. He says, beer is is the alcohol of choice for underage drinkers. Research to, and then he goes on to talk about how really? kids who drink underage turn into alcoholics, which has nothing to do with the. Uh, so yeah, he goes on and on. Beer is the alcohol of choice for underage drinkers, but there's no information cited about that. There, there's no study that 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 can back that up, and he he made that one up. Yeah, there's no of way he did. That might be that beer is the first thing they taste growing up. You know, casually, but it's not the cause of alcoholism and abusive and abusive drinking. No, that's definitely not the case. Thing is, we got to educate uh, kids. Yeah, and it's got to be one of those things. If if you're getting them at a young age, and I was one, a prime example. My parents were, you know, European background. At the age of twelve, I was getting little sips of wine at the table, and I developed uh, the ability to. And it was very, very minimal. It was like the tongue touching it, okay. so I wasn't getting sloshed. There was no abuse going on. Yeah. But the educational process of to appreciate it and not to abuse it. Yeah. The ones that go on binge drinking are the ones that have been shuttered yeah. out of the contact of any kind of alcohol, and certainly not anything of quality. Sure. Well, or worse than and that, the, it's just parents who rely on the rest, on the government and things like that to, to do the educating for their kids in general. Uh, Dan's a family guy. Tough to get him on the show because, you, you know, I weekends are spent kids. with your family. Yeah. Doc's the same way. A family guy. And you hear stories about Doc and his kids. Very open. Talks with his kids a lot. And that's really the point. you got to stop blaming other people like Dan and the beer industry and just pay attention to your kids. And then, of course, there's this European way to talk about alcohol, which is very different than what we do here. In general. 
Yes, the family regulates it. Yeah. The government doesn't. Yes. That's the way it's approached there in and, and Europe. Anyway, what, here, I wanted to tell you what happened when I talked to Jim. Yes, you call Jim, him. Jim had to uh, to break up the conversation after about 15 minutes, and I can understand that. He I'm surprised wanna... you got that long. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's uh, Well, I'm a San Jose constituent. You yeah. Know? He, has, he has to be nice. Well, and one hell of a contributing constituent, let's face it. I mean, uh, Gordon Beer's Brewery there, you're producing a lot of beer. We've, so. we've invested a lot of money in, in establishing our business, both the brewery restaurant in downtown San Jose and our bottling facility, which is only two miles away right. from the downtown area, and and employing a lot of people in San Jose. Yeah, he should have some. Uh, wide we're going to send pictures, you know, of all the unemployed family members that would uh, would be out on the streets oh, because good. of this this type of thing. We would effectively be out of business if he, if a tax of this nature were to be passed. Really? Yeah, this would kill us. There's no, kidding. There's no it's way that, that important. Yeah, you know, price elasticity. Yeah. What we you know. Especially. Discovered through de- deal, you know, working with supermarkets and watching what happens. A dollar increase in the price of beer re- results in a twenty percent decrease in sales. Wow! So if you have a multiplier effect, just figure it out. You know, we're not going to have anything. Plus, people, you know, California, we don't have a border, right? There's no border control. You can drive. The people of Southern California are going to smuggle beer in from Mexico. Yeah. The ones in Northern California uh, going to go over to uh, you know Oregon for a little far. Sure. But Nevada, Nevada, Nevada has the uh, a lower tax than we do right now. And, he, and one of Jim Bell's uh, claims is that California is undertaxing relative to the rest of the country. Yeah. And that's not the case at all. His biggest thing is that we haven't had a tax hike since 1991. Yeah, because and we were already paying too much. By the way, I see. Yeah, yeah. We're, think- we're already over the top. Yeah. Okay. More than other states, well, even uh, from the 1991 level. Yeah, we're, we're not underpaying by any means. One of our listeners, Brew Tattoo, says how long before he gets caught with a hooker, and then we don't have to worry about all this. <laughs> uh, uh, Jim Bell is not an attractive man. Hookers don't mind. So, so no, Dan, he's, you he's actually, ask him. You're yeah. on the phone with him, and you ask him. So, uh, you know, i gotta, I got to talk to you about this. What's happening? What does he say to you? All right. Well, so he's, he's saying, well, do you have any people in Sacramento? I said, I can't afford a lobbyist. You know, this is this is not a thing. I just want you to pull it off the table and, and get remove it because it's so absurd. And he says, and he says, well, you know, this is something I. For, there's a two sides to every story. I said, well, what's the other side? Mm-hmm. You know, what, give me give me the the background, the numbers, and all this. Well, the brewing industry has never wanted to sit down with me, and that's a complete lie, because I know Mike Fox, this uh, our distributor in Santa Clara County, actually backed him on the tax redefinition of the flavored malt beverages. Yeah, to put them in the category of distilled spirits, which were designed primarily to attract underage drinkers. So. Sure. A guy that's stealing from his own pocket, like Mike Fox, was going to penalize himself because he distributes those. He carries, you know, he's an Anheuser Busch distributor. Yeah, that's how altruistic uh, Mike Mike was on the whole thing, and for Jim to be so forgetting, yeah, of, of the support he's had. But this is extremism uh, th- that leads to Boston Tea Party type reactions. You know, isn't this just the sort of banging of the drum of a freshman assemblyman? To he, does he know this isn't going to pass? Uh, our good friend of the show, Sean O'Sullivan, you know him from the Twenty First Amendment. Talked to him about this in the program yesterday. He says, "Look, don't worry about it. There's no way this is going to pass." Everyone has told me it's dead on arrival, and those are famous last words. I can't afford to rely on the sensibility of our legislature in, in Sacramento right. to, to kiss this one off. I just, I'm just i worried about it, that it's going to lead onto things that... All right, so it's not going to be a 1,400% increase. Maybe. Uh, they, they get some other uh, you know assemblymen that they say, hey, I'm a reasonable person here. Why don't we just do a 100% increase? Yeah, well, that's yeah. bad enough. You know, yeah. Yeah. you can't penalize this. It's Pandora's box. Yeah. And once something like this happens, beer is the beverage of choice for, you know, 
it's up there with soft drinks. It's, sure. It's not a, a, a minor deal. The amount of jobs, distributor jobs, supermarket jobs, uh, guys like me that are that are trying to eke it out this year with the, the disasters that are going on with malt and hops yeah. and packaging materials, and, and having someone like this come through in our worst of circumstances, yeah. you know, just throw fuel on the fire and, and make us all go down. And I think that's, he, he just wanted to pick on us at the worst time of, uh, possible. So in speaking to him, do you feel like he was, that he really means this or he's just yeah. trying to get publicity? Uh, I think it's sensationalism, but I really think he would like to get a tax. He would like a, to see a, it. A, a major tax increase. Wow. He really thinks it's going to save the budget. He's claiming that it's going to be a $2 billion windfall. Yeah, but he says, that, you know what's interesting about that number? He says it's a $2 billion windfall, but the all of the effects of this kind of thing cost us $36 billion a year. So isn't that really a dr- his $2 billion, even if he's right about it, it's a drop in the bucket compared to his $36 billion uh, uh, deficit that he's talking about from what he says is the cause of the problem. Just beer. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's, if it's not taxing on the wine and the spirits, everybody's going to... Just dump beer and go to that anyway. Yeah, it, it would be a complete transition. Now, yeah. Dad, I mean, don't it, you think that uh, the big guys like Anheuser Busch, who who have the lobbyists and who can afford to do this, they don't want it any more than you do? Don't you think they're going to jump in on this? They don't want it. They'll do it behind the doors, but it's difficult because they are the the big corporations. Yeah, and their image. If they step in there, it's very difficult for them anybody to get give them any sympathy. But they'll pay money to the lobbyists and do it back. In, they'll still help you out. Is what I mean. I oh, think yeah. they're going to be trying. They're the, going to be working their ass off to the number one group is the California beer wholesalers. They'll okay. they'll, they'll spearhead this because they have an assemblyman in every district. Mm. I mean, Anheuser Busch has two breweries in California. Miller has one. Coors, okay. the, Coors uh, well, Coors Miller has one. So the major brewers like that that have an you know. Only a few assemblymen and state senators that they can go to is, is going to be a, a little more difficult than us because there's a craft brewery almost in every county. Yeah, you, know, you go to it, and we all employ local. You know, my my guys have been with me and gals have been with me you know, on average eleven years. Yeah. in the brewery, the brewery company is only twenty years old. Right. So I, which is kind of nice, big milestone coming up. But here, here's the closer on uh, on Jim is as I'm asking, he has he has said he had to go after you know 15 minutes of chatting and and he said I'm going over to the uh the alcohol detention facility and re- rehab center in San Jose that's what he said yeah. and and like like he's trying to elicit you know you evil person you're the one that's putting everybody there and I said he that was the you know implied tone sure, from the guy right. I said Great. Ask when you're down there, would you please survey all those alcoholics and ask them how much of how many of them are actually drinking craft beers? There you go. Great. Yeah. Because absolutely. And he goes, well, he probably don't, uh, you know, drink craft beers. I said, I rest my case. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. Thank you. Please, please take this ridiculous concept and 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 go someplace else. Thank you for conceding the point. Have a good day. Yeah. The only good news out of this thing is. The press has turned. Uh, he got his you know five minutes of fame. Yeah. The next day and today. There's been all kinds of Google uh, feedback saying how ridiculous this guy is, yeah. and it's really kissed. It's the kissing point for him for any future, uh, you know, endeavor in politics. Right. He is. Good. He is. You know, basically nailed down the coffin top. Good. Yeah. Listeners, do us all a favor and do yourselves a favor, and especially those of you in the Bay Area, uh, because even though it's San Jose, uh, I know I have some listeners out there too, but Bay Area listeners, everybody who wants to get involved, please contact Assemblyman Jim uh, Bell, B-E-A-L-L. His uh, office phone number is 408 282 
8920. That's 408 282 8920. Go ahead and call right now. Leave a message if you can. Do whatever you got to do. Call tomorrow. Also, I've put all of the contact information, including the address, and you can find the email. I've put the website address. You can find all the contact information you need in our forum. Just go to the beer radio section and click on the topic that says Jim Bell, Assemblyman, and you can find this. And contact the guy and contact him today and contact him tomorrow and let him know what you think about yeah, this. Yeah, don't, don't talk in terms of the increases too much. Any increase at all is just unacceptable. It's too much. Uh, every, we've, you know, we've done a series of shows over the last couple months talking about price increases with beer as it is. Yeah. So uh, let's help our brothers out and, uh, and and let this guy know what we think. So you can do that. And uh, I love it. Dan, you're a passionate guy about this stuff. And I, I usually you're pretty mellow. Usually I'm a pretty funny guy, you know. I try to. I try, <laughs> a, I, I, I'm aloof, but this is, uh, this is this is like hitting me hard. Good, you know. I, I got tuition payments to make, and I, God, I want to be around to do it. It's some pretty serious stuff. I say we just send him a hooker <laughs> and a photographer. Uh, Jim is actually when you meet him and and just sat at dinner, which probably be a non-alcoholic dinner. Yes. It, it, just he seems like a straightforward guy, and then he comes up with something like this. It just caught me completely off guard. Yeah, that's really unbelievable. Uh, Chat room's trying to pull twenty bucks from everybody to buy him a hooker. <laughs> no, no. Let's uh, can we can we clean it up? Uh, cha- yeah, change the direction on that one, guys. We this is a serious topic and do it legit. Yeah, uh, just hammer him. Keep his phone lines busy and let him know that you don't want. You're not going to tolerate this. Yeah. What was that? Uh, and quote? let him know when you're sober, if you would, please. Yeah, don't yeah, call. Don't, don't call him right now. Yeah. You yeah. can leave our numbers on our line eight 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 four zero one beer. But when you call him, call him sober. And uh, Dan's right. I yeah. mean. Uh, I didn't realize that a, that a do- I, I like the numbers that you put out there that a dollar increase in beer equals to a twenty percent decrease in sales. Yeah, that's that's huge. Oh, it is. Uh, if we lost twenty percent of our donations, well, we'd still be broke, but uh, <laughs> it would also suck. I'd still make how much do I make? Nothing. Nothing. Yeah, that's right. But you'd make twenty percent less than that. Ooh. You'd have to pay me. I'd have to buy my beer. So Dan makes it some excellent points here, and contact him sober. Let him know what you mean. Um, you know, be intelligent about this. You guys aren't just uh, uh, drunks, and you know that you're you're beer connoisseurs, and that's why you like craft beer. And so you got to let these people know that it's and, just. Uh, and you will. Every person out there will know somebody whose livelihood is going to be directly affected by this. Yeah, it's an incredibly powerful economic driver in in the state. Sure. So let this guy know with emails. Uh, letters, yeah, yeah, all that stuff. Be polite. Don't be listened to. That I've given you all the information. I made it easy for you. It's right there in our forum, so you can check it out. And we'll find out who's running against him in the next election and help out that way. Okay. Why don't you run against him? <laughs> I actually uh, live outside his district. Uh, oh, our businesses are located in his district, uh, but I don't live there. My my no. assemblymen are all rational people <laughs> and yeah. love love the brewing industry. I know Doc's making kind of a joke, but uh, I think he, there's some air of seriousness. You'd make one hell of a politician, Dan. You'd be a lot of fun. You're an honest I, guy. I could not tolerate all the crap. Yeah. I've sat in so many city council meetings. You don't think you could watch, do And watch, I have no patience for that. I see. Yeah, I'm an entrepreneur. I, I have a, a you know attention span that lasts 30 seconds. <laughs> so so you already inst- sound like a politician to well, me, i, I got to say. I want instant gratification. Yeah. And, and that doesn't happen in, in politics. No. You have to really be smooth and polished. And, yeah. I've sat I'm through so crass. many city council meetings that I can't even count them anymore and it's just drags and drags and no. but i am holding out for ambassador to japan when that comes that, up because i am a huge sushi fan that'd be good <laughs> that would be good for you yeah i could see you doing that all right Where, so qualified to be? bowing a lot that's my style huh? <laughs> that's your style yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe i was thinking sumo i couldn't uh i was uh mixing up the two i am a sumo you'd probably be guy. a star over there 
Well, I weigh enough to, to pass for a sumo guy. I just pictured Dan in a diaper, and I shouldn't have done that. And anyway, heart disease is the number one cause of death in this country, by the way. It is. Yes. That's absolutely... Wait, yeah, it's heart disease, and then it's lung cancer is number two, right? Uh, sure, uh, can- no, no, the, the lung cancer is the one that you can prevent, the number oh, one disease prevented. that you could prevent. Ah, uh, I but see. But there's not as much lung... Cancer is number two as a whole. What are you doing to make sure you don't get heart disease, Dan? You know, I've dropped... You, you haven't really picked it up, but I dropped about 25 pounds. You have? Yeah, Jim Bell needs to drop quite a bit of weight, too. He does? Yeah, I think he should analyze the impact of heart disease on our economy, too, and it, see if... That would help out. Maybe a workout program might do him some good, Tax too. Fact. So you want me to turn guys. off the AC, Dan? No, I, I love the AC. <laughs> 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 it's, we're still not quite at the the Chardonnay temperature yet. Yeah, it's and not definitely quite not a beer temperature. <laughs> <laughs> now heart disease runs in my all the men in my family. Uh, you have a good metabolism, though. I can tell you're. you're I'm good working shape. on so it. Yeah. Bypassing you, but I'm over the I'm over the I'm over the two beer a day mark. I got to say, so it's okay. So even yeah. if you quit now for the rest of your life, you'd late. still be effed. Yeah, <laughs> we, we we members of the brewing industry appreciate your drinking more than two beers a day. <laughs> I know you do. <laughs> All right, let's do our. Uh, oh feedback. my God! You've got mail. Kick ass. Feedback's brought to you today by Wordomatic.com. It's the home brewing gadget website, and uh, you can find a lot of things on there about do-it-yourself stuff and just good information. Check it out; you'll enjoy it. It's Wordomatic.com, and that's who our feedback's brought to you by. Lots of good stuff today, Doc. Some long-winded emails. Um, You're gonna chop through them. Yeah, I got to do it, especially because we're running late. We got to get to Beer Jeopardy. Here's a new listener. Hey, Justin, new listener, uh, only listening to the older archives, so haven't been able to hear much of the live or recent archives. So um, don't know if some of this is old, but um, he purchased his first kit through Beer, Beer, More Beer. Thank you for doing that, one of our sponsors. And now currently working on setting up my little uh, brewery in my house. Um, all this, and I don't even think I've listened to more than 11 shows. So I don't think he brewed before finding us, even. Wow. Um, That's saying something. Yeah. Well, neither did Chad. He says, yeah, that's true. Someday soon I hope to send you some samples, but I'll wait till I get a few batches under my belt. You know, just to point out real quick, you don't necessarily have to do that. Sometimes uh, you can send us some early batches and we can tell you what to fix real quick. You don't have to keep making the same mistakes. Um, Okay, he does have a question for us, and this was a good question. And uh, definitely for uh, you guys, Tasty and Doc, who enter a lot of competitions. because you have to do the same thing. He says, I do have a question for you. Um, maybe you've mentioned it before, but I'm looking at labeling my bottles. And how would you suggest that I label my bottles so that they're easy to clean after I've emptied them? He says he heard on Beer School, uh, another podcast out there. You can go to beerschool.com and check it out. I heard on Beer School, I think that in Europe, some breweries have put their labels on using milk. That's what I use. That's all what I always yeah. use. You use milk? Yeah, you just, you just put it in a saucer and dip your uh, label in there and then it paste it on there and it'll dry on there real nice. Any kind of milk? That's below fat? <laughs> uh, you know, you can find breast milk. It'll work yeah. too. Yeah, really. Organic, doesn't Tasty matter. First, but it, it will work and, and you can't put it in an ice chest and it'll well, they'll all float back I've on. heard. Well, I've heard that they, in ice it doesn't melt as fast. So actually, if you, it's a sort of thing where it I'm talking about the, the slushy water. Oh, well, they have. Yeah. If it's just, yeah, yeah, just ice it. But if you're going to give them away for presents, they work great. Okay. It dries, and it, and it doesn't dry right away, so you can kind of maneuver it around if you get it in there crooked. Yeah. So uh, try milk. Just dip and, it in there for a second. And it'll last for a while? Because oh, he yeah. says he's aging oh, yeah. some of his. Okay. Oh, yeah. Until yeah. you, so you wash it off. Okay. Throw, you can throw some Elmer's glue in there if you want to. Milk grosses me out. Uh, so I responded to him that he should use, like you guys do for competitions, you could just put put them on with rubber bands, couldn't you? And uh, then you're not using yeah, any well, kind of stickiness whatsoever. Yeah, I don't know if it's, it's for his own personal classification. I just put a, a round sticker on top of the yeah, bottle. That's what I do. 
uh, on the cap. Yeah, yeah cap. I, I print them out. And I just put the, the rounds through the three quarter inch yeah. Averys. Yeah, like and the they, little smiley used to get in school. Yeah, yeah you, and, and it goes right on the top. <laughs> okay. All right, that's a good way to do it. So there you go. He says, thanks again for a great show. Keep up the good work. That's Jason from Minneapolis. Uh, here's another one. Justin, bro, what the F has happened to, uh, and then he refers to that other show that we do. I know we shouldn't expect it, but I'm running out of archival shows to listen to. I've just listened to the anniversary show from last March and frantically spent the next three days trying to find the special that you guys put together. Where the F is that? What? I don't know what he's talking about, a special that we put together after the last anniversary show. I don't think there was one. I no. think he's misinformed. Um, and he goes on to say, I've previously asked, what time do I listen live? But you haven't replied to me. Uh, what about the free FM show that you're doing? When can I listen to that? Uh, perhaps I can just give you a call and find out some info I'm looking for, as it's taken me six days to write this so far. I keep trying the phone number you give out on air, but you never answer. Perhaps I should change my name to Push or Bob or Bub or whatever the F it is. I can't understand your language anyway. Anyway, I do love you guys. Good noon for now. Regards from Darren. So, uh, Darren, frustrated. I'm pretty sure I got back to you, Darren. I do occasionally, my stuff gets sent to people's spam. Um, yeah, our website's kind of jacked in a couple places right now because we did the server move. So I know the schedule. you got to look at the homepage. But it's always on the homepage what time you listen live. It's, it's right there every week, and it says 5 p.m. Pacific time, and it tells you what the topic is and all of that, uh, just like it does this week. So that part's right there. Um, as far as that other show, the archives are there. I think I'm only missing one or two of them. Um, everything's there. So you're kind of, you know, maybe just looking in the wrong places. So just go to the archive page and lunch meet. It's all right there. And if you call the 800 number, I don't answer it because uh, it, usually people who want money from me or uh, just people I don't want to talk to anyway. But you can leave me a message there, 888-401-BEER. You can leave it there all week long. So that answers your questions, I hope. Hey, Justin, you no-talent, beer-drinking, Shat's crazy bitch-pounding hack. <laughs> How dare oh, you hey, accuse hey. me of that? Hey, that's news. I've never done that. Yeah. Yet. <laughs> he says, I'm going to say that. He says, I have a dilemma. I'm about to get married. No, that's not the dilemma, he says. Although I would beg really? to, I would argue that fact. And I brew with my stepfather. And I just want to point out for the rest of this email, I'm pretty sure he's referring to his father-in-law, not his stepfather. I think yeah, I this think is so. one of our foreign listeners and maybe doesn't oh, get the... Yeah, uh, actually, but, uh, is, I can, is as your you foreign again? language... Can, oh. No, it's not me. Oh. But stiefvater is... Uh, father-in-law? Yeah. Ah, okay. Actually, it isn't. Oh. It's stepfather. So there's no translation thing. There, so you're... So you could call either one, either one. You're yeah, saying. it, it I, works I, both ways. Yeah. Okay. Schwiegervater is uh, your father-in-law in okay. German. So I think this stepfather, no matter how you translate it, basically in Germanic languages, it's still your stepfather. It's still your stepfather. Uh, I didn't help you on that well, one. I don't know. If I he's get really ger- excited. Well, I don't know if he's German or not, but I, I just you, you guys can be the judge. He says his stepfather, but he's referring to his soon-to-be marriage. He says the problem is that he, he brews with his stepfather all the time, and the problem is that he's one of these guys that doesn't believe a word anyone says, and he doesn't listen to suggestions to things he's not doing right, like in brewing. So he says, I'm always trying to bite my tongue for the sake of not having a shotgun in my face about aerating his wort or rinsing sanitizer with tap water or whatever it is he tries to tell him to do. Um, So I was wondering, how do you kindly help someone who doesn't want to listen about brewing advice? Do I risk the good relationship with the stepfather for the sake of good beer? I'm sure you, Doc, or Bevo would have something to say. I don't care what JP has to say, so mute his mic for me. <laughs> and that's from Justin uh, Yu, a.k.a. Yurig Brower, in the forums. 
Kind of a good question. It, not always a simple answer. Oh, he's in the chat today. Is he? I don't think Pretty he has sure any language difficulties, too. by the way. It, well, the rest of it's fine, yeah, right? It's so perfect. Maybe it really is his stepfather. Does he sacrifice? I have trouble with this sometimes, too. I consider myself somewhat of a good communicator, and I occasionally will just forego good communication for the sake of a good re- relationship. If, if it's a person you know you can say nothing to, sometimes you just got to say nothing. Um, but when it comes to brewing... That's tough to do. I can understand. Yeah, if you know he's doing something really wrong. Now or... I know Doc couldn't bite his tongue in the sake no, of, in this I case, couldn't. but he does. It seems he wants to keep a good relationship with his stepfather. Is there a way he can uh, suggest things that he's learned without being offensive? Uh, how about getting his stepfather to listen to the BN? <laughs> Might be a good idea. Then he doesn't have to say it himself. We right. say it for him. That's a good idea. He could have a book handy, and you could just you know refer to the where it states you know the opposite. Well, of we can have Jamil call him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, is now see I like that idea, Tasty, with the book. Uh-huh. I I wonder if it's pompous. Does he come off as like, hey, I know well, no, and it here be, it is. You know, you can make it. You could frame it positively, like, like, well, let's just see. That's a good. That's a good thing. Let's just see what's well, right. It sounds here. like his stepfather's been brewing for a long time, maybe twenty years or something. He's always done it that way. Yeah, it's always made beer. Maybe gift the book, and then a couple weeks later say, oh, hey, did you see the part in the book where it said you should aerate your word? (laughs) (laughs) Don't rinse the sanitizer. I always find, like, if it sounds like it's not coming from you, if it's just something you heard or something you read from an expert, it's a lot more palatable because it doesn't sound like you're telling them something they should know that you know. You know what I mean? So I like the referring to the book part. Yeah. Dan? You could always buy him a $12,000 digital oxygen meter and let him have fun with that. (laughs) If the oxygen meter's wrong, you're wrong, sir. $12,000 said so. Exactly. (laughs) The other thing is you could brew on a different day. You tell him you're going to be brewing, too. (laughs) Well, this is a good bonding experience. you got to love it when someone's been around that long. Yeah, that's true. Just take it and shut up and let him. How about he brews on his own? Brews a spectacular beer, uh, unlike the ones they've been making because they're doing it the other guy's way. Right. And then lets him try try that beer and say, hey, what do you think? Sure. We aerated the wart. We, uh, di- we didn't rinse uh, right. sanitizer off of there. Well, and kind of on that note, I, I did want to say to this listener, because we didn't get all the details, I-, I would say that if the beer is coming out just fine, if it's always good, been good beer and, and you like the beer, I wouldn't say a word. Because some people, like, there are, there are some techniques that Tasty does that all of us go, what the hell are you doing? To, <laughs> like carrying his open wort through his basement and weird things like that. But In a bucket. It, but he, wor- but he, he wins competitions. We all love his beer. He makes amazing beer. Not one of us would tell him to change that. So I think the outcome is, is part of it here, too. So if it's bad beer and that's why you've got to talk to him, well... You've got to talk to him if it's bad beer. But if you enjoy brewing with him yeah. and you don't want to sacrifice that, you might as well just bite your tongue. Yeah. And, and like Justin said, if it's decent beer... And, yeah. Just well, go you, you, the biggest thing, just coming from the you know technical background, more or less, is if uh, insufficient aeration, the way it's going to show up is uh, you know incomplete fermentation. Yeah. That's the number one indicator. If it's really sweet, he'll know right off the bat. Okay. And uh, that's the biggest indicator. Of, biggest indicator. Of he's Peter's out. Okay. You know, well, hopefully, he's taking a final gravity reading. Or he's so old school he doesn't even do that. That yeah. could be. But you could you can taste it if it's overly sweet too. I mean that's But it's uh, always tasted like that. 
I mean, you, got, you should. <laughs> yeah, it's always like that. Well, I mean, if everyone's spitting it out at a party, then you know that it is a problem. Yeah, they smile yeah. and take a drink. Uh, that's nice. Yeah, you made yeah, that real good. Or you have a fermentation in your in your gut to the you know going on the next day. That's always an <laughs> well, that's every day for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully not tonight. I'm yeah. jet propelled at all times. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Believe me, unfiltered yeah. blonde Bach. And you're, Chad's you're, sitting right behind you. He's happy thanks, to be. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, Thank I, you. I haven't directed anything. It was, that's good. Back there, yeah. Maybe better. Put that diaper on you. Anyway, that was just that's worth. Just ways. That's good. And you know, the, I I think though too. The the bottom line is just make sure you don't. If you do approach this with him, don't take the enjoyment out of brewing from him. We've said yeah. that a yeah, lot for too. Yeah. Where we go through all of these details you could do, but if you don't enjoy doing all that. Don't make him do it. No, it's not like he plays the accordion or anything like that. Yeah, know? or trombone in a jazz band. That one is uh, quite enjoyable. By the way. <laughs> yeah, you could tell him that Dan Gordon himself said, "Aerate the damn yeast." Air, listen, buy him a six pack of Gordon Beerish, and if he likes it, go. Hey, that guy aerates. That's all you got to say. Yeah. He's got a twelve thousand dollar oxygen <laughs> but you, machine. But you know, home brewers, if you, if you've got a, a carboy, you can actually take that sucker up and just shake it. If Do it's the shake hole, and you're going to get enough air in there. See, we've talked so about we that. We don't know the details of what is actually going on behind the scenes. Yeah. You don't have to have an oxygen tank there with a diffuser and spreading out the O2. Although we suggest it on this program. It's nice, but you know too much uh, O2 is going to be toxic for the yeast also. So it's a fine line between, you know, shit and shinola. You know what? And I think uh, Jamil has come by and tasted a couple of Shatnized beers, and one of the things he said is he thinks we're over-oxygenating yeah. too. So it, it is possible. You're absolutely right. Um, Beavis, did you have something for us? Uh, yes. Besides the phone call, you were to, about to say something. Oh, no, that, that's not important. Okay. I don't remember how to say his name. Unger something or other. Urig Brewer, I think. Yeah, yeah, he totally missed everything that you just said because he was throwing up. Oh, oh. good. So he's uh, first in line for Drunk of the Week right now. Good on him. He's okay, throwing well, up. Yeah. He's got the flu. Uh, and he's probably with his stepfather now, <laughs> throwing up. Don't throw up on your stepfather. All right, one last uh, piece of feedback I wanted to get to. Uh, actually, I got a couple. We're running so late. We got to get to Beer Jeopardy. Maybe I'll save this story for next week. It was a good story. It kind of goes with our, our 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 San Jose guy. Let me do it. Let me do it real quick. Um, this guy's he's a brewer, and his mother's real strict about alcohol in general. So she's lady. Yeah, he says here's a funny story about my brewing background. I live at home since I'm a poor college student. And I don't live that far from the school. The atmosphere in my house is that prohibition was the best idea ever. (laughs) And if you have one drink, you're an alcoholic. And this is from his mom, not necessarily his dad. And he says, I know that this is uh, kind of bull. I've been brewing now for about three years. I just turned 23 a couple weeks ago. What I brewed before I was 21, I never drank, of course, he says. And he hides that? Uh, And he kept it low-key until October. So I guess he totally hid it. Came uh, out of the closet. Yeah. Uh, he yeah, says, he she says, fermenters out of the closet. She didn't and, notice the meth lab either. Yeah, well, he says, until October, <laughs> even though my brew setup it. consists of three Sankeys, two burners, and enough carboys and buckets to ferment 40 gallons, she somehow missed all that equipment in the basement. So he kept it well hidden. Well, one day last October, he was getting ready to go to the brewery, and his mom came up to him out of the blue and and let him know that she feels like a failure as a mother because he drinks beer. And uh, not any other alcohol, just beer. So a lot like this Beal guy. She thinks Beal is the root of all evil. Beer and Beal. So me being the great son I am, I also decided to let her know that not only do I drink beer, I also brew it and consider it to be a passion. And she didn't take that too well. 
Um, she probably uh, went to the start saying some hail marys. She oh. got. I guess it got pretty bad. Um, her and her uh, fast forward to Easter break. Her and her sister decided to go on a cruise. His mother and her sister. So he brewed like twenty five gallons in a day. Five <laughs> different types of beer. Just went crazy. Make a statement. The catch is his dad brews on the side with him. Like he also has Perfect. a five gallon going, and so does I think he says his brother also has some beer going. So they all do it. Um, and it, there's no real resolution to this story. He just wants to say, uh, like Chad would say, F feelings. Uh, he wants to let her be pissed about it. I'm moving on with this anyway. So he just wanted us to know about the uh, precarious situation that he's in <laughs> with having a homebrew. And a you mom, worry about feelings. Your mom's going to love you no matter what. <laughs> I, I think right, you uh, put out the positives first. You know, It's a career opportunity. It's developing into something that can translate into something in the real world. That's what yeah. he's got to explain to his mom. And then contrast it to a lot of negative things. He could be spending all of his time with, you know, internet porn. Absolutely. Other areas. Much that, worse other things. Video game addiction. Yeah. Pipe you bomb know, making. There's all kinds of stuff <laughs> yes. that could be in contrast <laughs> to, to making homebrew. Yeah. Much more, I don't, I don't know, worse. bottom of the barrel, you know, pardon the pun there. We shouldn't be... Well, and failure-wise, if she's failure. thinking about a failure, there's a yeah. lot... You're right. There's a lot worse things. It could be a lot worse. I would say in that same vein, you could go to Beertown.org, and they just put out the latest numbers for craft brewing, which are fantastic. The growth in the craft beer industry, the amount of jobs that there are, uh, the amount of money uh, that goes toward the economy, and uh, the whole bit. That's and just that the might, devil at work. Uh, <laughs> well, it might help you to say, look, at it's like he at least he says, hey, I brew beer, and it's a passion. He's not saying, I brew beer because I want to get hammered, Mom. Uh, exactly. He's, He's, he loves to brew. He's doing the right thing. So just and, uh, So much so that he's gotta gotta do it yeah you know, yeah hide it and everything else beef Covertly. who's on who do i need to take this phone call it's your egg oh, oh he just wants to t- hey, does he get out of the white horse from god is he is he's not gonna get really sick know. Uh, we're <laughs> not gonna take that phone call because he's hammered and we've already moved on we got tile going. marks on his okay, face I'll, I'll, tell him we'll catch him later okay if you would do that we'll do that I can't find part two of the Sunday show from twelve sixteen oh seven. Can you tell me where I can download that? I think that was the um, the it's incident. It's a sticky. It was the incident show. It's in the forum. It's, go to it's a sticky in the it's forum. Up at the top. Yeah, go to Beer Radio in the forum. Uh, if you've never used our forum, good opportunity to get involved. And that's where that I didn't post it on the regular archives because. People who have respectable careers like Dan come on the program, and I didn't want that one in the same archive list as shows like this. So you have to dig for it. It's in our forum under the Beer Radio segment. Hello. And, okay, that's about it. The last email I'll read next week, and it's about how sucky our website is right now, and, and I agree with you, Will. That's Chad's fault. We'll get to that later. It's all Chad's fault. Was that our feedback? Uh, that was our feedback, and it's brought to you by Wordomatic.com, the homebrewing gadget website. You can go to Wordomatic.com and check out a whole bunch of stuff. Forget about our gadget page that's on our that used to be on our website. Now go to Wordomatic.com, and it has all of the gadget stuff that you need. Wordomatic.com. Thank you for sponsoring our feedback today. All right, Bevo, you're going to be busy in the next segment because we got to do Beer Jeopardy. Okay. So you're going to have to get some listeners involved, and I'll tell you how to do that when we come back. Okay. Uh, Dan, you ready for this? 
Uh, I guess. Oh, you mean Beer Jeopardy? Beer I've been Jeopardy. looking forward to it for six months. We saved it for you, too. <laughs> I was, the listeners were asking for it, and I said, I'm not going to do it till Dan comes back. Give the listeners what they want. So it's back. Oh, yeah. We're going to need some contestants. We have some great things to give away, courtesy of Gordon Biersch and Dan, of course. Um, we've got some Gordon Biersch clocks that are badass and uh, wanting to put one of those up in the studio. And I think we've got a Stiefel. I saw some signatures on that, Stiefel. Yeah, it's signed by uh, me and Dean Biersch. So by both of you guys. Nice. Reduces the value by half, but... <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, you actually talk to him? You still drink out of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so good things to give away. A good time to play Beer Jeopardy with us if you've never done so. Enter the chat room now, and I'll tell you how you can play along. Uh, it's the chat now button on our homepage, and you can get into us that way. We're going to take a quick be- uh, break, refill our beers, uh, maybe have a pee, come back, do some Beer Jeopardy. Jeopardy. Don't forget, it's the Logger Show, so get your questions ready. We'll be right back. Stick with us. You're listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Hey, Push, the new brewery's looking good. Thanks, Finn. Piece by piece. Well, let's fire her up. Whoa! Is that a new kettle? Yeah, just got it brand new, but paid half price. What? And that blade scale? 40% off. The new tap handle? Five bucks instead of 13. Got a new regulator for the brew stand, too, but five bucks instead of 25. Dude, where are you stealing all this stuff from? Where else? The more beer deal of the day. Announcing the Beer, Beer, and More Beer Deal of the Day. Every day, a new fantastic deal from big items to small that will blow you away. Boil kettles, carboy carriers, sterile siphon starters, digital timers. Watch morebeer.com every day for a new deal, and you just might find the item you've been waiting for at a price you cannot believe. Hurry, because stock is limited on most items. And that sweet Guinness cap, let me guess. The The More Beer beer Deal deal of the day. Day. Yeah, I knew it. Come on, let's brew something. Find the more beer deal of the day at morebeer.com. Celebrity voices.
Valley Brewing Company is Stockton's premier microbrewery and family restaurant in the heart of Stockton, California, just off the Miracle Mile. Brewmaster Steve Altamari crafts a full array of award-winning ales and specialty beers, from their Hitman Gold American Pale Ale to their Black Cat Stout, or any one of their monthly specialty brews, like Valley's Uber Hoppy Imperial IPA. And the best part is, you can now purchase kegs of Valley Brew to take with you from their all-new 30-barrel brewery, now open in Stockton. So pick up a keg and get a taste of one of California's oldest brewing traditions. To find out more about Valley Brewing's historic past, their selection of beers, or family-friendly restaurant, visit them online at valleybrew.com. Or stop by and sample the beer at 157 West Adams Street in Stockton, California, where pitchers are just $5 all day on Sundays. This Sit down next to it, grab yourself a paper towel, and watch those yeast have sex. You're listening to The Brewing Network. The Brewing Network. Saving your life. One beer at a time. Everybody, welcome back to the program. Here we are on the Dan Part Three. This time it's personal. It's uh, his third uh, appearance with us. You sure I've only been here three times? Well, you did the FM show with us once. Wow, so that doesn't count. We I've interviewed four uh, interviewed you four times, but this is your third BN. Yeah, yeah. First time was in our first year. Even you were nice enough to do that when we were nobodies, and now that we're somebodies, sort of, sort of somebody, sort of somebodies. Uh, you're back. Well, the truth is, I, I enjoy it. Hey, I heard, though, um, I was a little offended at first, and I was happy for you. You're doing a lot of good radio now. Aren't you on, like, KNBR or something, like, once a week now? Beer Talk with Rod Brooks and Dan Gordon. You are? Yeah, we're trying to educate the world one one minute at a time. And you do, what, a weekly segment with him? No, I did, like, 11 or 12. Oh. Uh, we went in, in there and yacked. And Rod is a very intelligent guy. Yeah. Um, Good broadcaster, man. He is. He's sharp. Yeah. He uh, came down to the brewery, spent about two hours walking the facility, and just as a sponge for beer knowledge. Okay. And then we uh, went in the studio and just taped them all once. And oh, you did? Yeah. In one time. See, that's how the pros do it. They do it all in one shot for you so no they text. can leave you alone. Yeah. But there's no text. We just rambled. You just did and it. And then the editing uh, took care of all the axe knocks you know, okay. as, far as, as far as that went. And, uh, yeah, we talk about everything, describe what the history of Meritson. Now, what is Meritson and all that? I heard you guys get pretty technical, too. You don't dumb it down too no, much. No, it's, it's hardcore. Yeah. And, and it's amazing because Canberra is a sports station for those people that are outside the region. And it's a huge sports station here. It's a, it's a big deal. It's the number two station in the Bay Area, I think, from, uh, from broadcast signal strength or something like signal that. Signal strength, you're right. Yeah. Yes. It, but it even uh, it, listenership-wise, it's in the top. Uh, it's in the top ten for sure. It might be the top five. Yeah, it's very targeted towards sports fans, which are obviously major beer drinkers. Plus, it's got my Giants on the station. I gotta like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to me too. Obviously, mm. it's, we sell a lot of beer with the Giants. Yeah, they, they help whatever. Cover. Boo. Yeah, but get out of the here. A seller beer too. The Dodgers, the Padres, now the Diamondbacks. Yeah, they're all for selling those of, beer. Now, those, for those of you in Sacramento, we now have Gordon Beer, Scarlet Fries, and Beer at uh, Rayleigh Field. Oh yeah, yeah. But Great Diamondbacks beer. are brand new too. And I got a call uh, out of the blue from the Boston Red Sox. You're kidding? No, 
I thought that How was how fun is that? Yeah, they got a lot you. of beer on. Rub there. it into Sam Adams' backyard, you know. Oh, yeah, really. man, they're, they're having. I mean, Boston beers having a little tough week, you know. Yeah, they are having oh, a tough week. They had a big, there. a big recall. Although, you know what? I, I got to give props to them. They they jump right up on top of it and say we're gonna we're gonna pull those bottles. It's yeah. called major liability. Yeah, no, okay. of course. Yeah, they're worried sure. about it. Shards <laughs> of glass. Yeah, that that one's uh, you don't you don't hesitate on that one. You let everybody know you're doing best effort to re- get that do off it. the shelf. Yeah, this is not an altruistic issue. I, I would take it very seriously from our perspective too. You would, yeah. Yeah, luckily we have QC guys at the entrance to the bottling line that make sure things like that don't happen ahead of time. Yeah. I got gotcha. you. Know, preventative medicine is always better than trying to get a heart bypass. So are you going to be with the Red Sox? Uh, it, it's still working out. You know, This is like two days ago. Dan gets phone calls from the Red Sox, Chad. No, oh, hang on. I turned you up. You're, you're kidding me. Oh, born and raised yeah, he's, he's yeah. in New England. So yeah, he's it was, it was amazing. I, I, I thought that was a high point. Yeah, that's pretty wow. cool. That's pretty cool. All I need is the Yankees, too. That way I can really parlay <laughs> the, the whole. Yeah. yeah we got the Giants-Dodgers. That's pretty unique. Yeah, that is. You do have the rivalry going. I never cool. thought I'd sell garlic fries and beer at the Dodgers Stadium. <laughs> I wish you didn't, Dan. I got to say. I mean, I'm glad for your family because they don't deserve uh, it. Yeah, they, My, the sports fan in me says no. There's just four million people going through that stadium. I'm really that, glad you do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, now you mentioned San Jose Airport earlier. I yeah. just this isn't new. It's probably old news, although it was new to me, and, and it was maybe six months ago. I was at Oakland Airport. Yeah, you got a whole little tasting room at Oakland Airport now. It's it's palatial, isn't it? I think it's about eight hundred square feet. It's it's big. It's the same size as your studio here. Yes, it's a giant. It's uh, it's, it is. It is. It's a closet, but this is just a. I'm not poo pooing this. This is a big studio. That's a small bar. It is. It's a small bar, uh, but it's awesome because. You got here's what you got here's the trick, Dan. Here's what they did to you. Only the people who have flights on that end of the terminal know it's there because the main bar is at the top of the stairs. It bummed me out because I spent I, I got there real early. I spent an hour and a half at the main bar, and then I walked down the terminal to my gate, and right in front of my gate is Gordon Biersch. So I wasted an hour and a half. I, I did go in. I was able to chug two beers before I got <laughs> onto the. See, at another 30 minutes. That's just a level of dedication that we've come to expect from you. <laughs> yes. I, well, I had another 30 minutes before they were going to let me on. I yeah. got in uh, two yeah. uh, Hefeweizen size glasses of uh, Gordon Beer. Very yeah. impressive. But, they get your kind there, I'm sure. Now, beer lovers, and, and just speaking as a beer lover, Dan, for, for a second, you, you, and you travel a lot, good beer in airports is hard to come by. Uh, um, not anymore. So is it getting better? I, I think that has been rectified. Okay. Yeah. Well, good. I maybe haven't been traveling enough. I mean, in Duluth, yeah, you may have a little Problem. You're still getting tough yeah. stuff. Chicago yeah. Airport, not that great. I mean, you have to walk quite a ways to find something good. Okay. But, uh, you know, certainly SFO, you've got it covered. Yeah. Oakland, you've got it covered. Yeah. There's a lot of choices there. LAX, you're set. So, Doc, next time you go to Oakland, when you get to the top of the escalator, because you got to go up the same oh, escalator every time, bust a left. Yeah, I know the main bar quite well. No, no. go right past no, no, the main I, I bar. No, I know that one. But, oh. and then I, now you know the Gordon Beersh bar, yeah. too. I think yeah. it's gate 30. Yeah, it's a whole new yeah. wing Southwest over there. shuttle area. Yeah. It's really convenient. And it is tiny. That's funny. It is a little little place. But, hey, you don't need size to get a good beer, right? Size doesn't matter, Bevo. Sam tells you all the time. I'm sure of it. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> right. All right, let's get to Beer Jeopardy. Uh, let's do that. And, uh, by the way, we've just now cracked our first uh, Gordon Biersch Dunkelweizens, uh, which you can get in bottles now through June. So get yes. us 
And I read this story because you guys did a big press release about it, too. Yeah. So I read it on my CBS show a few weeks back. Maybe it was even a month ago. Thank um, you. I just was stoked that, it's, that it was in bottles because you guys do seasonals all the time, and, and that's always nice uh, if you're going to go to the restaurant. But now you can go to the, to the stores you're used to buying Gordon Beers and pick this stuff up. Yeah, the convenience of your own home. Oh. So tasty. This is my first sip of it, ever. Uh, the really good. uniqueness of, of Dunkelweizen. Hey, it's a type of Hefeweizen. It's just made with dark roasted malted wheat and uh, caramelized malted wheat, in addition to the light malted wheat and also malted barley, a little bit of malted barley, just so we had the enzymes in there and the husks, okay. which make it uh, possible to louder. Yeah. And the dark malted wheat really helps to balance out some of the uh, flavor profile of the Hefeweizen yeasts, you know, the, the W68, which refers to Weinstefan strain number 68, which is the classic Bavarian Hefeweizen yeast strain. That's what you produces, guys are using. Yeah, that produces the bubblegum, clove, banana, citrus flavor profile. Mm-hmm. That is really signature to Bavarian Hefeweizen. Well, the dark malted wheat really tones it down. It balances it a little nicer. Okay. And yeah. we still have the same effervescence, meaning the carbonation level is, is roughly 20% higher than in our lagers. It is? Yeah. That's, okay. that's, it's a spritzy beer. I want to talk to you about that later. We're going to get into this beer in depth after Beer Jeopardy. Oh, okay. Because we're going to make you repeat everything you just said in depth. But Good. one of the things I want to point out so that you listeners know what we're going to get at. Um, now, you guys are a Ryan Heinz Gebut brewery anyway. Absolutely. But this one, you've also carbonated via, well, according to your press release. You're looking at me like I might be. No, it's, but you naturally carbonated this beer All of our beer beers well. are. Oh, you do all of them. Every now. single beer we make is naturally carbonated. All right, good. I want to talk to you about that. Because he I knows how. That's, yeah, and that's the part of it, too, isn't it? Uh, so we'll get yeah. into that a little bit for you uh, for you folks out there. You can talk about that. Not just the ingredients following the Ryan Heinz but, but the carbonation is part of it, too. You're According yeah. to that law, you're not allowed to take CO2 out of a can and put it in there. Because that's nope. uh, separate stuff. Yeah. Got to be natural. Nothing after the brew kettle can ever be added. And he sticks to it. So we'll talk about that. All right, Beer Jeopardy is what we got going on for you right now. And uh, I dare say this is one of the best Beer Jeopardy games I've ever put together. I got some good topics going for you Pat guys. Pat yourself on the back. And, Way to go. Uh, I have to do that. I, uh, these are some good things. You guys all have a list in front of you, and and you should have a pen with you as well, with your list. So, si, senor. Uh, what I'm just going to need you guys to do is... I usually write it down. Just but. cross off the numbers as we go so that you know what's left, because I don't have the big board in, in for you guys so that you can see what's left. I so usually just do as that. we go. This makes it easier. Um, Are there listeners? How does this work again? Yeah, here's what we're going to do. I've got... um, I'm going to let... All right, Tasty and Shat, you guys are going to play together as a team. Mm -hmm. Because it fits, doesn't it? You guys are uh, pretty (laughs) close. And then Dan's going to play. And uh, So we've got three contestants here. I need a phone contestant. So call us right now, 888-401-BEER if you want to play. Bevo's there taking your phone call. The other thing that we're going to do is that the Dan will play for a listener, and Tasty and Chat will play for a listener, and Doc will play for a listener. Now, Bevo, get ready for this and listen to my instructions so that you, um, uh, so that you see how this goes. The first person in the chat room, and type this out as I'm saying it, so you're going you're gonna to actually enter it. First person to say... Doc, don't worry about the phone right now. First person to say Doc, okay. Dan, tasty. and Tasty. That's who they're going to play for. So they're going to type that to you. So the first user in the chat room that you see, so go ahead and enter that now so that they don't have to worry about the delay. It's done in real time. Um, and then we're going to take our first caller that we get, 888-401-BEER. And I'm not even going to make Bevo screen it. I'm just going to answer it. Caller, you're on the air. Who are we talking to? Oh, you're not there. Caller? 
All right, we're going to have to try somebody else. Oh, you know what? My fault. I just hung up on you. But Caller, you're on the air. Who are we talking to? <laughs> Caller? Hey, it's Todd from Raleigh. Who are we talking to? Todd from Raleigh. Todd from Raleigh. Tom right. so- from Raleigh. Tom from Raleigh. <laughs> Let me turn down my, uh, my speakers. Yeah, turn your speakers down for me. All right, Todd from Raleigh is going to play for us here on Beer Jeopardy. All right, Tom, you ever played Beer Jeopardy before? No, but I've, I've uh, watched it on TV. Good. <laughs> Fantastic. What channel is that on? I am your Trebek. Um, so do you know you know how it works then? You don't have to answer in question form here on our program. You ever heard the way we do it here? Yes. All right, so you're going to be all set to go. You are good to go, my friend. Uh, Sheen is playing for the Dan. Uh, Chad, you're all over scores for me on this one, huh? Mm-hmm. Do that for me. Got it. So the Dan is playing for Sheen in our chat room. Gop- We've got some good prizes to give away today. Gopper Glob? Gopper Glob is playing... Uh, who did he say? Doc. All right, Doc, you're playing for Gopper Glob. That's just disgusting. <laughs> and the next person to say tasty, the first one to say tasty, that's who uh, Tasty and the Chat are playing for. Motivated Slacker. All right, Motivated Slacker. Fantastic. Those are our contestants for today. Uh, the way it works, everybody, you don't lose points like you do in Jeopardy, so feel free to guess. You do have to buzz in, and uh, I'm going to let you choose your buzzers in a second. I have four categories for you, one through 400, of course. And, uh, Tom, you're going to want to write these down so that you can keep... You could play along with us and keep track of what the categories are. Uh, And um, I won't take points away. I will accumulate points. And uh, there are only four categories. And then at the end, I've got a bonus question. So I'm going to give... I don't normally do this, but I'm going to let you guys wager your points at the end for a comeback. And usually it's kind of when it comes to the end, unless there's a tiebreaker, that's it. But I'm going to let you... uh, If the score is close enough, I'm going to let you do... A comeback round and oh, be cool. able to wager your points. Which, Final Jeopardy. Okay. Which Shat will be calculating for we, for you as we go. Tom, you got all that? Yep, I'm in. All Tom, right, how many beers have you had? Because we need some equalization here. Good question. <laughs> uh, just about four. Okay. You're right. You're, you're, you're right there with us. about an hour late. Okay. Well, you're right there with us. At stake here is, I'll tell you what, grand prize is going to have to be a Stiefel signed by Dan Gordon and uh, Mr. Biersch himself as well. And, That's uh, grand. The Dean. The Dean. The Dan and the Dean. Right there, signed on the Stiefel. I'm looking at it myself. That's your grand prize. And we've got a clock to give away for second place. And we'll save the other stuff to give away later in the show as we go. Um, so two prizes to be won here for first and second place. Your categories, folks, are the first one, numbers that make Justin cry, which, as you know, are pretty much any numbers. Uh, Second category, popularity contest. Your third category, you getting all this, Tom? I am. Third category is stop calling me names, jerk. And your final category (laughs) is old beer. Old beer. So mark off the numbers as we choose them. Tom, you're our guest on the phone, so I'm going to give you control of the board. You can choose. You don't have to go in order. You can start with a 400 if you want, but just got to pick. Do you think we should start with um, getting our buzzers down, though? Oh, good point. You guys are going to have to buzz in. Good uh, call. Yeah, Tom, thanks for... Uh, <laughs> Tom just got hired as our producer, by the way, and uh, he's doing a good job, Chad. Uh, Tom, what's your buzzer going to be? In honor of uh, Epson JP, I'll go with Clang. Clang, good for you. He's a listener. He knows JP always picks the Clang. Doc, what are you going to do? I'll say Doc. All right. Tasty and Shat. Dunkel. Oh, right out from underneath you, Dan. (laughs) (laughs) 
I'm, I'm speechless. I don't know what to what to go for now. You can have that. We'll give it to you. I'll go with Meritson since that was is our flagship beer. All right, there you go. Go with Meritson. So you know how it goes. You, you do have to buzz in first. If you try to give me the answer and somebody else buzzes in, I will take the buzzer person first. That's just fair. So remember to buzz in before you give the answer. All right, Tom, go for it. Pick a category. Let's get on with Beer Jeopardy. Stop calling names. Stop. For uh, 100. All right. For 100 points, stop calling me names. Jerk. Multiple choice. One who collects beer mats is known as an labiorphilist, tigestologist, xenophiliac, or real big nerd. Go ahead, Doc. Xenophiliac. That is not true. Somebody else can bug it. Buzz in with labiorphilist. I'll, just, go, go, I'll go with Meritson, the, the first <laughs> one there, labiophilist. That is not true. There are two left. <laughs> Tigestologist or real big Wait. nerd? Go ahead, Tom. One. I'll take the first one, please. No, I already took the first one. The first you, one's you lost gone. that one, Tom. <laughs> 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 okay. Tasty and Shat. Go ahead. The second one there, the... Tigestologist? Uh, yes. You're absolutely right. One who collects <laughs> no, beer mats. I just want to protest. You have to actually say the word in order to win, I think. You can't circle it. <laughs> You're right. you got to listen and say the word. Or maybe I should go A, B, C. You don't have to say A, B, C, D. Tigestologist? I did. I, know I believe the, I said it correctly. So The labial phobia. Well, you wanted a labiophilist. Yeah, I did. That's a, Which is not right. He, he loves labia. <laughs> but phobia means you hate it, and philia means you like it, right? So he loves labia. That's, uh, that's the only way I went about figuring this one out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know the Latin word for collector, though. It was probably tigestologist. Yeah, tigestologist. That's one who collects beer mats. Or the big geek would have been... <laughs> would have been another, I would have yeah. accepted that as yeah, well. Yeah, it's probably acceptable. All right. Well, Tasty and Chat, you guys got it, and that gives you control of the board. <clears throat> Old beer for 200. All right. Old beer for 200 points. Which country invented the portable beer cooler in the 50s? Was it A, Germany, B, Australia, C, the U.S., or D, England? Dunkel. Go ahead, Shat. Germany. No, sir. Oh. Doc. Go ahead, Doc. United States. No, sir. What, what's in a pure portable beer cooler? I'm a brewer, and I don't even know what the hell you're talking about. I think it's it? any kind of a cooler that you can carry with you. You can put bottles of beer in the thermos and call it a cooler, right? Mm. Well, then it was probably kegs or something. I'm going to... It's... Why do I mean, we always got to get down to this, Dan? I, I don't... Uh, Beat Meritson. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go with Germany. Uh, that was already said. Oh, really? Then I'll, how about Australia? Right. Australia it is, Dan. <laughs> 200 points for uh, the Dan. And also, who is he, who's he playing for, Shad? you have it written down there? I don't know. Sorry. Sheen. Yes, Sheen. You guys suck. Thank you. That's I just what we have you for. I have Tom down, though. What, where were we, by the way? Was that numbers? That was, that was, old that beer was 200 for 200 points in old beer. And the Dan, you have control of the board. Uh, we'll go for numbers that make Justin cry for 100, please. All right, 100 points. How many quarts of beer per day were the monks allowed to drink in the Middle Ages? I'll give you the multiple choice if you want it, but I'll also let someone guess right now if they think they know it. Doc, two. It's a trick question. Monks were no. metric. So metric it would be back none. <laughs> well, we'll make it glasses then. It's the same. Is quartz not metric? No. No. Oh. Oh. 
<laughs> it would have no. been leaders. Damn it. All right, we'll call it leaders. So stupid internet trivia. <laughs> All right. So a so two was our A answer. That's gone. A uh, B was it three? C was it four? Or D was it five? Meritson, go ahead. I'll go with four. No. Wow. Playing. Tom, go ahead. Three. B. No. Dunkel. Yeah. Five. That's absolutely right. It's <laughs> five. A hundred points to Dunkel. And who are they playing for, Beavis? Oh, I didn't write that down. Oh well, if I'd sh- like to know why that makes you cry. Any numbers make me cry. Are you not a listener of the program, Doc? Still. <laughs> I thought it was pertinent. I think we're playing like, for like Skippy. Like your, your electric bill, things like that. We're going to have to go back to the archive. To f- <laughs> they'll let you know in the chat room, Beavis. When they let you know who that, that they're playing for, let us know, will you? Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, you guys have control of the board. Chat, go ahead, please. Let's have uh, numbers that make Justin cry for 200. Please. 200 points. Women account, this is multiple choice if you want it, women account for what percentage of beer consumption Meritson. in the United States? Go ahead. 20%. Yeah. Is it multiple choice? It's multiple choice. Yeah. You're real close. It's I, like 27%. What? Yeah, it's, it's, you're probably right. It's, it's a little over 25%. So I'm going to give it to Dan, everybody. The, the judges say Dan gets it. Ding, 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 ding. And, uh, and he's probably more accurate than the information I got, too. He, he knows yeah. his business. So that's 200 points for the Dan, and you have control of the board. Let's do numbers that make Justin cry for 300. Motivated slacker. Motivated slacker is chat. Okay. Yes. And then Doc is playing for an, uh, uh, Gooby Gobbler. Person. I'm Goober, Sheen. Goober Goblin. Uh, sorry, what was your category, Dan? You uh, we'll do numbers that make Justin cry for 300, Justin. Of 1,449 breweries in America in 2007, how many, this is multiple choice, how many of them were craft breweries? Was it A? It's a very specific number, I'm going to warn you, Doc. Uh, Three minus that. (laughs) I'm going to wait for you to... (laughs) (laughs) Three minus that. Or that minus three. Uh Of 1,449 breweries in America in 2007, how many were craft breweries? Was it A... 1,306, B, 1,376, C, 1,386, or D, 1,406? Meriton. Dan, I'm going to let Tom go. Let Tom go. Tom, go ahead. D, 1,406. You're absolutely right. There were 1,449 breweries in the U.S., which is a, a great number. I like to see that. 1,406 of them are considered craft breweries. So good work, uh, craft brewers. That's 300 points for Tom. And you have control of the board, sir. Uh, popularity for 100. All right, popularity contest. What, it's multiple choice if you want it, what is the most popular beverage in the world? Is it A, beer, B, tea, C, coffee, or D, wine? Dunkel. Go ahead, Chad. Tea. It is tea. You're absolutely right. Yeah, I believe that beer is the second most popular beverage in the world. How many points is that? So does water hit the top five at all? You know, they don't count that as a beverage. It's just more of a liquid, I guess. <laughs> it's not really... Sustenance. Yeah. Shat and Tasty, you have control of the board. How many points was that? That was 100 points. Uh, let's do popularity for 400. Wow, going big. High roller. In 2007... Samuel Adams sold the most beer by volume among craft breweries. Who was the second best-selling craft brewer? Dunkel. 
Oh. Tasty? Sierra Nevada. Yeah. You're absolutely yeah. right. Yeah. Sierra Nevada. Mm. 400 points. Chat and Tasty, you have control of the board. We're keeping it real. You are keeping it real. <laughs> uh, let's complete the category. Uh, numbers that make Justin cry for 400. Ooh. My favorite question of the day, mostly because it really grosses me out. Nice. In Great Britain alone, what is the estimated amount of beer lost in people's mustaches and beards each year? (laughs) It's a multiple choice. Was it A? And they've actually decided, basically it was was Guinness who uh, calculated with each sip how many milliliters, and it's a fraction of a milliliter, is absorbed by, by oh. facial hair during every drink. Uh, was it A, 24,502 gallons, B, 15,423 gallons, C, 23,116 gallons, or D, 19,683 gallons? Absorbed by the mustache. Doc. Doc, go ahead. D? No. You want to buzz in here? Don't call. All right. B? No. Don't be afraid to buzz in. You don't lose points. Uh, B. Meriton. Go ahead. I'll go with the 23,100 and... Uh, no. 96. Tom, would you like to buzz in and say A? <laughs> <laughs> yes. A. <Hey, laughs> 24,502 gallons of beer are lost to people's facial hair every mm, year. In tasty. Great Britain alone. Splendid wow. work, Tom. What uh, is that worldwide? That is so disgusting. 400 points for Tom. You have control of the board. Numbers that make Justin cry, thank goodness, are now out of the mix. Uh, Old beer for 300. Old beer for 300 points. The modification of what act was celebrated last Monday, April 7th? 21st Amendment. No. Go ahead, Tom. Tom Tom clanged in first. Go ahead. Volstead Act. That's right. Uh, the Volstead Act. It was a modification of that act that allowed beer to be the only alcoholic beverage sold in this country. Uh, uh, it, and it started the repeal of Prohibition. The Volstead Act. That's 300 points for Tom there, Tom's Chad. He's, he's in the lead. What are, the, what are our scores right now? Right, well, Doc's got zero. Zero. We have... Tough uh, day. Tasty and I have 700. Tom has 1,000. And Dan has 400. Or Sheen and Dan have 400. Plenty of time to come back, everybody. Tom... You still have control of the board. Old beer for 400, please. Okay. I have a feeling that Dan could get this one, so everybody be on your toes. For 400 points, what was the number one beer import before Prohibition? It was an import to the U.S. Number one before Prohibition. Don't be afraid to guess. Still popular today. Stop. Before Prohibition. Meritson. Oh, you already got it? Go ahead, Tom. Um, Pilsner or Quell. That's right. Whoa, Pilsner whoa. or Quell. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I would not have gotten it. Still, a vi- I thought maybe because it was at least from the region, Dan. It was up your alley there. But yeah, and, and you know what? That's kind of cool. I li- it's still very popular today, and in fact, probably increasing in popularity as we become educated as drinkers. Pilsner or Kell. All right, Doc. 400 points. You're on the board, my friend, and you have control of the board. Stop calling me names for 400. All right. Wow. Going big. If you fear an empty glass, you are called an A, servisophobiac. B, a negative Nancy. <laughs> C, go ahead. A. No. Servisophiliac. C, Justin. Or D, 
A senicillophobiac. <laughs> Don't call. Uh, I'll take Merritson. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Tasty chimed it. in. Uh, D, Dung, uh, D, I guess. Right? Yeah, yeah, senicillophobia. Yeah, You're right? not I a figured. negative Nancy or me. Although I would have accepted uh, C. I was going for... Yeah, I would have Justin. accepted that. I do fear an empty glass. <laughs> um, all right. Tasty, Shat, you have control of the board, and you just earned yourselves another 400 points, oh, yeah. by the way, guys. Excellent, excellent. They're doing well, Dan. How about uh, stop calling me names, jerk, for 200? A beer lover or enthusiast is called N, A, Bevrophile, B, Maltophile, <laughs> C, Cerevisophile, B, or D, alcoholic. Dan, go yeah, ahead. Cerevisophile. That's right. 200 points for the oh, Dan. And Sheen, you are a Cerevisophile if you're a beer enthusiast. So I think the not only everybody in this studio, but everybody at home, you're uh, all a bunch of Cerevisophiles. Of course, we know that beer is... Cere- Do you have to Cerevisa? register? Cerevisia yes. is the it, yeast strain for making originally beer. That's Cerevisiae? Yes. The Latin... Saccharomyces cerevisiae. Okay. Means the hmm. yeast is the yeast strain that was originally isolated by Louis Pasteur to ah, brew beer. To be the beer brewing yeast. Well, All I right. just wanted, do you have to register for cerevisiae <laughs> file? You should. And you file, should be able to look it up. File means friendly. Phobe <laughs> means you're worried about it. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, our neighbors, by the way, we don't have to register. They know by our recycling bin every Monday <laughs> <laughs> that we are cerevisophiles. In all its glory, huh? <laughs> yeah. All right, the Dan, you have control of the board. Let's go for Stop Calling Me Memes Jerk for 300. It's going to close out the category. If you collect beer bottles, you are a... Dunkel. Homeless. I might accept that. Let's see how the category goes. Uh, A. Alkaomorphist. B. Labeorphilist. C. Tegestologist. Or D. Complete douche. Talk. Go ahead. C. No. It is not We silly. already had Tegestologist. That was the answer to the... Oh, like, yeah. uh, I the, did hear Tom clang in. Go, Tom. Go ahead, Tom. That would be B, labia? Yeah, you are a labia. <laughs> and, I, and I totally gave it away, didn't I? Because uh, you couldn't say it. Labiorphilist is what I think is how it's pronounced. Labiorphilist. As in style, the one who likes. Yes. One who likes. If you collect bottles. That's 300 points for Tom. With and stop calling me names jerk is now off the board. What do we have left? What we have left is popularity contest for 200 and 300 points, and old beer for 100 points. And uh, how are we doing on scores there, Chad? Uh, pretty much Tom's in the lead with 1,300. Mm-hmm. We're close second wow. with 1,100. Dan's looking at 600, 400 for Doc. Everybody's got a chance here. Don't forget the bonus round allows you to wager your points to ding, try ding, to ding, win ding. at the end. All right, Tom, what would you like to choose? Well, let's go with popularity for three. Oh. Popularity for 300 points. My second favorite question of the day. What is the only craft brewery to appear twice in 2007's top 50 craft brewing companies' sales by volume? They're twice in the top 50 sales by volume. In 2007. What is the... Go ahead, Tom. Gambrinus? No. It is a craft brewery. What is the only craft brewery to appear twice in 2007's top 50 craft brewing companies' sales by volume list? Don't be afraid to guess. Uh, Gordon Biersch. Meritson. <laughs> Gordon Biersch is absolutely right. <laughs> you guys... Right. <laughs> 
Dan, that took you a little while. Maybe a little too while. Well, because I'm just trying to figure, our licensors are two separate ones. I, and that's exactly. how I figured you were able to uh, to appear there twice. Yeah, I, I didn't realize that. Yeah, we're number, I think, number 18. San Jose is yeah. number 18. And do you know the location that was number 43? Well, they would put Gordon Beer's Brewery Restaurant Group as a single one. They actually, if they, they may have posted it wrong they put a specific location yeah they would list it as memphis uh tent chattanooga or something chattanooga like that. tennessee but that's oh. the headquarters for gordon beer that's a licensed place and there's oh, probably okay. i don't know what they got like was it thirty five thousand barrels or something like that so that includes all of the restaurants that would be all of them okay yeah it's probably closer to like forty thousand barrels for that for the restaurant group i gotta say either way that both your production facility that sells beers in retail outlets right and then your restaurant group, you both have appeared in the only craft brewery to appear twice in the top 50 sales by volume list. Yeah, I actually haven't seen the list yet. I just know that ah. I, someone emailed me and said, hey, you were number 18 this year. And I go, wow, that's amazing. Yeah, you were I didn't 18. I know how that happened. And then the group was uh, was 43. So, But I thought it was interesting. As I'm reading through it, I'm going, the Dan. I know. It's weird to think that. I don't have an ego either. It's kind of... <laughs> yeah. Or a memory. All, all, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? After the third blonde Bach, it's not going to uh, yeah. go too quickly. That's you know, I've right. never lost Beer Jeopardy as far as I know. No, I think you've won every time, as So this is a really poor performance. No, you can just right back in it now. You just earned no, 300 points I'm not right there, there yet. I'm, that's not like 900 points. It's all about the lame questions. Yeah. All right, there all are right. two questions left. One in popularity contests for 200 yeah, and one well, in old beer for 100. We'll take the popularity. Popularity contest for two hundred. All right. Um, what is the best-selling beer brand in the Western Hemisphere outside of the U.S.? And I'll give you the multiple if you need it. Doc. I'll double your points if you get it right and you don't need it. Doc. All right. Oh, Corona. No. The best-selling. Go. go ahead. Stella Artois. No. Merson. Oh. Heineken. No. Oh. Tom. Uh, I'll take the multiple choice, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, best-selling... Well, I hope that my information is accurate. The best-selling beer brand in the Western Hemisphere outside of the U.S. I've, I found this from a couple different places. Was it A, Brahma Beer, B, Corona, which we already know is not true, C, Red Stripe, or D, Cerveza Cantina? <laughs> can, I, can I rescind my... Uh, Let's see my if deal. Tom has a guess. Right. Let's see what Tom gets. I will say Brahma. You're absolutely yeah. right. Dan, do you concur? Are you thinking Absolutely. That, yeah. That's what I would have answered yeah. if, I, if I hadn't think outside of the Western Hemisphere instead of inside the Western Hemisphere. Well, it is inside the Western Hemisphere, outside of the U.S. I know, but I yeah. was you were thinking to get the outside of the, yeah, and yeah, I was trying to go it, yeah. outside of the Western Hemisphere, and I was thinking Eastern Hemisphere. 200 points for Tom. There is one question left on the board, so I'll, re- uh, I'll read that. That was a, tw- a tough question, by the way. I'm surprised that it's Brahma. Um, well, actually, it's very sort of egotistical and American of me to be surprised, because we don't hear about it very often at all, right? I have classmates that work there. Uh, oh, you do? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The boys from Brazil, we used to call them. They must be selling an awful lot of beer, because all the names that you guys mentioned are names that I would have certainly Big said. Big names. Yeah. You know how it's good to be the king? It's good to have a monopoly, and mm. Brahma pretty much has one in Brazil. Do they? Yeah. yeah. Good for them, I guess. All right, your last question. It's under old beer, and it's for 100 points. It is not multiple choice. In what East Coast city was the first brewery in America built? The very first brewery in America. Uh, Dunkel. Chad? I'm going to say Pennsylvania. Kind of a city, though. 
And I think it's... Doesn't matter. You're wrong. No? Yeah. Doc. Go ahead. Boston. No. Merrickson. Go ahead. I'm going to go with with New York City or what would have been New Amsterdam. No, but you're very close. It is the land of different colored lakes. Tom, would you like to to, to take another guess? It, uh, you you would you think of it as pollution? You think of it as uh, it's an East Coast city? New York, New Jersey, playing. Uh, well, New Jersey's right now. It was actually Hoboken, New Jersey, wow. housed the first American brewery. Well, Tom deserves that it's one. A tough he said, one. He said the state. That's he did get. Good. Although I kind of described the state, didn't I? Yeah. I? Oh, by the way, New Jersey people, uh, don't take offense. I've I've been there plenty of times. My stepdad's from New Jersey. I'm allowed to insult your. Disgusting. It is the armp- armpit of America. It's the, well, it, Pacheco's the armpit of America. <laughs> it's the armpit of the East Coast. I'm kidding. Let's okay. face it. <laughs> yeah, there's two armpits. Why not? So nobody gets those points. Uh, Chad, we're going to need our tally here and get ready to go. To the bonus round. What are the points looking like? Nobody got 1500 those. 1500 for Tom. Wow. Close 1100 for uh, Tasty and I. Dan's got 900 and Doc's got four. All right. I don't Doc. know I'm writing this. Ain't looking angle. good. Doc. Taking a shellacking. Hey. All right. Tom, <coughs> Tasty, Dan, and Doc. We're out of beer. That's the problem. I got, I'm full. I got All right. beer. Pass the glass. Pass the glass. <laughs> yeah. Here's the deal. I'm going to give you your bonus questions. They are not multiple choice. You will write down your answer and not discuss them with each other. And you will also, Chad, don't leave yet. Get beers afterward. This is important. I got to get through this and we'll take a break. Everyone okay. to get a beer when we take a break. Okay. We've Good, been doing this. I need to go to the bathroom. Going for another 45 minutes nope. here. So let's get Not this. during the show. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> not till we do our catheter show, that is. Oh, gross. Uh, so. You guys are going to write down the answer to the question. You're going to write down the amount of points you'd like to wager. And then I'm going to ask each one of you after the fact. Okay, and I'll give you guys um, I'll give you guys 60 seconds once I ask the question. All right, your bonus beer question. The oldest known code of laws... Oh, hey, by the way, Tom, you're going to have to go Brewer's Code on this, all right? Yeah. Write down your wager and your answer and don't... Don't look it up on Google. Yeah. The oldest known code of laws is the Code of the Hammurabi from ancient Babylonia, about 750 B.C. It regulated the practices of drinking houses and called for what, uh, and called for what if, pri- if proprietors were found guilty of watering down their beer. What was the punishment for proprietors found guilty of watering down their beer in ancient Babylonia, about 1750 B.C.? Write down the wager you'd like to make and your answer. I've started your 60-second clock. You all can think about it. Don't say it out loud, Tom. Just keep it to yourself. Just make sure everybody's clear. The Hammurabi was the code of laws from ancient Babylonia, and it regulated the practices of drinking houses. What was the punishment if proprietors were found guilty of watering down their beer? Bevo, how's that chat room doing over there? Treating you nice today? Yes. All right. 888-401-BEER. Once we're done with Beer Jeopardy here, that's your caller line. You can ask us questions. We're going to be covering lager today. Doing Dunkelweizen with the Dan. So if you've got your Dunkelweizen's brewing or you want to know how to brew one, you can certainly ask questions about that. And, uh, of course, lagering in general. And if you want to uh, have Ryan Heinzkeboot questions, you can put all those in there. Anything lager or German beer, Dan's your man. we got a good panel here because Tasty's a good lager, and, of course, uh, a doc can, can lager himself a good beer. 
So I didn't hear Chad. It's happened. Well, Chad, <laughs> Chad, you're going to ask all the lagering questions today. I have a feeling because you're, uh, you're moving on to that. You're always asking and uh, asking Jamil and asking you know asking good guys. But uh, here's another uh, uh, a super commercial beer and 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 traditional lager expert. I mean, the man went to school uh, in the I'm home of loggers. I go back to Babylonia. Yes, <laughs> back to 750 BC. The, be- the beers speak for themselves. They're all very good beers. Yeah. He's been punished. You guys all have your answers down? Tom, you got yours yep. down? Yes, I do. All right, Tom, how many points did you wager? A thousand. Wagered a thousand points out of, uh, what did you have, 1,500, right? 1,500. All right. You're all going to have to help me with the math here. You know that. What's your answer, Tom? Numbers you hate. The answer is death. All right. Tom says the death penalty. <laughs> Dan, what did you wager? I wagered all of it. Which Justin, was? which is 900, because if I didn't wager all of it, I had no chance of winning. Okay. And my uh, response was they would have to drink all their alcohol or their swill, everything they had there. They'd have to drink the swill. Drink it all themselves. Okay. Doc, uh, what'd you wager? All my 400 points. <laughs> well, you only have 400, huh? Yeah. Well, it's, it's pittance, but you know, uh, they're going to lose a hand. A hand, okay. Shat and Tasty, how much did you guys wager? This is fun. I like the. This uh, is a good bonus question. I have to say, we as well wagered it all, all eleven hundred. Okay, and uh, we as well said, cut off his hand. Yeah, the hand. Yeah. Well, guess what, guys? Nobody got it. The only right answer was from Tom, who kicked ass all game long, Whoa. and again in the final round, the death, death? penalty wow. was the proposed yep. punishment wow. for uh, drinking establishments who watered down their beer, <laughs> and 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 rightly so, I should say. By the way, it should it should be the penalty today for yes. watering down your beer. It, it, yeah. Does that, does that include death by yeast infection? Wow. <laughs> all sorts of death. Just death a, by tea bag. How about uh, putting star sand in your beer? <laughs> <laughs> I, I maybe, yeah, I I maybe right cut right off right my hand right should be right. that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, wow, Tom, not only did you do great during the round, but you were absolutely right. Did you Google all the way through, Tom? Be honest with us. No, no, I didn't. You went straight up, huh? I, I yeah, I mean, the first answer I wrote down was anal rape, but I scratched through that. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Because this, the, our rating would have just slipped. <laughs> it would have dropped. Uh, the Dan, who was a two-time Beer Jeopardy champion on his third visit, knocked off his throne. Tom is our new winner, uh, our Beer Jeopardy <laughs> champion today. I'm happy for Tom because, yeah. you know, it's nice. He deserves to get Sam that uh, stiefel. You have yourself coming to you it's a nice. signed uh, Gordon beer stiefel my friend and uh, chad is now in charge of shipping prizes so you'll even get it pretty soon which is also a bonus (laughs) you know what i like about this yeah dan has to come back (laughs) to now he's like shit i can't go out like this you're gonna have to reclaim your uh there's always stump the brewer that's true you could uh, redeem yourself later on during stump the brewer it's absolutely right. Tom, congratulations, man. Yeah. Good job. All right. Do me a favor and send Chad at thebrewingnetwork.com, C-H-A-D at thebrewingnetwork.com, your information, your address, all that stuff, and he's going to send you a beautiful Gordon Beer Stiefel. And uh, I'll g- we're going to drink out of one earlier today. Do you want us to drink out of yours or drink out of a different one? I'll give you the choice. Can we lick yours? <laughs> we'll, we'll de-virginize for you if you want. Well, yeah, I'll lick it. And take that puppy over to the Gordon Beers. The closest one to you is in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. And they'll fill yeah, it up for you? are opening one at the airport out here at uh, Raleigh-Durham. So. Oh, yeah. That's, that's down the road. 
<laughs> I don't know when that's happening. While. I better get moving on that. I haven't started <laughs> distributing beer out there. I forgot about that. Check. What happens if you bring it in there? You don't get like a free boot. No, because those are licensed operations. They they really don't know who the heck I am in, at oh. the airport locations. Okay. Unless you go to San Jose, where they all know me. Would they? But if he? But if they go to the Myrtle Beach location, you're talking. Will they fill it up for him? Well, with an autographed Gordon Biersch, uh boot? Yeah, you bet. They, they better, should, right? They better do that. <laughs> you just give me a holler if they don't. And yeah. Say, Dan gave this to me. <laughs> Look it. It's signed. He gave it to me. The the boot carries an amazing power. It, it should. It. Maybe we'll it's put Dan's force. fingerprints on it after we drink out of it. It's a whole force. You know, you carry a boot around. There are not many of these out in the real world to yeah. begin with. I want to know, Chad, can you uh, get a picture of this and put it on the forum? Because that thing's sure. beautiful. Yeah, let's yeah, do it. It's, uh, it's just beautiful. Yeah, it really is nice. All right, Tom. Hey, congrats. You're going to get a beautiful Stiefel okay. head your way, man. We'll All give right. you some tips a little later, too, on how to drink out of it. Right, Dan? Yeah, we're going to do that. Cheers, oh, brother. the whole beer bootology. Boot- yeah. Bootology 101 was <laughs> steepology. It's important because if you don't do it right at the end, I don't know if Schumann's in here right now, but we'll have to make sure we train him. Or maybe we shouldn't train him. <laughs> make it, maybe we won't tell him how to do it. We'll tell the rest of us how to properly drink from a boot he, so he, that he, he can be he, our He ga- made example. a statement saying he knows it. Okay. He's Ooh. got it down already, and we're going to hold him to it. All right, I think we're going to do that. So no <laughs> so no talk of how to properly drink from, from the boot when well, he uh, probably saw the movie. Stiefel, when he's in here. Yeah, he might have seen. See, that's where I think I got Das Boot from, too. It's from that stupid Beer Fest movie. It was a great movie. Das Boot. We, Fun we movie. But they, call it, but they call it Das Boot in that. They, they do. Yeah. They don't speak German in No, either, <laughs> no. It is kind of a funny movie. I have to tell you, Dan, Daniela was literally offended by the movie. She was. <laughs> well, she can take a good German joke. We were messing. You know. How it, it, was. it did make fun of a lot of cultural things that they hold near and dear. Like, we would make fun of everything about Danielle, and she was a good sport about it. They went even farther than we did, if you can believe it. And after a while, she just was like, okay, I get it. It's but, over. But like Jim Bell, I am just happy for anything that encourages overconsumption. <laughs> <laughs> but of course. <laughs> and that's why he's trying to rid the world of you, Dan. Dan Sheen said thank you for the effort. I uh, tried. Good effort. You know, I really feel bad that I, that I let, let Sheen down. Blobber Gloppy Gloop didn't think. Thank Doc for his effort. Maybe we can just for the association oh, well. of me representing Sheen <laughs> no, that we can send him a should clock. Should motivated slackers send his email? We might be able to do is that. Sheen or uh, him or her? Sheen's a dude. A dude. Yeah. He's going to get a clock. All right, we'll send Sheen. Poor a guy. Clock. They're cool ass clocks, man. Gordon Biersch all over. <laughs> it's a clock. Did you guys see those? Did you see all the stuff he brought? Yeah. Dan always brings good. One's going to have to go up on the wall here, though. I think you're right. So what does my poor loser get? The truth is, um, <laughs> well, second. I did promise second place a clock, and and yeah. you were second place, right? I was. No. No, I lost. Oh, you guys were second place. No, there was no second place. We all bet all we had. Did we really? We'll just take the barrel. No biggie. Yeah. We'll find some. We'll send your listener something, Doc. Don't worry. (laughs) Because I feel really, really, really bad. Blooper, globby, gleepy, glop. Send, uh, everybody send Chad an email, and if you were part of Beer Jeopardy, you're going to get something. We'll hook you up. People, how's that bladder doing? It's got a burst. (laughs) (laughs) You know I have bladder issues. Come on. Well, you just got married. You got to learn how to use that thing, Davis. <laughs> it's probably got a lot of dents you know, in it. The tor- toilet, I mean. It's torture oh. when you when you force people to drink this much on the air. It really is. And then just hold it. And we force them every time. We're all going to be making a mad dash. It's not just Bebo. <laughs> it's true. Stick with us. When we come back, Dunkelweizen and lagering with the Dan. We're getting to the good stuff here, so stick with us. We'll be right back, right here on The Session. You're listening to The Brewcasters. The Brewcasters. On The Brewing Network. Tasty, 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 tasty
Sullivan, the brewmaster and co-founder of the 21st Amendment Brewery and Restaurant in San Francisco. Hot mama and a ice cold beer And I can't sort of get along Give me a long gun, baby To cuddle up there Then just leave me alone I'll take a table in the corner Turn the lights down low Put a nickel in the jukebox And let her go With the red hot mama And ice cold beer And I can't sort of get along Can't start to get along Give me a clean cut baby Without a care And I just couldn't go wrong Don't have to work in the morning I can stay out late So me and my baby can operate Cause with a red hot mama And ice cold beer And I can start to get along Sort of get along Give me a live white cutie Without a fear That anything can go wrong Don't want no pretzel Just bring me some brew Baby your daddy's got work to do Cause a red hot mama And ice cold beer And I can sort of get along Did you know that every day a brewcaster goes to bed hungry? Did you know that that brewcaster is silently calling for the help of people just like you? Do you know that every day the unicorn and the rainbow have to blow sailors for loose change? For less than the cost of a half-calf, quad-shot, venti, extra-hot, soy milk, triple-pump, hazel, low-fat foam, double-cupped macchiato a day, you can help starving adults in Pacheco. Your love can be felt for as little as 7 cents a day. 
Visit thebrewingnetwork.com slash donate to sign up today for as little as $2 a month. Private first class in the BN Army. Buy your way up the ranks as corporal, sergeant, ranger, or colonel with an easy-to-do monthly donation that keeps brewcasters alive and your favorite internet radio station broadcasting. No donation is too small to help those in need. Can't you find it in your heart to share your love with a brewcaster? In return, you will enjoy the wealth of knowledge that comes with every episode of the session. The Jamil Show and yes, even that other show. Thank you for listening, and please sign up for your donation at thebrewingnetwork.com slash donate today. This is Sit down next to it, grab yourself a paper towel, and watch those yeast have sex. You're listening to The Brewing Network. You're listening to The Brewing Network. Because like beer, radio shouldn't suck. Welcome back to the program, everybody. Still here, still going, two hours into it, and uh, you know what? I promised to get you some information, and that's what we're going to do right now. We haven't even got to the meat of the thing. We haven't even got it. We just had a lot of fun. But I got to tell you, here's what happens, Dan. People start to... they they say well, you know why did you make your guests sit there and do all that and not talk about beer and I get all these complaints when the truth is I like it's it. usually the guest who goes and especially Dan who goes listen I'll be there but we're gonna have some fun right that's <laughs> like, why I love coming specifically beer jeopardy <laughs> yeah. yeah so uh, all you naysayers out there and 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 you know you know where the fast forward button is but the fact is we got to have ourselves a good time here and do the hang and then get to the meat of it and that's exactly. what we're about to do right now and the cool thing is that we got lots of beer to drink that Dan brought for us and uh, Dunkelweizen of course is going to be our main beer that we talk about today we're gonna let Dan describe that to you and give you some information we've also got the blonde Bach going on here I've already got quite Questions in front of me about lagering in general. So we're gonna, we'll talk temperatures and things like that with you. They really should have asked it before I had a few beers. <laughs> now you're going to say, ah, all right, let's put it wherever. Like, tell a psychic Dan Accord, you know, alive. <laughs> about a month. That's, that's going to be my answer for everything. About huh? a month. <laughs> okay. Well, you know the Whites, uh, White Labs Yeast Company? Yes, I do. Uh, they come in here whenever they do the show. They're uh, they just say, "Well, it depends." It's dep- every time you know, it gets to something, you know, everything it, it depends. It depends. <laughs> I'm, I'm a pretty quantifiable guy. Okay, you're gonna get straight numbers. A lot right. of numbers that make Justin cry. Uh, <laughs> Any numbers make me cry. Two beers on average a day. Just remember that. Yeah. You'll be fine in life. That's the number you need to remember. Minimum. 888-401-BEER. That's another number you can use to ask questions yourself. And I see Bevo on the phone right now. So you can use that. 888-401-BEER. Try to be on topic. Otherwise, i got to put you on hold for a long time until I can fit your question in. Or you can just put it in the chat room, and I'll get all of those questions answered. If you ask a relevant question in the chat, I'll get it over to the Dan tonight. I promise you. Uh, if you're asking things about my breast size and things like that, you know, who That's cares? numbers. You know, that's numbers, and I'm not going <laughs> to give you those answers. About a month. Uh, <laughs> it depends. <laughs> Yeah. I think he's an A cup. Exactly. Just about a month. All right. So let's start with this Dunkelweizen. And uh, it's not the first time you've brewed it. No. Actually, we made it, uh, let's see, going back in the brewery restaurant history, I'd say 1991. Oh, did no. Did it as a seasonal the first time. And, and back then, did people just go, like, what the no hell? No one got it. <laughs> I mean, uh, of all it's the. It's a beers, dark, cloudy beer. All the seasonal beers that, people, uh, that we had done, this is the one they didn't want. Ah. Uh. And then. Lo and behold, you wait, you know, 
tw- almost 20 years. That whole new generation. And everyone loves it. You know, it's uh, it's amazing, the before and after. You know, beer, beer culture permeates, and people uh, broaden their horizons, and then they like uh, trying new stuff. And this one is my absolute, and I don't usually go on the, on the, on the line with this, something like this. This is my absolute favorite beer. Is, is it really? This is, here. this is the one that I crave. It's your favorite style of beer, or the, or, or the, the, that, I brew, that, that I brew and my favorite style. Oh, both. both. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's by definition everything I say is a promise, and this is the one. <laughs> this so, is it. Yeah. Let me ask you that just to back up for a second. Uh, back to 1991, you say you had done several seasonals at that point. What what was working back then? Because that was kind of a, a, a pioneering point for craft beer. Yeah, biggest response, positive response is Fest beer, which is a modern day Oktoberfest because Meriton obviously is the classic Oktoberfest beer, but Fest beer was uh, you know more like a Hellas style. Oh, and and people dug it. They were digging that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's when they walk in and say, "What's your lightest beer you make?" And I wanted to punch them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, said, <laughs> this I don't is what do it light is. beer. Period. You know, yeah. get with it. Good for you. But this this looks funky. You know, it looks like chocolate milk. It's kind of creeping people out. It's oh, got yeah, it's, it's, it's cloudy. It's a weird look. It looks like it's going to drink heavy, and then it's so refreshing. And, mm. and they're going to ask if you shook up the bottle. Be bad news because this has uh, a lot of CO two, and it would uh, explode volcanically amongst. Yeah. Everyone within 10 feet. you got to be careful about that. It's a vault of beer. I tell you, now, in, in a, uh, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but in a, in a, half of, in a Weizen beer, uh, it's very yeast-driven as a beer. Uh, it's as all far about as the, the yeast. The flavor right. profile. Okay. Exactly. And a true German half of Weizen, as opposed to what you might find when uh, uh, there are a couple of, of uh, larger American breweries who, who put out a half of Weizen, they use American yeasts. Uh, some of them will even use something like a California ale yeast. Uh-huh. More of a or lager beer. yeast. Uh, in a true German half of Weizen, Lots and lots of that spicy clove. I that's there's a lot there's others, but the is the foremost flavor that clove flavor. Yeah, the clove, bubblegum, citrus, and banana. Those are the all right there. Those are the uh, esters and byproducts of the uh, during the metabolism of the yeast during fermentation. Should a dunkel be any more of those than the hefeweizen? Yeah, well, it is a hefeweizen. Dunkelweizen is a type of hefeweizen. It's just made with darker roasted uh, malted wheat and darker roasted caramelized meat. So as far as the yeast goes, you're not accentuating any flavor other than other another one. No, the yeast is still spewing out all these. Uh, you know flavor profiles, yeah. and, and when it's when it's fermenting, but there's you can overshadow some of those unique flavors, but with the the, the quality of the malt, you okay. know the the qualitative aspects of the malt, I should say. All right, which gives that richer, maltier, roasted flavor, and those are strong, pungent flavor profiles in the era of malt versus uh, light roasted, you know, malted wheat, which doesn't have a lot of that. Okay. The uh, caramelized malt wheat, even though there's only like three, you know, we use caramelized malt wheats or malts as a whole. You know, three or three to five percent is a lot, mm. and yeah, okay. that that does it. You know, that part plus we use about thirty five percent dark malted wheat. This beer is brewed without regards to cost. The the malts on this thing are just stratospherically expensive. I was going to say uh, the the availability of malted wheat's tough, and then all these other different malted wheats is, is you know, dark malted wheat, crystal malted wheat. Yeah. As a home brewer, that's tough to find. Yeah, I went to school with Sabina Weyermann, 
So that my my source, <laughs> that my right? source of, of malt is uh, yeah all all the maltsters in in Germany are all classmates of mine, which is a great thing to have. Sure. And oh, so you're. Can you make me this? No, it's, yeah, we can give you any doc. You come by, we'll load you up. We'll, we'll just give you <laughs> great. Yes, but but when we have a specific thing, because we're buying by full container loads. Oh. You know they they the way uh, you brew enough that you the way these specialty malts are roasted, they have a special drum malt uh, roasting facility at their at their place. Okay, and that's how they're able to make it extremely consistent nobody else in the world that i'm aware of has the same kind of technology uh outside of a pilot scale you know for making making these really consistent malt weeds a lot of the um malt suppliers will do uh, a blend where they take averaging of the colors mm-hmm. and they'll take an extremely dark roasted uh, almost like a patent malt type type color and they'll blend it with some semi-roasted mm-hmm. malt to to get it to an average and vireman doesn't do that Okay. Yeah, all every grain is going to be spot on at that spec. I see, and that's how you get the really good flavors. So you're like calling the frat house, essentially, essentially for you. These are your old buddies when you call up for this stuff. Yeah, it's beer nine one one, and they go, "Hey Dan, oh, yeah, the, the red phone." Yeah. Do you speak German to them when you call? Uh, we, yeah, we usually we write in German. You, um, you know, th- this day and age with the nine hour time difference, I don't no actually speaking. get on the horn too much. Yeah. We just email back and but forth. You email a German. Yeah. <laughs> Look at you goes. It's so great. Doesn't matter to me what language we. They they speak English equally well, but you know. Yeah. Why not? I gotta admit, uh, I get flack every now and then, not from the listeners because they hear they hear you on the show and they know you're legit. Every now and then, you know, somebody in the industry goes, you know. Every time you talk about Dan, you're like, oh, he's the German guy. He's the German. Like, he really knows everything about it. You really kind of... Uh, and I'm going, well, the man speaks to Germans in German when he orders his beer supplies. Why? <laughs> what is the question here? Where's the question mark? The guy calls Weirman <laughs> in German and orders these things. Uh, you know how it goes with competition. People go, oh, with Dan, you know, Gordon Biersch. And... Uh, most of the beer industry is very palatable and very nice and friendly, but uh, some people think of you as like the 900-pound gorilla. Well, yeah, the Belgian or- guys order in Belgian, you know? Yeah. They speak Flemish. Yeah. I just, or, think, or that, I just think your credibility, I guess my point is your credibility is impeccable when it comes to these kinds of things. So right down to the ingredients. Well, you are what you eat. Well, I, I think a <laughs> yeah. lot of people think because of the size of Gordon Beers and the outreaching that uh, you don't care. Mm. It's oh. why don't you put it out there and yeah, that's that, just not that, true. I would take that very per- you know, a lot of a lot of people think, well, you know, he makes these really approachable kind of bland beers that they hear from the, the hopheads, right? Oh, I wouldn't even say that. But I'm, no, I get it a lot because because yeah. they, they say, you know, oh you made a beer like this, this Dunkelweizen that we're drinking oh. today, you know, that's more of a an esoteric off the wall, you know, very underrepresented beer style yeah. worldwide, you're not gonna find a lot of it. Yeah. And you know, my philosophy and the way I approach it is I'm true to style, I'm authentic and I go back a couple hundred years yeah the way I, the way i do everything it's ultra traditional yeah and some some people don't dig that you know i'm not a, i'm not i don't didn't do home brewing all my experience was at an industrial level and that sometimes turns people off sure but, but you know what i went out there and i worked at like five different breweries in in europe to get hands-on experience i, I did it i can weld <laughs> you know seriously i can do stainless steel tig welding and and i think everything i go to the nth degree to be authentic as possible yeah i want to know every element on how to do it i'm very hands-on and to me it shows uh if uh you know what it's been a long time since i was in europe it's been a while since i was in germany but i remember to the t what that fresh 
beer tasted like, that fresh lager, the fresh Hefeweizen, and I'm not a Hefeweizen drinker, but I remember to the T what it tastes like. And this is always the closest thing. It's always the closest beer when I have yours. I buy your Pilsner all the time. Um, the the Hefeweizen <laughs> I don't buy, but when I taste it, it's like I'm drinking right there. So. Well, as I was telling Dan before, my brother loves it. He thinks it's one Does of he? the best ones. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Doc's brothers, well, they listen to the program all the time. They want us to invite you to Burning Man with us. Uh, well, I just got my ticket this week, Doc. I'm I love in. my marriage. I'm in. You're not allowed to go. <laughs> you're you're, you're, you're go. just going on a business trip. <laughs> yeah. yeah. With no clothes. I've been invited a few times, yeah, and I've seen the pictures. Yeah. I guess now the the artistic elements, though, are pretty uh, over sure. the top. You're going for the art. Yep. <laughs> All right. Let's it go back be to another, this beer. Another, another fat guy with naked fat guy. <laughs> another <laughs> naked, yeah. All right, you mentioned the malt uh, percentages. Do that for me again. What's your base malt on this beer? Uh, the most number one primary malt is the is dark mo- dark malted wheat. Dark malted wheat yeah. is your primary malt. That's, and what percentage, that percentage is that? That's number one. That's like 35%. Okay. Um, dark malted wheat. Yeah. Uh, German wheat, of course. Yeah. Okay, what else? And then, then after that comes uh, uh, the light roasted malted wheat. And then after that's malted barley. And then caramelized malted wheat. Okay. Yeah. What Actually, a, you know what? The malted, uh, the dark malted wheat is about 40%. Are they, are they called the same thing, guys, when we go to the homebrew shops and order these things? are we? I've never seen dark malted wheat, have I? I, I think Northern Brewer has it. And, that, and that's what they call it there? Okay. I, th- I, yeah. see, I, I don't see it, it much. No. Okay. Northernbrewer.com. If you want to search around there, you can check that out. Dark uh, honestly, I don't know anyone other than Vireman that's, that's making it. That's doing it. Yeah, and I, I guess, uh, I don't know if Gambrinus is doing dark malted wheat or not. Uh, in it, British Columbia, it's tough to find. It's not an easy one. The caramelized malted wheat, I know, Vireman's the only one. What do you guys use as substitutes then? Because I know you've done Dunkelweizens before. Do you use something else besides these things, Chad? What'd you just use when you brewed yours? Uh, I'm not sure. I have to look at the recipe. Oh, you got to do get that back to you in a minute. Yeah, yeah, check the, the one sub you can do to to get get by is instead of you using caramelized malted wheat, you can use caramelized malted barley. You okay, know, you can get away, pull that off a little bit of that. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's going to have... We, we've tested it both ways. Yeah. Because we were wondering if we'd be able to get this okay. in large quantities. Oh, you were? Yeah. I was I was a little concerned, you know. There, there's How many breweries in the world, you know, are are doing this thing? And not a lot. Yeah. For all I know, Schneiderweiss is, you know, cornered the market on it. Sure. And for all I know, they're doing it themselves, you know. A lot of those old German breweries have their own malting facilities. Okay. You doing a decoction mash on these? On oh, these yeah. Malts? You got to You do it do for that. all your beers? No. No. But no, this one you do, and, and now is it because of of the wheat that you have to do it? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Anytime you use a large percentage of dark dark uh, malt, any type, it always helps to uh, explode the uh, the crystallized formations and bring them into solution to get much more body to it. Okay. Uh, is that what it's really about? Is the body? This one also because the high protein content sure helps. And loudering is a tough one. I was going to ask we, you about the loudering. When you're loudering uh, if you don't do a decoction on it, it makes it really viscous. And okay. it's a much slower louder. And this one's very difficult to louder. We spent a lot of time, uh, a couple of the brewers at, at Gordon Beer spent a lot of time uh, dialing in the loudering process to be able to. The, the uh, malt schuttung, you know, that's where I go. And the, <laughs> the malt load, you know, how much malt we can use uh, per. Per batch, there's uh, an equation for that, right? Like you know how much. Well, you we want to get as you know the guys don't want to brew till Saturday night at midnight. You know <laughs> they want to get out. Yeah. And if they have to do four brews to fill a tank versus three, it's a big deal. And there's only so much of a load that the uh, the louder ton can handle. So, 
So the guy spent a lot of time optimizing it. Okay. And if you didn't do a decoction, it would it just would not louder. Okay. Yeah. So and and just quickly how this works for you guys, and we've talked about this before, but you're really dialing in these beers in San Jose yourself. You're doing this there, and then the you give these recipes to the restaurants, and they're supposed to duplicate them essentially. Yeah, pretty well. They're they're in the book. You know, we have a hymn book that we've done over. You know, the in the first ten years of all the beer styles. Okay. So they could very they they might get this recipe from you and call you up and say, Dan, I, you know, I'm I'm trying to louder this thing. Yeah. I, yeah. Or there might have been you know at a time where there we had three different formulations and in, in at the different brewery restaurants, and I'll look at all of them and say, Hey, this is the one. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So somebody had written into me since we're talking about decoction mashing because we've we've done this before and on a home brewing level, you know, there's a lot of hearsay about it and 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 and. and you know, there's a lot of brewers who say with the advanced malts that we get now, decoction, it's almost irrelevant for us as home brewers because malts are so processed. So someone asked you, um, has the Dan ever done a side-by-side test doing a, um, he says, doing a double decoction mash or a single infusion mash? And and been able on test batches and been able to taste the difference. We don't do single step infusion. Mash. You never do. Never do it. No, okay. No. 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 We um, always do a graduated step infusion mash with at least four temperature rests. Okay. And the reason is that there are different enzyme groups that affect different uh, structures and break them down. So <clears throat> you have proteolytic enzymes that are going to break down proteins into bite-sized chunks of amino acids that the yeast is going to be able to assimilate. It needs a balanced diet. Yeast is like just a human being. We need to have certain things. And yeast likes to have, on a, on a calculated back basis, uh, basically on a 12% OG beer, it likes to have anywhere between 220 and 260 milligrams per 100 milliliter of free amino acids. So those first two temperature steps, the 52 degree or, uh, Celsius and 62, are the en- enzyme group temperature optimums for those en- for th- that are going to break out. And the yeast wants to have a certain amount of protein. And you may not get that on a single-step infusion mash. Okay. So if you're striking one temperature and you're watching, you know, like 70C or whatever, and you're just focusing on the, the amylases that are going to break down the carbs, that's going to be a problem. Okay. Yeah. The decoction uh, does uh, a similar thing. There's two, two things that happen in the gold school when they didn't have te- thermometers and were eyeballing, the, you know, ballparking and all. And the history behind decoction is they didn't have these great, great temperature controllers. They didn't have the ability to turn the heat on and off. So they had one kettle that was boiling the mash, and they had another kettle that was just holding it. And the way they get to the next temperature level for this optimal deal was not necessarily by boiling it, but to heat it up, and they didn't have any control, so they heat it up to boil, and then mix it back in, and then they get huh. to one temperature level. So it was then, almost accidental, even, that it became... Yeah. Well, that's how they got a repeatable process. <laughs> yeah, that, that was it. So they did a, a, a three-mash uh, process, three di- triple uh, a dry mash, which is three-mash okay. decoction process, where they get three different temperatures in the, in the one stable kettle, and they also were able to explode the starch molecules and the protein molecules through the boiling process. So there's two effects that were going on. The enzymes were still there in the in the mash tun, which is the unheated vessel, and then they had the ability to boil and, and, and break down the others, which would deactivate the enzymes, by the way, because mm-hmm. you're going up to 100 degrees Celsius or you know 211 or 212 uh, Fahrenheit, yeah. and that was deactivating the enzymes. They were They were shot. But you'd mix that back in, and the enzymes that were left in the mash tun were able to do all their work. Okay. So that that's the history behind decoction, kind of how, how it worked out. So for hundreds of years, that's the only way they were able to control the process. I see. Yeah. 
All right. And, right. and 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 hence you always follow that historical process well, we, by doing a step, not we, always decoction, but yeah. But modern day, modern day, there's the reason we do uh, and, and graduated step infusion mash is to get the enzymes to do the job for us. Okay. And then the other thing is when you're using the crystallized malts, uh, they don't go into solution very easily just through the enzymatic activity. Uh, by boiling a, a percentage of it, it explodes those, and you get more body. Okay. So you get more of that malty flavor All right. in the dark beers. But for light light beers, you know, you really don't need to uh, to to do a decoction. You don't. We only so do for, for your pilsner. For you, you, no. you don't. Marison, we do. Okay. It's got a high percentage of, of uh, Munich malt and caramelized mm-hmm. Munich malt. No, obviously Bach beers. Mm-hmm. When you get really thick mashes and all that, yeah, uh, you, the enzymes can't come in contact because it's so thick. They can't do enough work in the in the time frame. Makes so you, sense, you, yeah. could, you would have a you know a four hour mashing process if you didn't do a little decoction in there. Okay, so for you it's always a loudering issue, but then also a body of body, beer yeah, issue. Yeah, there's body too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then just as a side note, you're giving us this history at Weinstefan when they're teaching you these processes. Is that what they're doing? Are they telling you, listen, back in the day, yeah. this is uh-huh. how it used to be done? They yep. give you a whole history lesson, and and you have to be able to lay it out too. Really? So it's on the test. See, I think that'd be fascinating. I bet for me that would have been a lot. Of, that would have been a really fun part about. Not if it was in German, that would have driven me crazy. But uh, that would have been a really fun part as uh, you as you. Uh, that I can relate to when you learn a process. They sort of tell you where it comes from. That always helps me. Well, the get guy, it. the guy that was teaching that class was the beer pope. Oh, is that, that right? I had yeah, Professor Narcis. He was like wor- the best of the best. I'm nothing. I know nothing compared to him. Compared to this guy, yeah, he's he's unbelievable. And he has in his book, it's all the numbers that go along with each process, so you can actually verify. You know, he takes historical ones and shows what kind of results really? you get, and then you he compares it to the modern day and says, "Hey, this is what you get. These are the benefits," and it's amazing. You still have his textbook on your shelf, I imagine. Oh yeah, I, I've I bought his the you know the newer and improved ones too. All in in German, of yeah. course. Yeah. <laughs> I, I offered to translate it for my thesis work. It was oh, interesting. really? Yeah, uh, I thought it would have been a nice, you know, gift to the world, more or less, to have his literature available in English. He said no. Well, no, he wanted to. The uh, oh. the president of the university did not qualify it as a uh, a significant scientific work. Mm, so yeah, I ended up doing research on yeast. Hey, well, that, that's one a more scientific. <laughs> yeah, it would have been fun. I mean, this book would have been awesome, though. Yeah, it's, absolutely. It's, it's a real shame. In fact, American brewers the world over would have loved to get a, their hands on that. You could probably still imagine. do it in your spare time. I, I think he actually did do it in English <laughs> oh, after after a while. It's, it's available, but it's the short book. It's like the uh, not the intense one. It doesn't have as many numbers. Like the short bus. Yeah. Okay. Can you talk to us about the the temperature levels that you do this mash in? I, I think there's some people out there that might want to try yeah, this. Yeah, we, we mash in, as a, as a rule of thumb, we mash in, depending on the malt type, you know, 45 to 48 degrees Celsius. Okay. I, I can't think in J- That's right, they'll yeah. convert it. And then, yeah, then 52 is the first rest for about 20 minutes. And we adjust that based on, we have a photospectrometer, so we can tra- track uh, <laughs> the um, free amino acid concentration. Tasty has one of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah right. <laughs> But we adjust, we adjust in line because malt deliveries every week are different for big brewery, you know, and and we will adjust those just to get the right balanced diet in there. So we go to fifty two, then to sixty two, then sixty eight, and then seventy two. Okay, and then we uh, mash out at seventy eight. So seventy, uh, those are usually twenty twenty minutes each for the first two, uh, twenty five, and then thirty. Okay. And uh, you can do a little iodine test, but at home you're, you're not going to waste time with that. Yeah, you could do it at home though, fairly easily. Oh, yeah, oh, sure. it's cheap. Yeah, it's, it's easy to do. In fact, I uh, I saw it done for the first time from a, a, one of the pro brewers we've had on the show, 
And it was so unbelievably easy, I couldn't... Uh, eat. Yeah. Not that I'm ever going to do it. But I saw that it was so unbelievably easy. When you hear the word iodine test, you go, oh, God, what is that? Like chemistry. It's actually really easy to do, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's very easy. Yeah. But anyway, not necessarily on the... Uh, on the so then level. 10 minutes mashing out at 78, and then we go to loudering. And we preheat our louder ton, which is kind of nice to do. I don't think people at home would do it. <laughs> well, Dan, uh, Dan, uh, Dan Homebrewer, uh, when we make a wheat beer, we always... Uh, Add uh, rice hulls to help with the lottering. Is, uh, that, is that something you've ever considered? Can't for do you? that with pure lottery. Oh, that's right. Of course. But yeah. it doesn't come into the back into the beer. No, it, it's added though. It's one of the. It's, it, it's, agri- not, a, it's not malted wheat or malted barley. But it's also before the boil kettle. Yeah, the the what the uh, German brewers would do to it, retain to the adhere to because you can only use four ingredients. You can't use rice. Right. So so what what the Germans would do is they'd separate the husks and the the flour and they mash in the husks later on. So it's the latter part of the of the mm. of the brew. How do you do it? Oh, we we don't have that problem. So we we put it all in at once. A special louder ton. We, that we have breaks our, it? yeah. Our louder ton has a of uh, um, a, a flow meter controlled pump. So we have each volume of of flow of the from the louder ton. The problem with loudering is that if you uh, su- let the the wort flow out of it too quickly, it'll suck the grain bed together. And dough ball. If you have uh, a flow meter, flow control pump, uh, it'll slow down the process. So we dial it in. Hmm. So we start off slow, let the grain bed settle together perfectly, and then we can go full blast. Okay. All right. I'm kind of weeding through questions from listeners here too, and a lot of them are about fermentation. So listeners, we're going to get to that. We're going to get to yeast and fermentation. Dan's already told us what, what yeast though was the it's a Weinstefan yeast, yeah. The W which isn't uh, there's probably an equivalent, and I'm sure that if you look, oh, they bank it at uh, Y yeast and, uh, and White, White Labs. Labs. Yeah. So if you look on either, if you go to WhiteLabs.com and you look on their yeast profiles, um, you'll they'll write that kind of stuff down for you, so you know that it is sort of a, a, a W68 clone and things like that. Yeah, the, the profile on that yeast is that it's really finicky have you found any of that uh not really but i i you know i'm in a controlled environment so i i don't really know you control i mean, we, I mean right we, we propagate it up we get to 400 million cells per milliliter in like three days and hmm. it's uh just kicks controlled temperature wow. controlled everything everything we do is extremely controlled and i i haven't gone outside of the optimal parameters so i that's why i can't really say whether it's finicky or not okay and for for you know as far as being able to handle at home yeah, if you, if you uh, kept it going, at, you know, if it went up to ninety degrees and you know overnight, yeah. probably would have a problem. Have you tried any other yeast? Uh, no wheat, wheat yeast. No, no. We, it's the one I started with. Stole and, with. Stole yeah. a lot of vine stuff on yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. And kept it all the way along. Yeah. So let's talk about those temperatures for a second, and uh, hope Chad gets back in here because he had some uh, definitely some lagering, uh, not lagering, uh, fermentation temperature questions. But okay, so what is uh, the ideal temperature that you start fermenting at with this beer? Uh, the Hefeweizen or, or the the Dunkel, but it's the same. The, the your Hefeweizen, yeah, your Dunkel. Yeah, this is the W sixty eight yeast strain. So we propagate it um, at about twenty degrees Celsius, which is around sixty eight degrees Fahrenheit. Okay, and then we ferment at eighteen. So we always grow our yeast at the same temperature, or just a little above, two degrees above what we're going to ferment at. So it's acclimated. It's also growing off of wort. 
Okay. Which helps a lot. See, I'm glad you say that because we get that question all the time. Do I need to do my start? You know, we call it, we do starters here is what we call them. And, yeah. and we do our starters uh, typically warm uh, because they'll get going better. But we get the question all the time. Shouldn't I do my starter at the same temperature I'm going to be fermenting? Yeah. Or, or how do you acclimate them? If you're going to do it at the room temperature and you're going to pitch cold, uh, how do you acclimate them without shocking them? Well, that's that? the biggest deal. That's why you want to uh, propagate as close to the temperature that you're going to ferment at. And you say because you always vitality. do two above. Well, what happens is you want to try to pitch that yeast at the high logarithmic growth phase. So yeast, when when it starts, you start off with like you know, say you got a million cells per milliliter. You buy a little uh, test tube from from White Labs, and and you start doing it at home, and you feed it, and you don't really know how how much yeast is there until you can see the turbidity levels, and you know, mm-hmm. eyeballing it from experience, what it is. Yeah, because you're not going to have a microscope and a hematometer. No, we know what yeah. they tell us, and yeah, and so you're gonna you're going to look at that. So long as it's growing, you're not going to have the yeast cells dying. Okay. And they're in a logarithmic growth phase. It's only at the lag phase when when it's already eaten up, chewed up all the extract. And the only way you can track that for home use is by doing a hydrometer reading on it, you know, and filtering out the yeast a little bit, and then uh, checking the Play-Doh and seeing if it's close to the wort gravity that you started with. So you'll know if it ferments down um, when there's so much yeast there that it's competitive. There's not enough uh, nutrient for it to um, to keep on existing off of. Yeah. And what happens is all the yeast settles to the bottom. And you know, Chad and his and his starter out there had an agitator going right. Had a, 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 a magnetic stirrer. Yep. So that's kicking all the yeast up. We really don't know whether it's petered out or not because there's so much uh, velocity from from that agitator that you don't know. Normally. You don't need to agitate the yeast. It, it's going to be stay in suspension because it's eating all the sugar, and so long as it's in uh, in in a growth mode, it's not going to settle down. Even in a little beaker environment, yeah, yeah. like yeah, that. because he had so much yeast there, it was still kicking up. Mm-hmm. It probably isn't reproducing anymore. So what's going to happen is if, when it's lo- lost all of its uh, sugar to chomp on and the starter, it's going to settle the bottom. Then you know it's petered out, and it's already in its lag phase, meaning it's not going to continue to grow. Yeast tends to, when it runs out of juice, uh, meaning nutrient base, it's going to settle the bottom of the vessel. So are you saying to me that that is now too late? Not that it's not going to work no. for you, but it's not ideal because it's it's still okay. It's just it's just you're now harvesting yeast. It's the same as if you're harvesting it out of a pre-used fermentation batch. Yeah, but, okay. And we don't know if all those yeast cells are going to be alive. Would it be better for him to have, uh, let's say, it wasn't on a stir plate? It yeah, wasn't I, I would go without the stir plate. And while it's all active and in solution, that that's the time he wants to pitch it. Is that what you're saying? Rather than when it falls to the bottom? Yeah. You are saying that, okay? Yeah, I think I think it would be great. Now, does this also dispel the myth that says bottom fermenting yeast? Because when I see yeast sitting at the bottom, and I go, "Oh, well, it's an ale yeast." Of course, it's sitting at the bottom. It's a bottom fermenting yeast. Well, bottom fermenting yeast would actually be a lager yeast. Uh, not the ale. It's okay. the other way around. But it's okay. But the principle what you're saying is, is, is correct. Both ale and lager yeast will settle to the bottom when it runs out of nutrient base. They will both sit yeah. there at one point in time. They will. We would rather initially, see them all Initially, moving. the top fermenting yeast will, after it's, you know, at cold temperatures, when it's finished fermenting, it will rise to the top. At like a room temperature where it's over 80 degrees, it'll settle to the bottom pretty well. Okay. Uh, one question is going to be, uh, if, especially if you're going to be uh, doing the starter cold, how long is it going to take for X amount of cells to get to that log phase before it goes to the lag phase? Uh, the only way you can really monitor that is when it runs out of, is by taking hydrometer reading. 
because you're not going to have a microscope and a, and a cell right. counter, you know that. So I, I would not encourage any home brewer to go do that anyway. That's just over over the top. Okay. Yeah, you know, but I would just monitor the uh, gravity, and uh, you'll get an eyeball view of it. Um, you'll be able to ballpark it by looking at it. Like I could walk in and say Chad's was you know really had a lot of yeast, mm-hmm. like 400 million cells, and consider when you're going to pitch for an, for an ale, um, you know five million cells. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, five million cells uh, per milliliter would be the pitching quantity, you know, to, that you're going to have after you've pitched the yeast into uh, the the beer itself, the wort. Yeah. And for lagers, probably twelve to fifteen million cells, but that's living cells. So sure. Assuming it's in a logarithmic growth phase. Okay. This might be a little over the top. Well, well no, I no, don't think no, so. Dan, what we tell uh, people in terms of pitching is that we you should pitch an active starter. Is that essentially what you're saying? That yeah, it's- you want it in the growth phase. Yeah. yeah. Right. Logarithmic growth phase. Right. So here, now, this is where I get confused, and uh, this is more to you guys, because, you know, he's got a 5,000 milliliter starter in there. Right. And Dan agreed with you, Doc. I asked him before the show that, uh, you know, all that wort that's in there, you don't want that shit in your beer. No, you want to get rid of done. that wort. But the only, if, if, if you want to pitch an active starter, so the yeast is in, sup- in suspension, but not pitch all that wort, well, now you're talking about two different things, aren't you? Because you got to dump off that wort. Yeah, but if you're propagating or making your starter at the same temperature that you're gonna, close to what you're going to ferment at, you're not going to have all those off flavors and problems. Okay. That's it. So that wort's okay to pour in there, you're saying? Yeah, that wort would be okay. If you've done it at the and right temperature. And that's the way we do it at the big brewery. Ah, that's a good point. Even though it doesn't have the hop profile that you've brewed your beer the with? The percentage you know, of uh, that you're pitching relative to the even, quantity of beer, it's insignificant. Even on a 10-gallon batch like he's doing? Yeah. Yeah, okay. You know, well, you know for instance, if you're making a Pilsner-based beer, there's nothing wrong with using uh, dried uh, Pilsner malt to, uh, to make your starter. Right. And sometimes you think, why am I throwing this two-row based D, you know, DME. DME into my beer? Yeah. Don't use DME. Use, use, use Pilsner-based you know, dry malt extract. Okay. Yeah. You can get better dry malt yeah, extract. Or yeah, or liquid, right. liquid malt extract. Now, that's a good point. If you're worried about the excess in your yeah. starter. Of course, what we're talking about, everybody, if you're just kind of you know following along, you've never done a starter before, you are essentially creating a tiny batch of beer. you got this wort, and... We're trying, In the end, you're only trying to get the yeast out of it, essentially, but you're going to have to have wort there to get the yeast moving. We're trying to you know, bring along less off flavors from the starter into the, the main beer. Mm. Uh, but there's going to be a lot of questions about how long do I need to have my starter to make... Uh, right. You know, you, know, you know, that's where the hard part about translating the industrial practices that I do, you guys yeah. got to tell me how to do that part, because I, I can only do it by using a hematometer or a microscope and counting the cells. Well, it makes sense. And yeah. even with us, yeah. it's probably still the right answer to say the only way we'd really know is to do that. I think but you there track are ways we can estimate. Well, we generally just over-pitch. So we, you know. Probably. Yeah. That's how we get but around. But tracking the gravity is probably fairly, fairly safe. So, I'd say that most of the time when the yeast is petering out uh, in a starter, uh, and a lager is probably going to be around 100 million cells per milliliter, mm-hmm. and that you would see a gravity change in the extract. Meaning, it's say say you had a you know 11 percent Plato, okay, uh, just for your starter, and, okay, and you see it drop down like six, in in a couple hours. That means it's already it's not growing anymore. It's gone anaerobic. You know, everyone oh. know that the yeast will continue to reproduce so long as oxygen is present. Once oxygen is gone, it goes into alcoholic fermentation. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you got to have air present. 
So they stopped making kids after there's no air. Yeah. yeah. By the way, that was a gem like right humans. there. I hope everybody caught up on. So as soon as the they're not reproducing anymore, once all the O2 is gone from solution, yep, they're just starting to do their thing. Well, it's it's a weird thing because yeast will generally absorb oxygen immediately upon contact. Okay. And it has a finite capacity for absorbing oxygen. So you want to kind of have a little trickling effect of, of, of air and oxygen going through it. What do you mean by that? Well, it, it's so long as it has oxygen in, coming into it. So it, maybe it, not one big, one big blast at the beginning. Maybe ah, uh, some, do it again. Yeah, do it again know, a couple of times. It. Which Doc always says that he does it. He'll do it the night he pitches. He'll wake up the next morning. If it's not actively fermenting, uh, he'll shoot it again with some o so it'll continue growing. And you're saying that that's a good thing to do yeah. because it will take it up quick, and then maybe you want to give it some more. Yep. Yeah. Okay. We uh, we have a whole pattern for, for aerating our work uh, when we're propagating yeast. And it's uh, it's we, we actually have it dialed in with automation that we increase the aeration as the concentration of cells increases, too. Okay. Uh, so, it, you know, it's like starting at five minutes every hour, and then we'll aerate it, you know. Yeah, I got that out, back. 10 minutes, 15 minutes. Uh, yeah, you got that <laughs> That's in your system. But it's fun to have toys, you know? No, it is. What's your uh, average time when you start up a starter? Well, we uh, Instead of repitching. Three days for uh, for top fermenting yeast, and it'll take okay. about a week on a uh, longer okay. yeast. And that's going at the temperatures that we're Yeah, because it takes a lot longer when you're going to... Nine, nine Celsius, if, yeah. Yeah. So the, the top fermenting yeast, you know, the, like the Hafevitzen yeast, we're doing that at 20 degrees Celsius, and then, mm. you know, it's three days. And a logger yeast is going to be about a week. Nine degrees C, and we're you know ten actually ten degrees Celsius, and it'll take a whole week. And uh, what what kind of uh, reproduction you're trying to get? Like a twofold, tenfold? Yeah, it actually gets to the point where every you know twenty four hours it doubles. Okay, wow, that's a lot, isn't it? And if you graph it, it gets this really nice kind of logarithmic curve. Do you okay. feed it? Do you feed it as it goes? Or do you... No, that's your no starter. we're aerating it. Okay. Only aerating it. That, that's yeah. its food, essentially. So whatever the starter yeah. is, you yeah. just aerate it. You don't oh, add, there's so add much, more food. There's so much food for it. You know, the wort, it, it just needs oxygen. What's the... Um, go ahead, do it in Play-Doh, because you can't... What's the Play-Doh of your, of, say, your starter wort? Well, we're use? using the, like, Meritzen wort or whatever we're So the same as your beer. Yeah, it's the same as our beer. Because we'll do... Oh, so whatever the beer is, it's yeah. the same as that. Yeah. Which is a great example, by the way. Oh, yeah, that's well, because we take this general rule, right? We right. go like a, what, 1035, 1030? Yeah, not, not an overly strong yeah. word. I mean, is that number right? Like, yeah, 10 Play-Doh or something Don't quote like me. Right. Yeah, you, uh, but you, give me an OG, because it's for our, 1040. For our 1040, you'll say. Yeah. But that's pretty interesting that you could just look at, well, look at your recipe. If your original word's going to be 1032, maybe your starter should be 1032, if you want to be that sort of specific well, that way, about it. That way you can transfer it over, and, and the, just you won't have any flavor impact. And the yeast aren't surprised to see all that, you know, Well, like work. everything else, it's a balance. Uh, if you're going to, you want a fast starter, you're going to have, you know, a higher temperature, and you're going to build it really fast, but you're mm. going to compensate for other things, you're not going to get the same flavor profile, things like that. Yeah. Uh, what Dan's doing, Dan does everything at fermentation temperature with the same wort. Two degrees above. And, and he gets that same consistency going through. Yeah. See, I like that. That's a nice... See, you're right about the definitive answer business because we get a lot of non-definitive answers about that. Um, about a month. <laughs> yeah. Okay, here's a question that is a question I would ask, so I'm happy to ask this from one of our <laughs> listeners. Is it beer jeopardy? So you add O2 to yeast, not CO2. Oh, absolutely. If you're if you're trying to 
to you, create yeast. Yeah, you, you would never add CO two to yeast. No, not unless you want to stop the whole process. It'll kill it, right? It's a little toxic gas. Well, for it'll yeast. just go into a dormant phase. It won't kill it. Yeah. You won't, they won't have any oxygen. They won't reproduce. No, okay. no yeah. sex for the yeast. Definitely talking oxygen. Now, keep in mind here, uh, and 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 for for those of you who would ask this question, like like myself, um, yeah, O two for yeast, but once. As Dan said, once the O2 is gone and they start fermenting, if fermentation is happening, no more O2. No more O2. Ever, ever, ever. 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 You want to be completely ever. anaerobic at that point. You uh, go ahead and add all the CO2 you yeah, want, though. And everything you transfer, you know, <laughs> yeah. every vessel you go into, you want to have that purged with carbon dioxide. Yeah. Of course, you don't want to carbonate it, but, but, uh, but yes, purge everything then with CO2. Purge it. Once yep. fermentation has begun and propagation is finished, uh, O2 is the enemy. Absolutely. And CO2 is your friend. He's great at first, bad at the end. Yeah. So let's make that very clear. Uh, and as Dan was saying, it's uh, you have to purge everything. Yeah. Uh, most beginning homebrewer books, they say, well, don't splash the wart when you're racking. <laughs> well, if you purge everything, you purge your carboy with CO2, you don't have to worry about, about splashing anything. Yeah. Because you're splashing in a CO2 environment. Yeah. But if you just got an O2 environment, an air environment in your carboy, you're going to have an issue. And, and and you all know the issue, by the way. You think you might not, but any beer you've ever had that tastes a little cardboardy or kind of stale? Like, or like port wine? Then this is what we're talking about, and that's from O2. Oxidation. Yeah, oxidation. That's what Be- it's called. Bebo's going to chime in for the first time on the microphone. Do so, Bebo. Come on, Bebo. Well, I'm just passing on a question. It's a, like an add-on to the question that you just asked. Um you said apparently you said earlier that you couldn't add CO two because of German law. Oh, you can't, oh to you carbonate can't carbonate the beer. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, so you, you can purge the environment. Do not add into the beer because it's not a part of the beer. But yeah, Thank since you. carbonation becomes part of the beer, it's an additive, isn't it? it yeah. According to the Reinhardt. I guess Cooper. technically, you know, if you splash the beer in a CO two environment, you'd be adding it to the beer. Yeah, but. We don't splash, and, and it does splash. Try not to splash. And in all fairness, I don't think they knew that when this law, when the Renaissance yeah, was... They, they didn't have the cool lab equipment that he yeah, does. They didn't so. have the, hey, let me ask you this because you talked about where you got this yeast strain. Uh, so when you have to start, when you have to do a brand new starter, are you using the same slant that you yep. stole? That you no, stole I didn't a long steal. time we ago. Actually, we we subscribed to the Vine Stefan Yeast Bank. That's where I worked. But you still have your original slant. No, we get a, we get a new slant every three months. Okay. Yep. You should have your old one, like your original one, hanging on the wall in the in the brewery. Yeah. <laughs> uh, by the way, it should be a refrigerated framed uh, slant. But you do so. So you'll go back. How how often will you have to get a brand new? Oh, well, you know, FedEx. We get it sent over every three months. And how, how's the consistency with that? Well, they're spot on. I mean, they got a team of microbiologists that that are doing their job really well. Hmm. Much better than we could do it. I mean, the alternative, the old school way, was we would have sifted through the tank, taken a, a slurry sample, and then picked out one cell, and then grown it on auger, and then taken it up into a flask and all that. Uh, they're going to do a better job of... And not have any mutations or off flavors? Yeah. They're spot thing. on. Yeah. They got the mother culture. Okay. All right. Uh Let's finish this By up. By the way, just to let you know, every major brewery in the world banks their yeast there. In Vine, Vine Stefan, yeah. Everyone, really? everyone has it. And they may do some redundant banking of their yeast, but everyone's got it there. It's the official they are the, bank. They are the king of yeast banking. Is that because they're so good at it? Is it just a tradition? It is an enormous infrastructure to be able to do it. 
It is. It's okay. incredible. I would like. Can is that something I can see when I'm there, Dan? I think so. Yeah, I would really like to see that. I bet it's a, an amazing thing. I bet it looks like sort something. Of. It's it's just a bunch of guys in white lab coats. Well, but I mean, just the like, like you're talking office. about the infrastructure. I'm thinking it looks like something out of the future. Like no, it, it, no, it's very old school. There's not oh. not a lot of technology involved. It's just exactktness. Everything in microbiology is just you know lab pro- procedures that are perfectly reproduced every time. Okay. That's what it comes down to. So it's all about the people, not about the technology. Oh, I thought Icky was gone, Beavis. No. How about Erger? Because you told me, don't worry about it. All right, we'll do that. Oh, I meant that that wasn't the same question. I see. Sorry. Icky's on the line. Let's talk to Icky. Uh, Icky, what's happening? Oh, no, he's he's long gone. Just kidding. Yeah, you said, don't worry about it. It's that question. I'm sorry, that was my fault. I'm kind of (laughs) drunk. Cool. The Dan has that effect. (laughs) (laughs) You look great. It's fine. I need to pee again. Okay. Have a cute summer dress on. Here's what I want to do, because a lot of questions are coming through uh, that are lager questions. So I want to finish this and take a break. Let's uh, about a month. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it yeah. depends. Yeah. All right. Primary fermenta- fermentation temperature for this yeast. You said it. Say it again. Uh, Eighteen degrees Celsius. Eighteen degrees. And do you ramp it up at all? Or you just it's it's there. Yes, we do. You do? Yep. We, Why? We. I don't know. You know, it's just. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, 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 about I don't, a month. I don't remember the exact reason for it. I think it's an acclimation. You want it to gear up. The main reason is, is that most breweries will do multiple brews into one tank. Meaning they're not going to just we'll do one, so you start it slow so that by the time you get all three brews or four brews in, you're supposed to have a tank filled within twelve hours. Mm. It gives it time to warm up naturally. The yeast gets added; it produces heat, and it's going to naturally take it up to your uh, to your fermentation temperature, which you allow it to do. Of and, course, and we don't want it to go hog wild fermenting until all three are together. Okay, so 18... that's a consistency issue. So maybe give us some general time frames for, for homebrewers, because we don't have that. So 18 P- Cs. We, we pitch at 15, yep. let it warm up to 18. And keep it there until oh, well, it's you done? Know, until you've done about 75%, 70% of the uh, fermentation rate. And then what? And then uh, you chill it down Crash to it. Okay. around 10 degrees Celsius. And the yeast will continue to go through its diacetyl degradation process, you know, where it takes away that... Oh, even at flavor. that lower temp, it will do at that. At 10, on, on top fermenting yeast, yeah. Okay. With lager yeast, it's a different thing. We're just still talking about uh, vice, vice beer. Okay, yep. good. So at 10, then, it'll still do the diacetyl... Yeah, three, three four days. Okay. And then we take it down gradually, degree a day to freezing, let the yeast settle out, remove as, as much as we want. And uh, this beer has uh, around... Three to four, th- between three and five million cells per milliliter. So that's why it looks the way it is. Yeah, that's uh, moderately cloudy. Mm. And then uh, you know, it's kegged up. So it's about a twenty-two day process. No kidding. Oh yeah, we don't do I anything fast. I think that fast. people are going to be surprised by that because uh, certainly we, we talk about wheat beers as being something you you can do quick and and, and that's still fast. And you can and you know, but twenty-two days. That's uh, you know. Most most of the wheat beer breweries in Germany are you know twenty twenty between twenty and twenty two. Yeah, and most of the wheat beer breweries, it's really traditional ones. It's really interesting. Uh, they'll go through this uh, you know primary fermentation in about three to four days, yeah. and then they'll they'll take it down for seven. Um, down to they'll do the diacetyl rest for three, then they'll take it to freezing pretty quick, and then what they not freezing they'll take it down to about four or five degrees Celsius, and then they centrifuge out the uh, hefeweizen yeast, and then they'll prime it. With croissant from a lager. And then they'll let a bottle condition to carbonate it. 
Okay. Uh, so that's it used to be that no Hefeweizens were available in draft in Germany. It was only a bottled beer. Okay. But nowadays, a lot of the breweries are doing tank all the way through, but it's more expensive to do that. Yeah. You know, that's the, the only downside about doing it all in a tank. Do you croise in this to get it to? No, this is all done with, uh, we don't inject any lager yeast into this one. It's all done in the tank over that slow process. And so during that aging time frame, we'll adjust the pressure on the tank to get the right amount of CO2 in it. So, in essence, it's still fermenting and you'll just cap off the yeah. tank so that... We, we leave about 10% of that residual fermenta- fermentable sugar yeah. in it. So, say we start off at, um, you know, hypothetically, if our Hefeweizen was 12.5% OG. Yeah. When it hits around 4 degrees Plato, we're, we're capping the tank, we're chilling it down, and it's going to go down to like 2.8. Okay. That'll be our final attenuation. Okay. And in that time frame, it's producing the carbon dioxide, it's metabolizing, getting rid of diacetyl, still chomping away and going going wild. And keeping all the goods right inside of it. You're not, uh, which is, I mean, it's, I got to say, it is a very nice cloudy beer. You cannot see through this beer. It's not thick by any means. It doesn't taste thick. It does not taste. Oh, you know what? I gotta say, uh, uh, you know, I'm not the. Uh, I'm just not a big yeah. wheat beer fan. I'm really enjoying this beer, and uh, I, I got a, a little tear to my eye. I really wish Daniela were here to taste this beer because I think she'd love it. I would it love is, to have her here too. It's such a nice German Although style I do beer. Enjoy Bevo and no, a beautiful Bevo. summer. It's very dress. fantastic. Oh, thank you. But, but wouldn't she? <laughs> I went to this? church this morning. But yeah, it's actually I love it. I don't even like half that much, but it's fantastic. I'm but loving it. It is really good, and it just yeah. Uh, is, is a good this. one. That's why. It's oh my yeah, Daniela would love this. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 a wonderful <laughs> Makes beer. Makes me kind of sad. All right. If you've got more Dunkel questions, get them ready. Eight 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 four zero one beer. Schumann's in the studio hanging out. We, we're going to get his uh, 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 boot going. <laughs> the Stiefel will be happening today. Ouch. Uh, Icky's back. We'll take this phone call real quick. Let's do that, and then we'll uh, take a break. Everyone's. I know, Doc. I know. Hang in there. We're late on everything. Have, uh-huh. okay. We're still going through loggering when we come back, and we're going to do it quickly. But I'm going to so. explode now. <laughs> Icky, what's happening, my brother? Hey, guys, what's happening? Hey, Ick. Uh, what's your question, man? Hey. Just because we got to keep going. Hey, that's I appreciate it. Um, cool. I, I was wondering uh, if Dan could touch on the use of lactobacillus in, uh, like, the Berliner Weiss and how that would relate to the Reinheitzke boat because, uh, you know, I don't know how the bacteria is kind of working into that whole equation. Actually, lactobacillus is naturally occurring on the malt. Oh. Okay, so, so we actually do, getting- uh, just, to, just to give you a little background, um, one of the things that you're allowed to do in the purity law is if you make lactobac- uh, lactic acid out of your own lactobacillus and wort, you use uh-huh. that to do pH balancing in the mash and the, and the, and the wort. And we actually have bioreactors for, for making lactic acid out of lactobacillus. And it, okay. like I said, the lactic, uh, lactobacillus comes in from the malt, from the malt fields, barley malt. Already there. So it is still it's naturally required. Oh, yeah. It's a spontaneous fermentation. Keep in mind that the Reinhetzkabot didn't have yeast listed as an ingredient for uh, the first couple hundred years. Oh. Actually, 300 years. Maybe Three, those 350. little buggers were there. Yeah, they had no clue. <laughs> didn't know it made it So happen. the original book from 1516 said malted uh, barley, hops, and water. And then uh, they said malted wheat, so long as malted wheat was at least 50% of it, uh, the of the dosage. And then, uh, okay, we covered it. Yeah. Oh, I just was... Oh, you are giving me the looky-loo there. No, I was giving Bevo the looky-loo. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're good. I'm giving Bevo... Right. Dan, the day I stop giving Bevo the looky-loo and start giving it to you, you can stop coming to the show. <laughs> <laughs> Watch out for that soap bar in the shower, huh? Yeah. 
<laughs> no, you keep right on going. <laughs> so anyway, that's the that's the history the behind, and, and that therefore, you know, uh, Berliner Weisser was, uh, and and some of the weird Belgian beers. That, you know, even though that's all spontaneous fermentation history. Do you you guys don't do uh, a beer with lacto? No. Well, we, all, we every beer that we make has uh, lactic Some acid it, added yeah. from the the lactic uh, propagator that we have. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's there, but we just kill it. You do? Okay. Yeah, yeah. We don't want sour beer. You don't want it to compete with the... Does everyone... I don't know if this is always funny to, to explain, but the flavors that lactobacillus from Pediococcus and the two infection bacterias yeah. in beer, they make beer taste like grapefruit juice. It's just god-awful. Okay. It's not just lightly sour. It's just like a stringent, off terrible flavors well now speaking of that i thought of this today dan knowing that you were coming here because we've become big fans of of certainly belgian beers here and and me personally i love sour beers you and like you, the lambic and I the goose all that i stuff? love them i just I, now i don't don't write me off yet i still love me a german beer uh. but i thought about it i'm thinking so dan here is this purist this german purist do you enjoy beers like that? Can you drink a lambic? It, no, you can't. I, I, I got to be honest. I, I I toured a lot of lambic breweries. We the the school Vein Stefan had a foreign engineering club that I belonged to, and it was like a frat. I mean, we drank every Monday night. Okay, and there were guys from around you know all over Europe and Asia too, and we toured. Um, Breweries in Belgium and Luxembourg and the Netherlands, too. But the breweries in Belgium, I mean, there are some great breweries. Franz Martins uh, has a, an amazing brewery, and he does Sazon the way it's supposed to taste, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, those I like. You know, I don't like Stella Artois. That's like drinking Bud. You know, that's kind of... Uh, that's, yeah, I'll it's give you diluted. that. It's got rice and corn and... Uh, not corn, but it has rice and sugar you know, when you go see the tour of that brewery. But the seasonal, you know, especially beers in Belgium I like, but there's some I like and some I hate. So you can drink a true Saison, you like that? Yeah, I don't like Lambic. Now, I, when, can, I can handle Creek, because oh, they okay. throw, you know, 50 pounds of cherries in that barrel, and it, and it softens up that sour flavor. Yeah. But that's a stretch, too. Now, it, when you say you don't like it, is is it just a, hey, my palate doesn't enjoy that? Or do you think of it as, hey, that's not what beer's supposed to be it, It's like. just a tough, you know, I, I understand beer is very subjective. It's just me personally, yeah. I can't handle it. Okay. Yeah, you know, you go into yeah. places in, in uh, Belgium and you see people order lambic. A lot of times they're they're taking sugar and spooning it into their glass, <laughs> really, and mixing it in with the lambic. Yeah, it's a, to cut that sour. It's tough. Yeah, it's not non. It's definitely an acquired taste. It's like seafood. It is. You know, I absolutely agree. I had to acquire it. It is very much acquired. But now that I've acquired it, it can't be sour enough. I oh, mean, wow. if it doesn't really kick me in the face... It's like, like a, my kids with their candies at the movie theater. It's like you know? that. It's they, the they, same, uh, yeah. But Hefeweizen is... You know, I always knew Hefeweizen is a controversial beer. It is. You, 50% of people love it, 50 hate it. First yeah. one I ever had... I've said the story, so I'll, I'll keep it short. First one I ever had, I thought it, there was something wrong with it. I yeah, thought it was a foul beer. Oh, yeah. Like that. Yeah, it was before oh, I Oh, yeah. Knew. It's controversial. I'm this sure one, you've gotten that This reaction. one takes it to an easier, more approachable level, the yeah. Dunkelweizen. It is nicer. And I think... You know, let's face it, visually it makes it approachable because people are now used to seeing a, a sort of amber-colored beer. Uh, and then after that, the the palate. I think it's pretty palatable. Yeah. All right, Icky, does that cover it for you? Yeah, I think so. Could I follow just up just a second? Because Dan mentioned that, it, uh, you know, they're spontaneous. Traditionally, the Berliner Weisse is spontaneously uh, fermented. That's the old school it, tradition, yeah. And now, is that uh, is it also traditional in that, in that case? In, in uh, with with uh, what you, what you've learned is that uh, 
Is that coming from a sour mash as well? Because they're getting, you're saying they're getting... No, no, the mash, the bacteria's already been killed by that point. The lactobacillus is involved in the fermentation process. Okay, so you're adding it back from some lactic acid that you've produced from a malt. Well, yeah, it's a lactic culture. That you've produced from malt. Yeah, well, it's already on the malt. So you you just are taking that malt, and, and, you know, it's in the air around the brewery because of that malt dust. You can scrape some of the dust out of the interior of your grist, grist bin in a lot. You'd find it there. Oh, yeah, it's plenty. there's plenty of bacteria there for right. you. So, okay. so you don't think they're, you know, calling up uh, Chris and ordering up a packet of, uh, of no. lactobacillus? No, they don't have to. They got it around. We have a lactic yeah. acid culture from our lactobacillus that, you know, goes, the stuff doesn't die. Uh-huh. It's going is, on is and on and on. Is that lactic acid added to the malt during the malting process? The mashing. It's it's in the mashing process. It's not added. The lactobacillus is out in the fields. That's what he means. So they're not adding it to the malt. It's in no, the fields. No, it's there. It's on the malt. Yeah. It's on the barley. Just there. Coming in from the field. Yeah. Okay. Lactobacillus are all around you all the time. I mean, if you if you they're took on a, you. If you took a rag no, and wiped it on the Where's my the, sanitizer? The Remember in, my, in junior high school biology when you open up the Petri dish uh, for 30 seconds and close it and then see what happens, grows on it like you know a week later? That's basically you got some lactic lactobacillus in there too, along with all the different molds and fun, you know fungi and all that. Crap. <laughs> I just cleaned all the lacto off my hands. Oh, you look a lot better. Thank you. Okay, break time. Thanks, Icky. All right, thanks, guys. All right, brother. All right, you guys ready for? Oh, Doc's got to pee. Oh my god. Problem is, it takes Doc like thirteen minutes to get to the bathroom. He's still in a cast. Yeah. Let's face it, that poor bastard. He's got a boot in front of him. All right, when we come back, here's what we're gonna do. Because uh, uh, we got to get through this. Dan's got to got to get out of here. We're gonna cover lagering and we're gonna cover it quick. So if you got questions, get them in now or forever hold your peace. I got a few in front of me. Eight 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 four zero one beer or join Bevo in the chat room and we're gonna cover lagering quickly. I know Chad's got some good questions and we should be able to get through this pretty quick. And uh, then we'll have a little fun and then we'll get out of here. And by the way, there's a lot of blonde bock in that barrel and a stiefel waiting for Schumann. So uh, we'll be doing all. All of that and more when we come back. Hang in there, everybody. It's Dan Gordon, part three, back with a vengeance when we come back. Hang in there. You're listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Did you know that every day a brewcaster goes to bed hungry? Did you know that that brewcaster is silently calling for the help of people just like you? Do you know that every day the unicorn and the rainbow have to blow sailors for loose change? For less than the cost of a half-calf, quad-shot, venti, extra-hot, soy milk, triple-pump, hazel, low-fat foam, double-cupped macchiato a day, you can help starving adults in Pacheco. Your love can be felt for as little as seven cents a day. Visit thebrewingnetwork.com slash donate to sign up today for as little as $2 a month. Private first class in the BN Army. Buy your way up the ranks as corporal, sergeant, ranger, or colonel with an easy-to-do monthly donation that keeps brewcasters alive and your favorite internet radio station broadcasting. No donation is too small to help those in need. Can't you find it in your heart to share your love with a brewcaster? In return, you will enjoy the wealth of knowledge that comes with every episode of the session. The Jamil Show and Yes even that other show. Thank you for listening, and please sign up for your donation at thebrewingnetwork.com slash donate today. 
Attention homebrew shop owners. At Fermentap, they know you're tired of buying the same old gear that everyone else has. That's why Fermentap offers the newest and most cutting-edge brewing equipment known to man. Since 1998, Fermentap has been leading the fight against the boring and mundane by offering strange, unique, and just plain smart equipment. Like their stainless stone false bottoms. Never deal with the floating plastic castle of other false bottoms again. And since they're made from stainless steel, they'll last a lifetime. Fermentap's line of copper wort chillers are the best on the market. Designed to cool your wort faster and more efficiently than other immersion chillers. They actually invented the equipment to make these chillers not only work great, but look great too. How about a fantastic line of ingredients including vanilla beans, sorghum extract, blue agave extract, hot bitterness extract, unique wine yeast, green coffee beans, sake kits, all stuff you can't find anywhere else. Fermentap carries all the standard products and equipment you need as well, such as all grain systems, stainless hardware, kettles, carbonation stones, you name it, they've got it. Fermentap's entire line of products has been helping retail shops meet the demands of their customers for nearly 10 years, and they want to help you too. For more information, see them on the web at Fermentap.com or call Jason at 1-800-942-2750. Fermentap, better beer through innovation. I didn't mean to hurt your body I didn't mean to steal her away I know she meant a lot to your buddy But she and I are here to stay You know I kinda had a feeling that something was wrong When I was drunk last night But now that's drunk as you are I know you don't like seeing us together I don't I still don't know just how we got together But you started looking good around five You know I kinda had a feeling that something was wrong When I was drunk last night But not as drunk as your mom Russian Imperial Coffee Stout. It's all gone. We'll never brew again. Damn this hop shortage. Damn it to hell. Oi. Away off your wee hop shortage. Who are you? A f***ing Scottish 80 shilling and you can't brew a Scottish 80 shilling like you was mixing f***ing cement with f***ing hops instead of gravel, you great f***ing ass. 
Use less hops, brew more beer. Northern Brewer has kits and ingredients for dozens of worldwide beer styles that don't require a lot of hops to make a great pint, like the bloodthirsty and abusive Scottish 80 shilling. Keep drinking great beer. Order at northernbrewer.com and get flat rate $7.99 shipping anywhere in the contiguous U.S. One beer kit, $7.99 shipping. One million beer kits, $7.99 shipping. Together we can beat this hop shortage. My Lambic! It'll only f***ing help it. Wait till you can pour it out of your own kegerator. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, your friends will look at you with awe. And, and it's so. just hot. It is? It's so super hot. <laughs> <laughs> the, the whole Melodic Beer Radio. Because like beer, radio shouldn't suck. You're listening to The Session. Welcome back to the program, everybody. We are still here with the Dan. It's the Dan Part 3, back with a vengeance this time. It's personal. And we've got him here covering lager beers and, of course, Dunkelweizen, which you can find in retail locations and, of course, the restaurant locations until June. Is that right? Actually, the restaurants uh, don't have it. They have Maybach right now. Ah, Will the restaurants have it at all? Uh, They had it. They had it. Gone, and now it's only... Yeah, because they're on a shorter cycle. They do, like, eight... Seasonal beers. Bebo's on a shorter do? cycle. Who do you these call days shorter? Also. Shorter. Who we were having fun with the alcohol uh, level indication. You guys were doing the breathalyzer. Yeah. How yeah. you doing, Dan? Are you allowed to drive home yet? I'm at point oh two. Point oh two. That's because I weigh two hundred and eighty pounds. God damn it! I'm at point oh eight. <laughs> Bevo, you and me got to put on some weight so we can have a good time with the Dan, because <laughs> good, God damn it, I think, I'm pretty sure we've gone beer for beer over here, and uh, I haven't blown into the thing. Give me that I'm thing. at one four. <laughs> doc, Doc, you're just, you're, doc, you're just a little beer, guy. Uh, one beer above me. Yeah. How could you be at point oh two, Dan? I'm weighing 280 pounds, that's why. Son of a Offensive bitch. lineman. Oh, man. You know, I don't know what I'd feel like at point oh eight. Um. Bewo, what's it feel like? Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it feels great. Take awesome and multiply it by two. Hey, you know what nice That's compliment I, I got, Dan? Um, you and I did the beer panel at uh, the Commonwealth Club together. Yes. It was a whole panel of people. And uh, one of the brewers, one of the pros in the crowd, he was in the audience just checking it out there, checking it out. He goes, uh, hey, do you know, Dan, because you guys just, you had a great thing going on up there. You guys really did just, because I was effing with you about being a big fat guy the whole time. And uh, uh, we you were having fun. We were laughing and, yeah. and having a good, and he was like, but he didn't know if I knew you. Or, oh, really? Uh, yeah. And, and, but he thought we did a great broadcast together. I think we do a great broadcast and, uh, together. I'm thinking. We'll take it on the road? Yeah. I'm thinking we're, we're hitting, we're going on tour. I think that'd be great. Twentieth anniversary special. <laughs> I was gonna go. Uh, I was gonna go road tripping with you to uh, Myrtle Beach. Yeah, I was ready to go, but uh, I, had to, I, had to, I had to broadcast. Yeah. But uh, you do that all the time now. You have to. Do you have to hit all of the openings? Yeah, I've. Uh, I will have done four in about a two month time frame. I shouldn't say have to, or is it have to? You do know, you want it, to? It's it's hard to make friends with six hundred people at once. <laughs> it's I don't mind doing the media. 
you know, because that's kind of fun. Just I'm, blowing. What does it say? I'm a point one oh. Really? Yeah. Fly, you're toasty, aren't you? I guess so. I I feel like uh, I feel like you. I feel like a point oh 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 one. I'm yeah. amazed. <laughs> I'm a point one oh because I can tell. I mean, a point oh two, I can feel it. You can. But I think the problem is for me because I'm so large. Yeah. You know. I don't think you drink as much as you used to either. No, you're a pretty no. mellow guy now. Yeah, but two bomb box will set you on fire. No, they really do. <laughs> but the you fact know. is, when we're drinking them out of a out of a fresh barrel, what are you going to do? I mean, you're kind of you have to do it. You're tempting. Yeah, I, have to us. Drink I think more I've had that and it's, like three of these big ass heifer bites. Yeah. yeah, that'll do it. And by the way, speaking of have to do it, Schumann has got Stiefel in hand. What are you going to make nice. me do, Justin? We're going to. Uh, you don't have to do it this moment, but I want you to gear up for it. You're I'm gonna, not going to kiss uh, you. You're going to fill the Stiefel. Okay. You're going to drink it like a German would. Yeah, mm. Just just for a little caveat. Mm. What do you mean, like with I'm, a goose step or something? Or no, don't do oh, that, please. Oh, yeah. That's going to open up 10 more. <laughs> That's when it gets bad. Yeah. Oh, okay. But I always I always get uh, uh, you know a show for a limo or something like that if I'm doing power drinking. When you do that? Always. As you should. Uh, we always give a good public service message yes. to do uh, designated drivers. In fact, Bevo's calling for her designated driver right now. You just know, turns out he's drunk, too. She has to call for a second <laughs> one. Good old Sam. Can I never show up sober on a Sunday. Go to DefCon two. Call Jim Bell. To I don't want to talk about it. When I'm he's not drinking. He can't afford to. I have text. a question to pass along really fast. <laughs> you mean you call Bevo. Jim Bell at four zero eight two eight two eight nine two zero in case you want to tell him not to pass his legislation about a higher beer tax in yeah, California? That's the guy we're talking about. That's what that's I thought. A stupid rule. <laughs> um, Klosterfock has a question. He wants to know if Dan has ever considered, and this is exactly what he typed, doing it in the can. But he uh, means your beer. Have you, you ever know, considered canning your beer? Uh, modern. The whole whole thing about can versus bottles. It's fine. Beer should always be consumed out of a glass. Not. I don't mean a glass bottle, but you should pour yeah. a beer into a glass. If it comes out of a can or if it comes out of a bottle and it's poured in a glass, it doesn't matter. But what about as a delivery method? Because at least the can, they say that it is less permeable to oxygen. And light. Um, and, of course, light. Although you, I know you use all dark brown bottles. Yeah, the only downside is that, you know, we're, we talked about oxygen as our enemy. We only want carbon dioxide coming in contact with the beer. Yeah. When you fill a bottle of beer, you have a very narrow uh, neck opening yeah, that yeah. the beer is being filled through. So there's less surface area for contact of oxygen once once it goes past. Because the filling process is the bottle gets purged first with carbon dioxide, then it's pressurized with carbon dioxide, and then it's filled under counterpressure so the beer doesn't foam up. Then in a glass bottle, you want it to foam up so that right as the crown cap is going on the neck of the bottle, it squeezes out, out all the air and oxygen in there. Well, with a can, you can't really do that. A okay. can has a huge wide surface area before the, the, the top of the can is put on and it gets seamed. Yeah. That's a much bigger opportunity for oxygen to come in contact with the beer. You're still so capping on foam in a sense, but it's a larger surface area, you're saying. Yeah, it's not quite. There's a huge amount of surface area for yeah. it to come in contact with uh, with uh, yeah. while they're detoxing me now. Yeah, with a little water. <laughs> uh, by the way, the Honey, cap on yeah. the, the cap on foam is a homebrew method that we have all advocated. Uh, Absolutely, tasty. of course. Yes. Same thing yes. that that, uh, sure. that Dan's talking about that they do there in the in right. the, in it the works. big facility. Works for everybody. Make it foam, cap on top of that. Don't uh, cap on a big space. But make sure you rinse your bottles off really well because uh, if you're going to age this beer at all, you got to have uh, little moldy things on the outside of the bottle. Yeah. This is uh, all right. Should I do this now to 
All right. Is it embarrassing? No. We had a listener call in earlier. He's a, He won an award for his Dortmunder export, and he wants to talk about it. He called in earlier. I said he can call in later. I'm very proud. Let's do it. Hey, Mike, what's happening, brother? Oh, let me pick him up first. Hey, Mike, you there, brother? Yo, what's going on, buddy? What's going on? You won an award for your Dortmunder? Yeah, you know, hey, by the way, I'm the guy with the El Camino. Oh, oh, two taps? Oh, with the two taps on the back. This guy's got yeah, a great baby. car, Dan. Uh, yeah, baby, the Ale Camino. Yeah, the Ale Camino. <laughs> Everywhere he drives, there are literally two giant tap handles hanging off the tailgate. It's yeah, fantastic. Fact, I, just, I just swapped them over today. Now, now I'm gonna. I'm trying to call responsibly, so I got my notes because I know you guys are pressed for time. Yeah, we are. What do you got? The first thing I want to say is That's I don't nice. like Lambics. Okay. okay. Right up front. Don't, I like Dan a lot. many of you. That's fair. And I didn't call. Let's see. The, the show right after World Cup, I didn't call because, you know, the BN guys were, you know, talking about their awards. So I said, I'll, I'll lay low. But I took a first for my Hellas, and I took a second for my Dortmunder, and they were in the same category. Okay? Wow. They were competing against each other. Wow. And then my Dortmunder just took first place at the Mayfair comp run by Maltos Falcons. Wow. That's great. Man. All right, man. That Good is job. I'm drinking nice. a big stein of it right now. You're drinking a big stein? Of, of my Dortmunder right now, baby. I tell you what, I love a good Dortmunder. It is such a good beer when it's done right. It's hard right. to find, though. I mean, you know, if you want to, you're trying to brew an example, it's like, okay, well, where do I find an example to, to brew to? So it was kind of hard. I, and I, I will say I'll plug, I'll plug Jamil's book. Yeah. Good um, recipes. Those are the recipes I start. Now, I, I've added some, some tweaks that, you know, obviously are kind of secret, but. Um, but they're essential brewing things. Doc, you'll be able to figure that out, but that's the only clue I'll give you. <laughs> essential hey, can brewing I plug things. in CHF real quick, too, because I'm, I'm kind of like the, the head guy for NCHF this year, Northern California Homebrewers Festival. Yeah, do it quick. September 19 and 20 at Lake Francis. Just first announcement out there. So there we go. Doc and Tasty and I are always there, so it's a, yeah. it's a good yeah. event. It, it rocks. It We're rocks. going to do the happy hour again this year, those is. Great. Oh, yeah. You guys oh, yeah, do good. it well. That's right. Excellent. Yeah. All right, Excellent. so we'll you know, see you in the Ale Camino. We might be hooking up Colin and Beth Zangari and maybe even Jamil to do a session on how to taste and evaluate beer. Good. That'd be great. Good crew. Yeah, so I think, I think that'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. And then th- just the last thing I wanted to say is when I, how I oxygenate my beer, when, I, when I'm pouring it out of my, my brew kettle and it comes out of a spigot at the bottom, yeah. I have it drop onto the funnel because I ferment in glass. Okay, I don't use a conic, I ferment in glass. Okay. So my beer just drops onto a little lip in the funnel. And it splashes across from one side to the other. I know what you're talking about. I've done it, the same it, thing. It does it, does it great. It, I mean, I've, I've never used a stone or anything. Nothing against all that stuff, but I've never had to use it. You don't even shake it after that. You just call no. that air. The only yeah. time, the only time I've maybe just, I brewed a 130 OG Thomas Hardy clone recently. All right. So my OG was 130. Yeah. And in fact, I just racked it today uh, to to keg to settle, and and that. That got a little bit of extra attention, and I had to repitch. I think he's twice on that one. I finally got it down. It dropped a hundred points. I think I finished out about a, about thirty. Okay, so maybe with the so. big beers, it's just not enough to, yeah, to, to yeah, do that. Yeah. Okay, all right, yeah. brother. Thanks, man. So, all right, man. Hey, we need to be in now for this this bill, this assembly whack you were talking about earlier. We're getting on it. We're yeah, trying. Hey, so it's going out in the newsletter and all the clubs, and and we'll uh, you know we're gonna fire up the be in. Uh, to take care of this. Everybody needs to con- uh, to contact uh, Bell. Yeah, just you got please, it. no death threats or anything. Be nice no, 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 about no, no. it. Yeah, just tell them we don't like it, yeah. and it's not a good thing. Yeah. Jane, you ignorant slut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe none of that. All right, brother, thanks, man. Yeah. Okay, thanks, man. Thanks for taking my call. Cheers. Bye. 
All right, lagering questions for the Dan. Let's do this so we can get through and have ourselves a little fun. We've got uh, Stiefel lined up for Schumann. That's going to be a blast, you got to admit. Uh, do you have a designated driver, Beavis? Nope. What if we get you one? I sure would like to see you do a Stiefel. Oh, no. I'll split a Stiefel with you. How would you get me a designated driver? My car has to be here. At My car has to be with me. I have to go I'll home. I'll figure it out. I've, I've got ways. There are ways. There are ways to do this. He knows people. I know people. Don't worry about it. I shouldn't do that. I ever let you down? No. All right. It's settled. Bevo and I are going to split a stiefel. Sweet Lord. <laughs> I shouldn't do that. In the meantime, let's cover some loggering questions. And of but course, she's married. Uh, we're going to do this kind of quickly because a lot of this, I will say, has been covered in the past couple episodes that Dan's been here. So you can easily search our archives and just search punch. There's a big search window there when you click the archive page. Punch in Dan Gordon. You're going to get both shows that he's appeared on. And we've really kind of covered the, the loggering questions. But new ones always come up, and particularly with Chad because he's a new brewer. I know he's got some good questions to get in here um, to Dan about different temperatures that, that we haven't covered. So we're going to focus mostly on that. But um, here's a good question we'll cover quickly that people always ask. Um, you know, two weeks, a couple weeks in a primary uh, fermentation vessel. Do we need to then go to a, a secondary? Or should we let it sit on that yeast cake for, for the four to six weeks that people say we should lager? For? Get it off the yeast. Take it off. Get it off. Transfer it over. After, after... Uh, you know, seven days primary fermentation is generally... It should... You should pitch so that ferments, you know, to... Hmm. If, if your but pitch is home good. Or sometimes uh, degree, you didn't, yeah. Yeah, degree over Play-Doh or whatever. You know, just track the Play-Doh. Okay. Measure that. So when you're a degree over your final attenuation... Oh, okay. uh, Or so, you want to, tra- you know, chill it down to four Celsius, let the yeast settle... Transferred over. This is a classic German way. Okay. Then you go two weeks in uh, at four degrees Celsius, and then transfer it again. In a, and you're purging. This is the homebrew technique translated in the classic German way, translated to homebrewing. Yeah. So you have a Cornelius canister, which I think most people mm-hmm. use for their aging, right? Mm-hmm. So after two weeks at four degrees Celsius, then you go transfer it over. So the, it's taking off the yeast. Yeah. You have uh, the fill pipe. Or whatever on the Cornelius canister is, is located about two inches from the bottom of the vessel, which you know, Doc has talked it. about. You should saw it off, right? Like saw it off. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And then you transfer it over four weeks of uh, secondary final lagering at zero degrees Celsius, freezing thirty degrees Fahrenheit in your sawed off, and hopefully, uh, you know, the CO two is building up. Measure it, you know, so you have like a half bar of pressure uh-huh. during that. It actually, in the second stage. And then the last stage. Okay. So you really have three process, three transfers. That's a classic German way of making a lager. It is. Yep. Why the third vessel? Because there's still Taking more to it get off it off yeast. of. You don't yeah. want that much yeast. At four degrees Celsius, you know, a lot of yeast is going to suspend. You have like 15 million cells. Um, you know, if you pitch a 15 million cells, which is the old school um, measurement for a yeast concentration. Okay. It's going to reproduce to triple the, con- the quantity. So you're going to be around 45 million in primary fermentation. Chill it down to 40, 4 degrees, you know, it's going to settle out. You're still going to have like 15 to 20. Mm-hmm. So it's two mil- two weeks you're going to be sitting on all that yeast. Mm-hmm. Yeast, when it goes dormant, tends to do a process called autolyzing, which means the cell walls are going to dissolve. And if you let the beer sit on yeast, a uh, large concentration of yeast that long, it's going to take, the beer will take on a medicinal flavor. Okay. Very phenolic. So by taking it off the yeast once more, you're going to have much cleaner flavor beer. Okay. And the final part of his question, then, is if you do, now that you're taking it off the yeast once more, 
Will you have enough yeast there to, uh, they're going to bottle condition? Is there enough le- yeast left to you do that? You shouldn't have to bottle condition if you're going through six weeks of aging. How do you mean? I mean, we've already gone two weeks of, of, of at four degrees Celsius, and hopefully the yeast is still kicking out. And you want to cap it off too. there and let it carbonate? So we got it pressurized, yeah. After, in secondary or in the secondary. third? No, secondary is carbonating. Okay. You're at half bar, roughly, in both those stages. All right. Yeah. And even then, the, if you have a head pressure of carbon dioxide, in, in a, if the vessel's not completely filled up, uh-huh. it'll saturate the beer. Okay. So and and the, just the ambient pressure of carbon dioxide osmotically will bond with the, the beer to, to carbonate it. Okay. But, I mean, the yeast has still got to produce it. still going to be doing it in that secondary. So, yeah. All right. So, zero, it's not going to do too much. It's freezing. That two-week time frame is really it. Okay. Yeah. Doc, Tasty, do you think they need to vent that secondary? to? Because uh, I like this idea of naturally carbonating in the secondary. I think it sounds fun. Do they, or should they just keep it capped no, the whole time? No, it's capped up. That's how the it carbonates. Whole time. You, you vent, no, but you're holding it at half bar pressure, which is like eight pounds. So it might get so you, over you, that, you, is my you question. pull the pin on the well, Cornelius to, to just keep it at that pressure. Well, yeah, which we can't really measure. Yeah, you can. You can hook up a pressure yeah. gauge to a Cornelius. I have one of those. Connector. You do? Okay. Yeah, it's really easy to do. Can you get that at the B3? Is that where you yeah, got yours? Yeah, you can get it there. You can make it yourself. It's just a pressure gauge. Right. Pressure gauge and get a more uh, beer. Well, the sponsors, Great quick man. disconnect. So just then release pressure as a, as a and keep it at 8, eight pounds, you're saying? Yeah, 8 to 10. Yeah. Okay. And you can go to morebeer.com, and you can grab yourself a, a pressure gauge there. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then, from there, even though it's carbonated, you can still transfer it to a third vessel. Yeah. Yeah, okay. You're going to just purge and pressurize that last Cornelius container, Yeah. so that when you're transferring it over, you know, you'll, you'll use a little pressure on the other side to yeah. increase it up to like the 20 pounds of pressure to push it over to the next one. Okay. All right, good. Good, good. Hey, look, Dan Gordon, home brewer, huh? That's right. Look yeah. at you. It's as if you've yeah. uh, been doing this for a while or something. Maybe that'll be a, uh, another uh, prize at Beer Jeopardy is that Dan will come and brew with you. <laughs> that well, would I be can, good. better yet, I can bring the home brewer over to the big brewery and uh, oh. have a field day, huh? That'd be more fun. That would be great. Get oh, a local yeah. winner. Absolutely. Um, Somebody to fly in for that. I'll, I'll tell you what, for that. We got you, an apartment at the brewery. You can, did you ever see that when you came over? No, I didn't. You know who came over was John. I never made it. Oh, you just came for dinner to listen to the jazz. I came to check out the jazz, wow. which, by the way, was nothing to shake a stick at. I had a good time doing that. Um, I'm going to talk to you after the show, Dan. We've got our third anniversary coming up, and we got a lot of people flying into town for it, people coming from all over the place. And it's not a Saturday, but a lot of people are flying in on a Friday. Um, I wonder if we might be able to set up a listener tour with you or something of the big facility. Why not? Um, maybe either the Friday or even the Sunday or something. All right, let's talk about that, and I'll announce it to you next week if I can work that out with the Dan. I think that'd be a lot of fun. I'd like to see it myself. Here's a question um, uh, back to Ryan Heinzkaboot. Somebody asked, uh, a listener said, can German brewers add brewing salts, you know, like calcium chloride, things like that, um, and still be in compliance with the right Heinz Kaput. They're not supposed to. You can't do that at all. It's done. So you can't treat the water with these kind of salts. The, the whole thing about, you know, the salts is to get a pH balance in the water. Yeah. You know, it's styling it in. That's where the lactic acid comes in. Mm. But I'll so tell you, is that, that's I'll be what honest, you, you want to know the truth? Yeah, I do. German brewers are adding gypsum. They are? Yeah. Well, you have to well, nowadays, don't you? You heard it here. No. Well, yeah. all you're doing is you're making your own water. And then you're adding water to your beer. At least gypsum's water. not really a chemical, though, is it? It's it's kind of a naturally occurring. Yeah, it's, well, it's natural, but it's not on the list. Yeah, it's certainly not on the list. But no, you're, adding, you're adding it before. 
So look at me defending the Germans. <laughs> <laughs> but it is. I mean, it's not a chemical necessarily. I uh, no, it's it actually is. Is it really? <laughs> Everything is a chemical. I thought it was a natural. It's a uh, mineral, but I mean, it's, it's mineral, still yeah. calcium sulfate, right? Isn't mm. that what it sounds chemical? Yeah, it sounds like it to me. You have to treat your water there at the brewery. Oh uh, yeah, we we strip it down and rebuild it. You build it yourself, yeah. Yeah, me too. Doc, does, I was going to say, Doc does that. How creepy is that as a home brewer? He builds his own water. Yeah. What a stud. You know, <laughs> I, I want what I want. Yeah. yeah. Now he knows what he's doing. Okay. Maybe this can wrap up our lager discussion, because this is the important part that everyone wants to talk about. Oh. And I'm going to let Chad... Chad, are you sober? I'm ready. That's not <laughs> what I asked you. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. Um, I'm going to let you spearhead this. I'll get I'll get us started. But everyone wants to know about lagering temperatures. Mm. And we've covered lagering temperatures before. So I want you to refer back to the old episodes for general log- lagering temperatures. But some of the things that have come up recently that Chad's always asking me about, uh, not me, asking me, asking Jamil and, hey, what does Jamil say about so this? What does Tasty say about this? It hasn't passed me, absolutely, because I don't know. Is about the ramping up of temperatures. Because there's a lot of talk about, you know, you have your primary fermentation temperature, and then as it keeps going, maybe after a few days. So I'm not even talking about primary temperature being done. Am I on the right track here, Chad? Yes. You allow it to, to raise past your primary fermentation temperature in order to cover a couple of different things. About 10 degrees is usually what I do. And that's basically what I've heard. Above what the set temp would be. So if you're, say, fermenting um, Hellas at 50 degrees, raise it to 60 during the fermentation. Maybe start it at 44, 45, ramp up in the first 48 hours after the first byproducts are being, I guess, happening from the yeast. So let it naturally rise? Yes. Like a degree a day during the whole fermentation. Yeah, you you take, I mean, you pitch at like 44 degrees. Yes. And then you let it rise to about 50, 50. And then I don't know about going higher than that. Oh, really? Okay. No. I think a lot of this has to do with the diastole. Yes. Yeah, you don't want it. It's going to encourage diastole production. If you raise it. Primary fermentation, yeah. Okay. That's Uh, why you rein it in to to like 50 degrees. That's 49, 50 degrees. Mm -hmm. Rein it in there. You keep it there. That's the optimal temperature for lager yeast to do its thing. Yeah. Anything higher than that, you're going to produce a lot of volatiles, including diastole. Okay. And then higher than that. Uh, you get a lot of uh, what's called higher aliphatic alcohols, isopropanol, isobutanol, the hangover alcohols. Yeah. That headache you had this morning. Yeah, that's what happens at 60. I had it yesterday. Yeah. Deep into the fermentation as well, though. I yeah. Mean, anytime. Deep, you know, definitely. I okay. You, you hold it. We hold it always at the same temperature. We don't let it go above the optimal. Okay. Because there's some texts that say, let it go all the way through primary, then raise it up mm-hmm. and let the yeast... Have at it with the diacetyl, oh. reduce the diacetyl, and then bring it back down. We actually, we actually take it down to four Celsius, which is like forty-two degrees Fahrenheit, mm-hmm. and then we let it raise up to six. So that's to accelerate the diacetyl degradation, and and the diacetyl gets broken down, you know, at six degrees or so, in like three days. Hmm. If you got healthy yeast, yeah, you don't need to take it up to ten to do that. Well, I, I always went uh, along the lines of. Uh, I could do it faster at a higher degree, or I can let it sit for, I've got time. I can let it sit for three or four or five days uh, at a lower temperature, which is usually what I do. And then let it, let it degrade the diacetyl, and then really bring it down. Yeah, you just still going to sweat out a lot of bad flavors at, at high temperatures. Yeah. 
So typically start low, you know, you want those low esters, low compounds that the yeast is putting off, yep. and ramp up until that optimal fermentation And hold it, and then chill it down, let the yeast settle out, and then let it go through its ripening process. And it'll do it at 4 degrees Celsius, you know, like 44 or whatever, for uh, 42. It'll do that. God, I'm slowing down from all that beer. <laughs> you need some food. I can <sighs> see it in you. You're ready to eat. Well, I'm always ready to eat. Is the food it's on here? its way. It's on its way. Don't worry. We got another break. Our next break's a, uh, we got a good few minutes when we take it. So we're going to sort you out the next break. But uh, the food's not here yet anyway, right? That's a few minutes. Yep. You got you to gotta pull through. I'm hanging there. You want another blonde? <laughs> what? It's, you want another blonde? No, Get no, you, no. Uh, that's good. Thank you. What about a beer? Do you want another blonde beer? Yeah, sure. No. <laughs> hey, Dan, you ever heard of beer Jenga? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good game. Yeah, well, oh, yes. uh, drunk Jenga is actually what we play. When you, if you if you got any lower to the desk, Dan, uh-huh. i.e., passed out, <laughs> we would drunk Jenga you. Meaning we would just stack things on top of you until you woke up. Mostly food, <laughs> and we take pictures. <laughs> yeah, take pictures too. Yeah. Well, All right. Well, let's keep it. I'll tell you what. Dan is a good barometer for the listeners, to be honest, because if Dan is uh, is fading, so are the listeners. So we'll keep this loggering uh, uh, questionnaire moving fast. Uh, I'm, I'm fading. So okay, so getting the closest um, to freezing is that's what you want when uh, you're for the final aging yeah. for the final aging. Yeah. So I mean, if you can get it down thirty, thirty-two, yeah. yeah. at freezing, uh, minus one Celsius is like hmm. below freezing. One yeah, of the best it, things it won't that freeze. Ha- it won't freeze, but it's uh, going to help head retention. Yeah. In a big okay. way, the longer you can hold it. Why? For- what was it help? Head- you know that one. I'm not really sure of. But it I, th- really, I wouldn't have thought it helps head retention. Well, the saturation it's of the bonding of the uh, carbon dioxide, the protein molecules, uh, is accelerated at cold temperatures. I okay. mean, it, it, it emphasizes that part. So I think that's a tie-in. But I just remember it in my test. You just know. Yeah, you know, that's one of the things. You know, I love. Are, I love the, beer po- the beer pope did the study, and and it <laughs> has all the correlation of what happens. The education system says. You I don't, don't know have why, to but know the answer is A. <laughs> that's what it says, and I like to know that it's not just here; it's in Germany as well. Yeah, you, you have to. It is so. That is. It, <laughs> remember yeah. when we talked about doch? Yeah. Germans have a word that says "I'm right and you're wrong." Yes. And that was it. Was a doch. It's called doch. Doch. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I don't argue anymore. Don't have to learn that yeah. language. But the yeast settles out. of The colder the temperature, the more the yeast will settle out, too. Okay. And then, of course, we've talked about the pitching temperature. You let you pitch at fermentation temperature. And somebody asked, below. you know... We pitch uh, below. You pitch even below. Yeah. We pitch at 7 degrees C and it let it rise up to 9. Remember, it's because we're doing three brews in a row. Yeah. And by the time we pitch that last one... Is your starter at 7 degrees no, C? No, starter's at 9. Starter's at 9, then you pitch at 7 yeah. to allow it to go back up to 9. And that 2 degrees won't create any yeast shock. It's gotcha. Okay. So the question that came through from a listener was, you know, what really are the volatiles that'll happen if you pitch warm and then go ahead and crash it down? Uh, w- what kind of flavors are we talking well, about? Well, it's more of the yeast behavior. Um, you know, I've I've seen studies on on yeast propagation that say there's equal amount fifty fifty. I'd say that says you can grow the yeast at a higher temperature than you're going to pitch at. Okay, and you won't have any qualitative issues on the flavor. But the biggest thing that you have is is the yeast that the temperature drop is a yeast shock, and the yeast may not ferment yeah. as effectively. Yeah, so you may get under attenuated beers. Okay, I think they're talking about warm pitching versus. Uh, cold pitching. Well, yeah, they are. Where uh, you, you pitch warm to get the yeast going. Once it starts fermenting, then you start bringing it back down to your ferment, fermentation temperature. Uh-huh. I, don't, I don't know any commercial and, and, that do well, that. Well, so. yeah, 
And uh, a lot of things is how much do the yeast throw off in the early stages as opposed to the later stages? Um, uh, yeah, and I think there, that's there a real more, question. Yeah, right, is is how quickly does that volatile flavor uh, it, shit happen? Yeast performs, you know, at, at each temperature, you can tell what it's going to spew out. It's not going to wait. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. I, I've heard that most of the uh, off flavors and things come out right at the beginning. Okay, so okay, I, I pitch cold. All right, here's another question for you about lagering. Doc, you wanted me to cover this. Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, Asked a question to Dan. I think it's a great question. Uh, I often get this, and uh, I have often have to have to answer this at length. It's people ask me questions about lagering, and it's the difference between brewing a lager and lagering a brew. What are the What's the difference? Because we talk about lagers and go, "I'm brewing a lager," but lagering well, is a different. lot of people think that if you just throw in lager yeast, you know bottom fermenting yeast, and you ferment it at 20 degrees Celsius, that you're making a lager, and that's not the case. Yeah. You know, you can actually get um, completely different flavor profiles by going out of the range of that the optimal fermentation temperatures for that yeast. Yeah. So even, if you, even take, if you, if you cold- took an ale and, and ferment it really cold, for one thing, it's going to go take forever, and it may not ferment at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other, other thing is your, your flavors are going to be completely different from your desired, you know, yeah. stylistic flavors that you want to create. Yeah. And, you know, take lager yeast, uh, there were a lot of kind of low-end breweries in, in Spain, and even in Belgium, I know some of the, the lager breweries, you know, that the big popular lager beers, they're doing forced fermentations at high temperature. Yeah. And and even agitated. So forced, agitated, you know, major. Moving along really and, and that just screws up the beer big time. Sure. So okay. you, you, you can't, can't make you can't, it six days yeah. that way. So you can't really ferment really fast with a, a lager yeast at a higher temperature and then think you're getting a lager just because you condition it at yeah. a lower temperature. You're going to get a ton of sulfur. It's going to be a big draw oh, flavor. And I get, that, and I get that question so many times. Oh, this thing smells like crap. Yeah. Uh, and that's the lager yeast. You're, you're getting a lot of sulfur out of it. If you're used well, to uh, brewing uh, ale. You're, you're supposed to get a sulfur, you know, right. uh, sulfur uh Slight sulfur flavor uh, out of uh, a lager yeast, but it's contained enjoy. at a lower lower temperature. You know that's one of our flavor profiles. So a little bit desired. is okay, but these these ale guys that have always been doing ales and they, the first thing they, they first time they that. do it first time they do a lager, it's like oh ah, I got I, rotten uh, eggs going. on. I ruined it. I ruined uh. it. Should I dump this? No. So what is the what's the when, what's the German definition of lager? The word lager, lager is a German word for storage. So storing a beer. Yeah. Is it not uh, storing cold? Is it just yeah, storage? Yeah, it's always cold. It's storing cold. Yeah, the history behind German brewing is that the way they kept the beer cold in the, in the caves when they're aging it was they carve ice blocks off the lakes in the wintertime. Okay. And the history behind Meritzen is that they lack this natural refrigeration beginning in March and April. Mm-hmm. So starting in March, they brew a darker, darker stronger beer mm-hmm. that would actually help cover up the flavor flaws from the lack of refrigeration. Oh, okay. But keep in mind that Germany was still relatively cold. Cellar temperatures were like 50 degrees. Ah. Kind of like the history behind steam beer, you know, in San Francisco. It didn't still have any chilly, natural yeah. refrigeration. But they, so. they wanted beer all the time. Of course like, they did. Every month. So Who they, they couldn't brew every month of the year. So. Okay, so in terms of sulfur, the listener question specifically was, you know, what does lagering do chemically? You don't have to go too chemically, but he's saying, he where could. does the sulfur go? Where does it, and in, in the, because as you age it. The sulfur doesn't go away. It doesn't. 
No, no, it's just uh, minimized during the uh, fermentation process. That's not one of the things that gets. Uh, oh, so if yeah, you acetaldehyde, over- acetoene, um, some of the esters get absor- absorbed. Acetal, pentanedione, those are the buttery flavors. Those yeah. get reabsorbed by the yeast in the aging or the lagering phase. They do. Yeah, but if you've over over sulfured it in fermentation, you're, you're toast. Ah, I got you. Yeah, same thing with the higher aliphatic alcohol, the headache alcohols, oh. the hangover ones. They're yeah. not going to go away. They don't go away either. No, nope, they're there. So if you do a high temperature fermentation, oh, really. Fast fermentation. Yeah, that's not going to be good. Okay. And then lagering, there's a couple things that we want to have happen during lagering. One is the absorption of some of these flavor profiles, the chemicals that are negative. Okay. The other is the saturation of the carbon dioxide. Naturally, the yeast continues to produce carbon dioxide during this aging time frame. Yeah. And that bonds with the protein molecules, and you get a nice effervescence that isn't bloating. Okay. So natural carbonation is a good thing. Yeah. Last thing is that the yeast is going to settle out. Okay. So those are the three primary goals of uh, of lagering or the aging process. Okay. Mm-hmm. Shat, you getting this covered? Absolutely. Okay. I think that's on the test. Well, because he's just getting into it. You know, we all start with ales when we're home brewers, and then we move on to lagers, and, and Shat's just getting into the lagers. So. And I brew a lager. I don't lager. So now I'm I'm really, I mean, putting aside a couple carboys and dedicating that time. So yeah. we'll see how it comes out. Yeah. All right. Couple of things we're going to do here. We're going to get Schumann in on this uh, on this the on this Stiefel. The Let's do that because we need a little wake up time anyway. We're going to do that. We're going to uh, Schumann's. Uh, we're going to melt. You've got the boot in hand. It's in my hand. It's this boot's no joke. I have to point out. And this by is the no way, joke. Um, it was it Tim or Tom? Tom. Tom. Tom who won the boot. Oh yeah. You get a nice boot, man. It's a giant uh, boot. You need to send huh. a picture of you drinking out of the boot yeah. to the forum. Yeah. Give it back to us. So, you're about to consume Dan, do we know exactly the quantity of uh, it does it say? It's it? 2 liters. It's 2 <laughs> liters. That's beer. roughly for those of you out there one full six pack of beer. A, and, yeah, that's uh, a man boot. And Schumann, uh, it's a man boot. <laughs> ever the good sport uh, is about to do Gordon Biersch's Blonde Bach. Yeah. Yeah. Out of the boot. Yikers. I'm not going to be driving, am I? You're not driving. Is this a solo mission? You got your motorcycle. Although, uh, Terrence the Black <laughs> and Sam just showed up, and they'll be driving Beavis home, so Beavis and I are oh, also right. going to share a boot. Yeah. Woo! Oh, dear. Is boot that right, sharing. Beavis? I'm a little scared of the Wait, boot. Are you That's sharing the, the same boot, yeah. all three? Uh, does does no. Tom want me to rub this anywhere on my body, or what's... Uh, I don't think so. I think I, I think what Tom I think Tom's exact comment was I have plenty of star sand sanitizer at home f- for so you can go ahead and drink out of my boot. It's fine. Oh. Justin, are you going to be passing it back and forth between you and Bevo across your mixing board? No. <laughs> Seems like a bad choice. I can come over there. Yeah, you can. She's like, <laughs> now that Sam's here, Bevo's going to sit that right you're on my lap. I picking up the slack because all night I've been like. <laughs> I've been, I've been holding back. I'm waiting for Justin to yell I'm glad you've been holding back. I've been holding back. I haven't said anything. Have you noticed? Last week was ridiculous. Oh, it's awesome. She's been smiling the whole time, though. <laughs> oh, the chat room is cracking me up. They're All being they? awesome. They're being nice to you? Yes. I have some feedback to play for you. A, a voice message left for you. Is it bad? Speaking of being nice for you. Oh, it's, it's nice. probably That's really good. good. Yeah. we got a lot of things to cover. It's bad. We're going to do the Stevel thing now. And then we're going to take, I'll tell you what, I'm going to be honest with you, we're going to take a good intermission here. We're going to get some food. But we're coming back. We're get a little break, and then we're going to come back, and uh, we're going to wrap things up with uh, the Dan and with our feedback and all the rest, and uh, and Terrence the Black. <laughs> Terrence doesn't talk. Boot first? Yeah, we're doing a steeple Oh, right yeah. yeah. Go ahead, Chewy. So fill what's, it up. What's the we're rules on the steeple? Bootology. Well, <laughs> I've given... You want to know the history and all that crap? Yeah, why don't you do that? What's the... Well, he's filling this... it up. You might as well. It's going to take a while. Yeah. Where does the boot come from? The boot... 
dates back to... It's uh, a glass boot. Yeah, the golden days. Actually, before they had the glass boot, German fraternities used to have duels, sword fighting duels. And uh, after... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> After they uh, would have these duels, they go and uh, commiserate by drinking out of their own boots. So these stinky boots they pull off of their, you know, keep the actual the, competitors. This is this? like the 1400s. Yeah, Good Lord. yeah they didn't it's probably one. cleaner than any glassware they no, had. No, no, no. This is disgusting. I mean, <laughs> it is disgusting. Uh, they had one pair of shoes. The boots were the only thing they wore all day long. You yes. know, and the same pair of socks. Hygiene was not tantamount. Yeah. In all good old Germany back then. Oh my God. Or <laughs> These guys would, they'd be all cut up from their sword fight duels. Oh. Do you remember? And they, and they needed beer. At Minar's when we drank out of that boot? I did. I have told that story. <laughs> I, I, we did drink out of an actual Western out of an boot. Actual boot. Beautiful. There's this dive bar that we enjoy going to. I love stinky bars. Yeah. You love dive bars, don't you? We had been going there for it's a couple the years. Sea shanty. And there was a there was an old Western boot hanging on the wall, and it had been there for the two years that we've been hanging out <laughs> so this bar. Gross. I can't believe we did and we that. Were drunk one night and we thought hey how fun will it be to drink out of this boot I and we still did sometimes think i got hepatitis this is before i was extremely germaphobic and uh <laughs> oh yeah i like lived never been that i made it i made it through so it the rules fine. of engagement and, and drinking a stiefel alcohol kills germs yeah yes, what are the rules okay of engagement? what's the rules you can only hold the boot with one hand don't give oh my god don't okay don't give away the uh the trick i don't know the trick okay then the you trick, you mean the one that everyone knows from Beer Fest by no, now? At the that end, trick. yeah. Anyway. The Schumann, when you're Schumann do you know the social, trick? Of course I know the nah, trick. damn it. All right. You drinking in a social setting. And, and there, there are a lot of different rules. There's called the double leader game, where the second to last person has to buy the next round. Okay. And you always have to have your own beer in front of you if you're going to drink out of the communal boot. Okay. You never pour from the boot into another glass. Okay. It, you only can drink out of the boot. Okay. And held in one glass. One hand. One hand. Yeah. So, sorry. Hold on one glass. Yes, of course. One glass, <laughs> one hand. That makes no sense. If you can hold two glasses in one hand, you're a good man. In uh, a communal drinking of, of the boot, if you can lay the boot over mm-hmm. onto two fingers laying on the side of the table and it doesn't pour out, that means you have to kill the last of the boot, which is roughly a half liter that you would chug. So you don't have to do it all in one drink. No. no until ever, it gets to there. You got, don't be the second to the last It's passed around. It's kind of like hot potato. Oh, well, don't maybe be we the are second to the last. You don't actually, then. no one ever has to chug the boot because you would automatically heave. Yeah, of course you would. Can I explain so why? Yeah. Uh, it's a lot of beer. You cannot tr- consume this in one shot without inhaling. Once you inhale uh, a CO2 in atmosphere, uh-huh. you get nauseous and you heave. Oh. So there's no way you could actually drink the whole thing unless you're some kind of freak of nature. And you can hold your breath for that long. You'd have to be able to breathe. It takes the fastest you can really drink something this big is like 35, 40 seconds. And being able to do that without a break is pretty tough. Mm. It's nice when you're doing a half liter chug. Because yeah. you know you can do that in six to eight seconds, but this is this is a big one. So it's a big one. Is this a yeah. all sharing the same boot, or well, just you and I sharing a boot? Well, it's a it's a husband and wife thing. Usually. Dan, stop making the boot dance. You know, <laughs> Schumann <laughs> two boots. You know, Schumann <laughs> looks uh, clean shaven and up for the challenge. She I'm ready, ready, man. He's ready. Who's he sharing is that thing this with? A, is there a traditional a size? Is this a traditional this the, size stiefel? This is the two liter boot. I guess this is made after someone's uh, you know actual foot. Is at it? one point in time, but you, you know, back foot. then, there was small, 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 small feet. I'll tell little you what, foot, big, you know what big they say calf. About that. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was going to say. They had a real fat leg. <laughs> the with a, a big calf. Yeah. foot like that. Yeah, right, exactly. It looks like a cankle. Yes, well, yes, it does. It looks like a thicle. I, <laughs> I propose a challenge, Shuley. Yes. If the Beavis and I, mm. there's two of us. Dose. Dose. 
By the way, this is completely biased and, and, and not in your favor, which is usually the way I challenge you. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. You have to finish yours before Beavis and I finish the same amount. What's in it for So me? you have twice the amount of beer to drink. What's in it for me? It's not possible. How about we get Little Shoe and Big Shoe? Oh, you want to put Shoe Light in on yeah. it, too? Yeah, team, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we can do that. We're Shoe Light. We, we all probably weigh about the same Oh, oh you want to pick up the that food. That would be so good. We get Little Shoe and Big Shoe. You want we need Shu needs to have a partner. Maybe I need another brother. <laughs> a brother from a different mother? You mean Terrence the, Terrence the Black. Race. Come on, Terrence, you can do this. I think Terrence is the DD. Yeah. Are Come you the DD? On. Can, can I understand what actually is going to happen? I'm trying to figure this out. Well, we're we have two boots. We have two stiefels. Uh-huh. Beavis and I are going to drink out of one. Yeah. And Schumann and somebody else is going to drink out of the other. Is this a time trial, or what are you talking about? I think here? we're going for a time trial. Oh my god! Because we want to get to break, so we got to speed things when, up. When we did this in grad school, yeah. uh, we would hook up uh, a siphon machine to it. We'd have four people doing it for time. Four people. <laughs> and what was? It? Can you remember some of the best times? Four uh, people. I think, like you know, it was, it was in the range of because we had a straw. It's basically a big, uh, yeah. like beer line size straw. It was you know flexible too, like a beer bomb. Give me a number. Yeah. Give me a number. Shoot, 18 seconds? What? Four people sucking at the same time. Oh, at the same time. Uh, yeah. That's a lot of sucking. Once you get the yeah. suction going, you just go beneath the table so you had a siphon effect. I'm hoping that this doesn't take longer than like two minutes, uh, to be honest. I don't know. Uh, this is not recommended. Uh, Dan does not. Uh, Gordon he doesn't condone Gordon this Beers at does all. Not condone this, this activity. Is double, this is not a doubles event. This is a. Ladies and gentlemen, Gordon Beach does not condone the following segment. This is a. This is a team sport. You're saying. I'm telling you, this is a hard one. I've oh, never shoe lights back in town. The Brewing Network and all its affiliates and sponsors do not condone doing this at home. And and Bevo being with her petite stature. <laughs> Sorry. Bevo. Yes, you are. Bevo's petite rel- stature is rel- exactly <laughs> why we're doing this here in the studio. Relative to someone my size. Okay, that's fair. But any, you're not federally licensed for beer production, so it's a little the risk. Any removing of clothing is not re- the Brewing Network is not responsible for <laughs> removing of clothing. But does not not condone it. Yeah. So and so does it mean she radio? Would anyone actually know whether this was being completed or not? Well, we're, I think they trust we're pretty us. Honest. It's, it, you know I'm what? It's Brewer's Code. What is that? If Schumann or Schulein catches any additional STDs during this experiment. The Brewing Network is not responsible. Neither are Gordon Beersh, Gordon Beersh Industries, or any of our sponsors. I'm suing. <laughs> so we get we get shoe light. Why back are in you room. holding a frog? Don't, in my studio. seriously, don't touch your eyes. Yeah. Was that in my backyard? Or lick, something? lick it. Well, get rid of that thing. Why is that in here? Just get lick rid it. of that nasty toad. He just wanted a friend. Yeah. Wash your hands. By the way, shoe light, you have to drink out of a stifle stiefel with your uh, you with you your brother. Got, you got a job to do, bud. Get rid of that thing and wash your fucking hands when you're done. Wash your hands. Too. Don't touch your eyes. So what happens Let's to the winner? Drink. What happens to the loser? Winner and loser. What happens? <sighs> I don't know. Um, hmm. Let's see. This is a good question. I don't really know. Can't we just do it for pride? I got a lot of pr- there's a lot of pride at stake here. You have no pride. The chat room is behind nothing. me on this one. They think I'm going to kick ass. I think you're going to kick ass too. That's why you're my teammate. Justin oh. has no pride. I should have brought Pilsner. I didn't send a poll. I, I don't either. I agree with you right now, Dan. I'm I'm going to I'm going to completely agree with you at this moment. I'd say losers have to dance on the pole. No, I've I already think that's done a bad that. idea. We have broken ankles and um, all sorts of messiness. And already, food know, is here, so we got to get to it. How about let's do it and know that there's something bad at stake. We'll figure it out later. All right. All right, let's do it. Fill them up, and uh, let's get to town. Is yours Woo-hoo! full? Yours We're, is full. Mine's full. Ours is not full. 
Uh, hey, Terrence the Black, come on, fill that thing up, will you? Come on, get <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Well, I'm just saying. I see Dan's going to do it. He feels You were standing there with nothing to do. Yeah, Dan still feels bad. He still has white guilt. <laughs> Reparations. All right, Beavis, look at Apologize. We have an entire stiefel to, to finish here. Where is it? Where is it? That's a, that's, that's a good thing. Where is it? You think we can do this? I do. We've got Schumann and Shoe Light. They're they're fierce competitors. You uh, know what? Although the difference is, they usually drink like light beer. Like yeah. they're you know they're Coors Light guys. Beavis, she's all about the IPAs. I do like that. I like the double IPAs. Okay. Mm. So It'll she, get you drunk. So she's used to uh, she's used to drinking the thick beer. She's used to drinking roofies from Sammy. You want to pull up an extra chair so you're comfortable and uh, go ahead and do that because we want to make sure that you can uh, you're comfortable for drink. Oh, that looks nice, Dan. It's right. nice. And you have to hold it with one hand. Remember the rules, guys. Here, you can you can only hold the stiefel, Dan, uh, or, or, or rather shoe light. Listen up, because you were gone. You can you can only hold the stiefel with one hand. Okay. Shoe light, by the way, Schumann's brother. How you guys doing? Tonight? First time on the air. Uh, one hand. One hand. As you chug. All right. You're allowed to. You, it doesn't have to be on one full chug. You just you're drinking and uh, drink and pass it. I, as I'm looking at do. this, this yeah. is going to take longer than two minutes. This yeah. is a lot of beer, isn't it? That's a. You yeah. got a hurl That's bucket, a and I have to be able to finish the program. No, who's gonna, got a hurl bucket? <laughs> This is the closing element. This is the Chad. Dan's saying this is it. Like no. this is it. I think you postpone it until the final segment. Closure. I think you're right. This is a closing move. I think you're absolutely right. Let's take a break right now. The food's here. Let's Good put idea. these in the fridge. Okay. Are you gonna fill up with food and? Yeah, and then beer on top of that. Absolutely. Creatively. Because it's going to take a few minutes for it to take effect, so I could at least close the show as yeah. soon as I feel it coming on. Yeah. I'd be like, hey, we're out of here. Thanks, Dan. Yeah, it's closure. <laughs> we'll see you next time. It's a, it's a Dana Mall. All right. Uh, I'm not going to lie to you. We're going to take about a 10, maybe even 15 minute intermission right here, and we're going to come back. We're going to have a good time. we got a lot more to cover. I've got your feedback line coming up. I've got more from Dan Gordon. Uh, he's hanging out with us. We've got more beer here. Uh, Terrence DeBlack just came to the studio. If that's not a reason to hang out, then I don't know what is. Uh, we got Schumann and Shoe Light. Uh, a whole bunch of stuff about to happen. Just give us a little rest because uh, the Dan's been here a long time and we got to nourish a brother. And uh, we're going to do it for the rest of us, too. Uh, we're looking at about, uh, I'm going to estimate, 12 minutes, and we'll be right back. We have so, to throw um, groceries down our neck. We're going to do that. We're going to come back. We're going to have a lot more fun. Dan Gordon, part three. Three, ladies and gentlemen, what a good time and what a good brother coming and hanging out with us. So uh, we're going to come back. Stick with us. It's the session. Still talking lager. 888-401-BEER. That's the number. Or join Beavis in the chat room to get all your questions answered. Be back in a few. listening to the Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. What have you gotten out of a vial of White Labs yeast? WLP 001, Cal Ale, baby! 23, Burton Ale. 008, East Coast Ale! Cal Common, WLP 810. It's gonna be WLP 400 with beer! I got a sweet hoodie for my vial. Huh? White Labs, your source for great brewer's yeast, would like to invite all homebrewers to join the White Labs Customer Club. Redeem your empty vials for great White Labs merchandise and products. 
free yeast, glassware, t-shirts, baseball caps, sweatshirts, polo shirts, and you won't believe what you'll get for 5,000 vials. Members also receive a newsletter packed with White Labs updates and facts, interviews with professional brewers, brew-your-own-clone recipes, beercook.com recipes, and customer club stories. The White Labs Customer Club. Save your vials and get in the club. White Labs. It's all in the vial. Sitting at a bar on the inside, waiting for a ride on the outside. She broke my heart in the trailer park. So I checked the keys to our ugly car and crashed that piece of junk and then stepped away. Bartender really did it this time Broke my parole to have a good time When I got home it was 6 a.m. The door was locked so I kicked it in She was tripping on the bills I think she was high on some pills She threw my shit out into the yard Then she called me a bum and slapped me real hard And in my drunken stupor I did what I should have never done Now I'm sitting here talking to you Drunk and on the run I'm sitting at a bar on the inside Waiting for my ride on the outside She stole my heart in the trailer park So I jacked the keys to her fucking car And crashed that piece of shit Then stepped away
Splash City clubs Swallowed bad whiskey Waterfront pubs Mixed with the knobs That a social I do But I'd rather a bottle Finney's homebrew Now Finney's a bushman Who lives all alone In a little tin hut In the hills on his own With only his horses The possums and roos And an old black fermenter Powerful blues Of that wonderful brew Known as Finney's homebrew Taste it all, mate, you won't know what to do When you're all alone with the possums and roots And that old black ferment will mellow your blues And should ever you call at that humble abode And Finney invites you one for the road And saddle your horse And just turn him to grass For I'm sure that you'll finish Up flat on your face I've oft heard the tale Of the possums that come Creeping at night From the tall mountain gums To sample the dregs That old Finney threw from his old black fermenter making a brew For that wonderful brew known as Finney's homebrew The possums out there made a tasting it too And the bushland is ringing with a hullabaloo Of a mad mob of possums steamed up on that brew Should ever old Finney be called to his rest I'm sure they will find him a place with the blessed Chief brewer to Peter and the angels on high Oh the harps will be twanging that day in the sky Oh that wonderful brew known as Finney's homebrew The people up yonder are trying it too Feathers all ruffled and the halos askew Hallelujah, hallelujah, Finney's homebrew oh, That wonderful brew known as Finney's homebrew Taste it all, mate, you won't know what to do But there's one thing I know and I'll even bet you Could make a blowfly by the buck kangaroo Old Finney's homebrew that old man brew in his homebrew. Mix me your 100 grain amber recipe and I'm going to eat it. And then it can ferment in my gut. It totally works. The beer is almost identical to the grain sandwich. Your colon won't know what hit it. <laughs> the, the home of live beer radio. TheBrewingNetwork.com Because like beer, radio shouldn't suck. You're listening to The Session. You're listening to The Brewing 
like beer? to see you still with us hanging out here with the dan it's part three dan gordon and uh we're gonna have a little more fun we covered uh, the dunkelweizen and we covered lagering and if you got any more questions i'll, I'll allow them 888-401-BEER we got a little bit of time left or you can join beavis in the chat room we'll cover it that way we're going to cover all of those things plus have ourselves a little fun we've got our new 800 number feedback line to cover the listener line 888-401-BEER all week long you can leave your messages not just call in live during the show and I've got a little compilation for you to cover that way. But in the meantime... We have meantime. It's uh, me and the beeve against Schumann and Shoe Light drinking the Stiefels. Uh, don't be hard on the Beavo if you lose. Did you get us the Stiefels, Chat? Oh, sorry. Yeah, I only said it like four times, Shatty. I got to talk to Chat. I got to write things on his eyelids. That man. It's better that way. Yeah. He's got too many. I did. Four times. They're in the uh, house kegerator. We're going to drink from the Stiefel, and we're going to compete for who finishes first. <laughs> Usually Sammy. And, and Dan, I'm going to put your broadcasting skills at work as we're doing this. Well, there's going to be play by points play. for retention, I might add. Yeah, there's going to be some stopping moments, <laughs> right? No, I'm I'm talking about keeping it down. Yes, please. Retention. Dan, come on. Who do you think you're dealing with? Trained professionals. <laughs> I told Chad to have some What do you think? You're on KNBR ready. over here? This is the real deal. I'm One hand only, One-handed. Beavis. Don't forget. Beavis has it one-handed. She's qualified. Who do you want to start? Me We're or you? We're at the starting deal? blocks. We've got buckets. All right, I'm going to start it. Do we have a clock? Uh, shall we breathalyze before we take the stiefel <laughs> yeah, just so we can get a matter. just so we can get a reference? Actually, it takes a really long time to do that. That thing takes a, I'm a uh, generations. This is already a point oh six. I was a oh one. I haven't really had much since the last time. I'm probably right in there. Maybe one point one five. <laughs> Guess what, Doc? We're just going to hang out and have a hookah afterwards. Exactly. And, I'm going to be hanging here for a while. You were at .01 before? It was .01. Or .01. He talks too much. Oh, oh point one. Yeah, I was yeah. .01. Yeah, was but like, you know what, though? You know how if you, you if you just have a drink, it also it will register higher? I have a feeling yeah, I was. I hear you. I was in the 08 range. I was definitely over I the limit. I think so. Let's give it that. I'll, I'll knock it down a couple points. Um all right, so Schumann and Shoe Light, one hand at a time. We're going to start together. Dan's going to play by play for us, and whatever else you have to uh, discuss with the with the with the peanut gallery. Uh, Sam the idiot is hanging out uh, with puke buckets, uh, aka Bevo's husband. And uh, he'll be taking puke care bucket of, uh, boy. I don't think we're going to need it. It's good beer. And uh, you know, and it's good for you. I'm not saying we have to rush through this, unless of course you don't want to beat us. Hmm. Well, that said, I get the feeling we're going to whip your booty, yeah. and then you're going to have a really crappy loser like consequence. Beavis, what do you think? That I shouldn't have eaten so much before we do this. We did. To- we all just downed two plates of two plates of Chinese food. I, th- yeah. I think your husband's been saying that for years. I think it offers some ballast. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm thinking of it as a Grutlager myself. I don't think that it's uh, going to help me puke any. I think it's going to apply a foundation. You know, for the beer that's about to be applied. I'm just worried that I'm sitting here in the diamond of sound, so to speak. If there is a problem, I'm going to be the full brunt force of it. I didn't bring a change of clothes. 
and I don't think we have anything big enough to send you home in. No, no, I but I will be able to jump backwards with lightning speed. <laughs> yeah, you will. When I can but that said, uh, yeah. drinkers, take your marks. You guys ready? Vomit towards the soundboard. Right. Away from the electronics. Yes. That's uh, the best thing. On Dan's mark. Get set and drink. Looking at it, it's pretty much a dead. So you can't take it anymore. Justin, and then give it to your say, partner. I give it a little yeah, edge to Justin. Yeah. Yeah. He's uh, below the label. He takes a little breather, sitting back. Shoe, Schumann. Uh, oh, went down to the three. Well, he's got the pass off. Shoe little. Shoe big. Shoe little. Shoe light. There's a lot of. There's a lot of beer. Shoe little is uh, tip up on that one, and uh, Bevo, Beavis, Bevo, Bev. Either one works. Is doing a heck of a job there. Uh, Sheltering her own ankle. Sheltering the spell. She takes a little breather. Oh, she is yeah. not quite at the label yet. The Whoa. Logo. Down to the cankle. But, uh, oh, looking over here to the right. Shoe <laughs> uh, light. Uh, oh, truly a good amount of beer in breather. there. It was a quick one. I'd say that was More a 10 second. More you drink, seconds. the higher it gets. Yeah, it's like, I'm know, giving the edge right now to Justin and Beavis. That's yes. a big-ass boot. Oh, uh, He took a quick sip down that one. A uh, breather there. It's okay to take a pause. There's nothing wrong with that. You can stand up. You can pace yourself. You can get that. Schumann is uh, is definitely oh, feeling the, the effects of stretching out a little bit. Shoe light. The more uh, you drink, the more. Uh, tip up. <laughs> partial tip up. And oh, oh sacrilege. Bevo. I see a bucket. You want to go tip down, Bevo, now. Yeah. Tip down. Yeah, it's, you're going to get a lot of drip if you keep going. Now, we got the rotation going. Uh-oh. A trained professional is rotating. Show the rotation. Justin is rotating the mug, the, the Stiefel. He's got it, uh, I'd say, in about a. Come on, Shumi's better, better bring it up, buddies. And then all the way over co- here. Push oh it, push gosh. it. <laughs> yes, nope. he had tip up. Oh, I got Shoe like We're ahead, Beef. Don't worry. Don't worry. Just Shuman take your time. Tip down, Bevo. Tip down. Tip side. Out, but you, tip need down, to, you need to rotate. You're yeah. going to have to maintain tip right. down at this point because it's lethal. Take your time. Gulpy, gulpy, gulpy. Shoe is going for a beer fest. Beef is going to beer all over chest. It's a marathon, Beef. Is that a bad thing? No. Coming back over to the left. You can taste the sulfur after a, a People few needs drinks. a tall boy. Well, all you're hitting right now is, is you're inhaling carbon dioxide. Uh, yeah, and it gets That's going to make it much more difficult because as the level goes down, you still have CO2 coming out. So that's what's happening. Yeah, oh, yeah. That, you got to go tip down, man. Tip Don't down. Go, tip down. down. Kind of like all yours right. hangs. Schumann's doing tip down very well now. He's got it perfectly positioned for the long haul. Look at the shoe. He might be able to do the entire remainder. Nope. Passes on the shoe light. Okay. I'd say I think that's, that's, about, that's teamwork. They're at about the half liter mark right now, which which is roughly one large beer in a, in a German tip down. bar. They're catching up, beef. It's a tip. Oh. Good good job on the belch. They heard me say uh, we're beating them, and they really yeah. put it forward. She's safe. Although Beavis I gotta say, John looks beat. Uh, John looks like he's in bad shape. He doesn't look good. Uh, the looks okay. As you get to that level, which is very encouraging, by the way, you're at about a half liter mark now. Shoe light looks like he's Justin. in trouble. They're down to the cankle. Yeah, and at the end, we would sing the song normally. What song is that? The Stiefel Mischtebben song. Oh, that one. Yes. It's, it's, Let's it's, sing it. it. The, Stiefel Mischtebben. I'm not quite ready for that. When he starts twisting the point up. Yeah. Can you do more beef? It's getting close. You guys are doing a heck of a job. It's it's not really close anymore. Uh, Schumann and Shoe Lighter are They're right way there. Ahead. To the, to They're the getting way ahead. They, well, you guys are doing a heck of a job. But like I said, Shoe Light, uh, he's on his last leg. And I, I gotta say, yeah, they beef, beef is uh, is starting to feel a little queasy there. She may want to pass it off. Uh, Doc may want to finish that last little tip for you there. 
You can bring a pull in. You guys I are think Justin can do it. I think Justin can do it. I don't know if the Schumans can do it. They're looking pretty green over there. Killer. This is going to be a closer right now. They're looking pretty green. Shoe light is ready to kill the cat. Kill the boot. It's a lot of beer, buddy. Look at him. They're looking cross eyed over there. Very, very close. Very close. I'm wondering if either one of them can finish. Yeah. Get them by the bucket. When you start tipping, as you're drinking it, you do Where a the bucket. flow. Ugh. Oh, so good. The two, I think they're going to need it. There a lot of, uh, a lot of green faces over here on the right. He's walking away. Shoes walking away. He's jumping around. He's getting, he's he getting it? spent. Oh, don't shake it up. Me, don't shake it up. how you feeling there? Not so, not so hot? Not so awesome. I think we've got to get the bucket over there, everybody. I'm looking at these two. I'm not even drinking because both of them are about to uke. Schumann's on his way out. Schumann's going to uke. Shoe Light's on his way out. Shoe Light's going to uke. They're both leaving to uke. Ding, 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 Me ding, ding, and have, we can take our time because they're about to uke. Schumann yeah, uked. Shoe Light's on his way back to try to finish. I'm still here. I'm still here. I'm still here. All right, guys, yeah, still in the running. I'm going to maintain a little distance behind. A little difference distance from Shoe Light. It's not over yet. Shoe Light, leave the Dan alone. No, he's, he's covering up. It's the death grip right now. Can you go more? You want to try a little more? Oh, no, 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 She's got a face. Every little bit you helps. Uke, so don't, uh, if you're going to uke, go ahead. I'll take yeah, care. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to do. There's, there's roughly... Shoe lights going for it four though. Left in there. Hey That's shoe, turn it up. Shoe, no, no, no. You're shoe gonna get it all in your face, man. man. You gotta turn it, turn it as you go. Yeah, it's a toe. That's why you rotate one fluid motion. Otherwise, you're gonna around. get like a whole bunch in your face. Oh. All right, well, I'm just taking a little break oh, for a little the bit. The other rule is, I don't think you're ever allowed to put it just down. About no, set it and forget it. Beavis, yeah. do it and don't you, because you're about to finish oh, it right it's now. Over. Yes. That was actually pretty close. Now just work on keeping yeah. it down, Beef. Yeah, giant and can I get a big high five? You know Maybe shoe light there go. right afterwards. There he goes. I, By the way, shoe lights on his way to puke right I, now. I need to uh, apologize to all of you guys for, for bringing, bringing the boot box for this uh, yeah. event. Tough, uh, tough beer for this event. A seven is very a handicap factor in the Chinese diving school. There is a handicap factor in that, isn't there? This had a difficulty factor of two point eight. Yeah, this will give you a score of ten. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the shoes didn't know who that they who they were dealing with. And by the yeah. way, wow, that's there's a, a bunch of Chinese food floating in the sink. <laughs> Did it at least go into the the garbage disposal? Yeah, probably not. Which side? Of the, oh, wrong side of the sink. Even shoe. Oh. This brought it to a whole new low. All right. Well, give me about ten minutes, uh, and I might be drunk of the week this week because once that kicks in, nope. my belly's full. I win. Uh, I'll tell you what. I can't believe they finished them. I didn't no, even. Didn't. I didn't even feel like puking except for a couple moments there. Uh, but when you saw more, the shoes running. Well, it was more of a, of a. I needed to belch. That's all. Yeah. That's Beef, all it was. Right. Like <laughs> it was nothing Beef, for you. Was just so Schumann, you, you, you just had to belch. You had to belch um, a bunch of Chinese food. I couldn't belch. I'm not gonna lie. I tried. I feel like I may vomit, but. Give her the, give her I'm the gonna, bowl. I'm going to be strong. I'm going to hold that in. I'll tell you what. I'm if gonna... I have to puke in my mouth, I'm going to do that. Oh, no, no. Can I get another high five, Beavis? Because I got to say, uh, not just one of the Schumans puked, but they're both on their way out there puking. <laughs> <laughs> they're back. Dude, like, can I just say that? Remember that, that time you made, me so you made me chug Tasty's beer? Yeah. I'm there, dude. I'm yeah. so messed up Very right fresh. now. I got to say, I'm about to finish this Dunkelweizen that I've just poured in front of me. I'm not. That is a bold move. You know? Impressive. Uh, can I get a round of applause for yeah. me and the beef in this studio? All right. You rock. Thank you, Dan. I Thanks think your beer just grew a half inch. You bring culture <laughs> to a whole other level of Gordon Beer. <laughs> it's all about culture. Yeah. 
I'm, now, I'm yeah. sure that snippets of this will show up on YouTube tomorrow, and, and I'll, uh, I'll be having some visitors from the TTV. You, you know about the Sam Adams fiasco in Boston years ago. Yeah. Uh, we, if we were to publicize this, you know. she answered the phone. Clearly. No, she's answering the phone. Coherent. I have to end this show really quick because I guarantee I'm going to be fucking yeah. hammered in like five minutes. You need to recline. All right. How about this? I'm going to play you our uh, feedback for the week. Uh, it's our 800 number, 888-401-BEER. You can dial that all week long. And uh, We got the bub. It's <laughs> get the timer going. And he loves me. Uh, bub, you gotta, bub, I got to get out of here before I'm drunk of the week. <laughs> Ah, no, come on. First of all, Bub is going to be at the anniversary party, so rock it hardcore. Good, because I changed the date for you. I know. And and second of all, Bevo is like the hottest woman ever. Of right course now. she is. And her husband is, too. <laughs> he's, he's the second hottest woman ever. He's the ever. second hottest woman ever. Wow, I'm dizzy. She's super hot, and she... And this is, listen, I didn't pick Bevo as my partner just because she's hot. It's because I know she 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 brings it. She brings it every time. Follows it hard. What? Wait. What? <laughs> she can be my stunt wife. Yeah, exactly. Those kind of yeah. attributes. She's now Dan's stunt wife. She can't. My wife can't handle that kind of power drinking. Yeah. You know, I'm I'll your just stunt take, wife. I'm your yeah, Colin. I'll just wherever we have to go. Different events. For power things drinking. That, uh, awesome. for power yeah, designated you know, you'll be Mrs. wife. Gordon for the you're, night. You're now Dan Gordon's <laughs> so hopefully it's stunt a, wife. Hopefully it's okay. Uh, it's okay. Wife it's is a phenomenal drinker. I wonder if while you're his stunt wife, if I could be Dan Gordon's stunt cock. Okay, that was a whole. Other <laughs> thing. Did you see that movie? What was that movie? Uh, Orgasmo. Orgasmo. That was Orgasmo. Can we get Stunt Cock? It was not a porn movie. It was a fantastic comedy movie made by the uh, guy. Trey. Right, let's just Trey, move on. Trey something. Parker. Or something Stone. And Matt Stone. Trey right. Parker and Good Matt call. Stone. Uh, Good call. Bub, anything else? Um, anything of importance? You, you can stay on the I line. That's fine. I just want to play our. Uh, I want to play our, our our voicemail feedback for today. And Doc, you're going to enjoy it. We got some good feedback this week. <laughs> can I hear my nice Bevo feedback too? Well, it's well, well, dude. She just totally. She probably outdrank you. No, no, he totally hey. drank more than me. He picked up my slot. I'm, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm going to put money on the line that if Bevo hadn't drank <sighs> anything before that, yeah. he could have totally downed it. I would not. Uh, that's a, that would be a good bet. Bebo would have brought it. Very nice. I'll play. Thank I'll you. play it for you after. All right. Thanks. Here is our phone. Uh, uh, just bub, bub, hang on the line. Here's our uh, right. voicemail feedback for the week. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Bell's the king. I love this song. Is Doc there? Is Doc there? Can you hear me? Are you listening? Oh, come on, come on, answer. Pick up. Anybody got a question? Important question. <laughs> Hey, uh, hey, it's Matt. Uh, um, uh, I'll, I'll do those, um, those words you do. Uh, you know, the words that you just can't say when you've been drinking. And I'll translate them in French. So, uh, call me back. Whose voice is this? Hey, not the Mexican. No, don't give it to the Mexican. See you later. We're no strangers to love You know the rules and so do I A full commitment's what I'm thinking of You wouldn't get this from any other guy I just want to tell you how I'm feeling Gotta make you understand Never gonna give you up 
Never gonna let you down, never gonna run around and desert you. Never gonna make you cry, never gonna say goodbye. We're gonna tell a lie and hurt you. Back hole! Hey, what's up, Justin? This is Uncle Brewer from fucking Chicago. Uh, sorry, Chris, can I say fucking? Uh, beef. Uh, box just lost. I'm drinking some, uh, a nice pale ale from, uh, Rock Bottom Brewery. And I'm fun to say that you guys are doing a hell of a job. And, uh, you know what? Shout out to Sully. Tasty Crack Can. I love the Tasty Crack Can. Later. You guys are doing a great job. Bye. Get the Soul Brewing Network, David and George, what a hit, Live Oak Brewing. Uh, we're, we're sitting here, um, it's about, uh, well, I don't really know the time, but uh, we're drinking some beer, so we're, drinking, we're thinking of you guys. We're drinking a lot of beer, and uh, Doc, I, 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 want to thank, I want to thank you for sending us the regulator. We're here just, uh, we're just uh, looking around. Drink Drink some beer. Katie says hi. Don't be too annoying. But uh, uh, I will send you some uh, pictures. Uh, it's been going really good. It's been here since about 3 o'clock. And this place has been going really well. We're enjoying actually uh, uh, so a couple of Shout out to the Zealots, of course. But uh, uh, I just want to let you know this is uh, uh, one of those. Uh, calling you in how it is out. Wrap it up. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll, we'll call you as the day goes up, progresses through the day. So, so many more messages throughout the day. All right, bye. Bye. Hey, Justin, it's McGuffis. Uh, I was just checking to make sure my cell phone works. Hey, guys. That's good, huh, Doc? You gotta love the listener line. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, these guys are funny. It's exactly what I hoped for the listener line. Yeah, they're funny when they're when they're funny, so they can call in any time they get the urge, you know? I isolated a couple of the I think uh, I'm going to call in. Yeah, me too. Ones. I get funny ones. Do once you in feel a while. your beer yet? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I was yeah. funny the last yeah. night. I should have called in. Yeah, really. <laughs> me too. Uh, I think I think the music was a little too loud so I couldn't hear all well, the drunk slurring. Here's what happened. A lot of listeners are they're they're out in different places or they're not talking into their phones, so there's only so much I can do for the audio. Damn drunks. Uh, but I did. I I knew you were going to say that, Doc, because I've been working with you for a long time. Exactly. So I, I'm all I, about the quality. I isolated a couple of the voicemails so that you could hear them after the fact. Oh, good. Because I knew you were going to say that. Here uh, was the creepiest uh, one that I knew you couldn't hear. <laughs> Bevo, tell me how creepy this this voicemail they got left for us. Justin is. likes creepy. I will tell you. Yeah. And Dan, uh, throw some headphones on because you got to hear this too. This one is creepy. This is a guy. Uh, we've we started this thing uh, for Drunk of the Week. You know, you know, we have the Drunk of the Week calls. They call in. They try to be Drunk of the Week. And we started this thing where we would make them pronounce words. And and based on their Big performance, words, um, like we would decide. You know, if they if they qualified for Drunk of the Week. This here was this guy's response to to our words. Hey, um, hey, it's Matt. Uh, um, uh, like I'll, I'll do those um those words you do. Uh, you know the words that you just can't say when you've been drinking, and I'll translate them in French. So uh, call me back. I don't know if that was a guy or a girl. I don't know either. I, I like Bevo. They, it, it I was, didn't know it that Michael, was Michael Jackson, Jackson was one of our listeners. If there are, did two- he call back and do it in French? He did not. But if there are two people on Earth that would make a skin suit 
out of out <laughs> any one of us. JP and, and JP guy. is one of them. That's the other guy. I mean, that guy. How creepy was that? He's got oh, a number. Oh my gosh! That Here, didn't creep me out at all. <laughs> what I just want to say from an is that normal for you? No, <laughs> it wasn't normal, but it didn't creep me out. Oh. You see that? In but what's amazing life. is that the after this boot. You, the both of you are able to completely function oh, on a normal ready. basis. I'm ready to go. Be- Beavis is out there typing away on the computer. <laughs> I, I would have <laughs> been past well, it. No, but you. it doesn't matter. Your fingers are able to reach the keyboard, yeah. which is truly astounding. And Justin, I have no idea whether you, that you drink anything. I Dan, want you I to have know to admit, that I can't feel my lips. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, Dan, you have to know the two of us are fading quickly. We are uh, we're, we're getting real but close. But what is to the purpose of continuing? Is what I want to know. Is, it, there, is, not there, much. is there a driving force here? That no, is, it's is, just that I have things I have to finish, and, and as soon as I'm done, yeah, we're out of here. We're done. Oh, I don't want to yeah. hold you back. on No, this one, as soon though. as I'm done, we're out of here. <sighs> Bevo, here is your voicemail, and uh, it's, it's good that you're drunk now because the feelings are out. Feelings? Is it? Is you remember it? the guy who uh, you know he offended you in that the ch- guy in, in the chat room a couple of weeks ago, and he sent you an email. I do remember him. I'm sorry you got offended. It's okay, I'm over it. <laughs> well, I know you are. But we're not. I want to set up this... I want to set up... No, I, I'm over it, too. I want to set up this voicemail. Okay, I'm not. He let you... He, he left a voicemail. Oh, great. It, it's not an apology, but there's something about a guy, like a person with an accent. I don't know what it is. I always think they're just nicer people than normal people. If they have okay. an accent, I want you to listen... You I didn't, don't hate him. I, I, I know I you didn't, but you didn't listen. exactly forgive him. No, I for, totally forgave him. I just thought he was. Kind you of didn't forgive him. Silly. You said I. Mo- you said I've moved on. I have moved on. But you didn't forgive him. So I, I want you to this. Just listen to his okay. voicemail. Okay. What the point is? He was really concerned that you didn't get his apology, and so he left this. Hello, I'm just calling to make sure that Beverly received my. Email apologies. Um, it's Growler, and I upset her on the uh, in the chat room. And I just wondered if she'd received my apologies. Thank you. Doesn't he sound like a nice guy? Oh, I kind of love him. You see what I mean? <laughs> but I'm a whore for accents. I, but I did the same thing. I'm listening to the See? Justin wants to do him. Apparently, I'm I a chicky... I gotta work on my accent. Do, Apparently, baby. I'm a chicky whore, too, because I'm listening to this, and I'm like, wow, doesn't he sound like a nice man? Honestly, so sincere. I had forgiven him. Like, I thought his I thought his forgive, <laughs> forgiving email was a little bit backhanded if that's the correct word like yeah. a little bit like double-sided like it was sort of i'm sorry but yeah totally but genuine. i totally forgive him i understand like he, i understand he didn't think that he was doing anything wrong and he didn't realize that he was upsetting me that much and it had been a shitty day for me like that of course that day sucked of course and i think that if on your a mother normal, went to the hospital i think that on a normal day i would have been fine i would have been like dude you're retarded stop but that day just really upset me, and, and I don't know why. But I was totally that time of the month. Him. It was not that time of the month. <laughs> you know what? By what? the way, that was Sam the asswipe. Just, and if Justin, Sam the asswipe hey, remembers correctly, we were worried around that time because it was not that time of the month. Oh, oh boy! So quick. I was hoping for that time of the month, but it was good thing he's shooting blanks. Huh? Let me tell you, Sam. Good thing. thing. Hey, Sam the asswipe. You'd be lucky to make babies with this woman. <laughs> She can drink. Your mom's lucky. <laughs> Whatever. Superhuman <laughs> children. <laughs> All right. So this guy's got a cool accent. We cut off his hand and we forgive him. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what we do? No, yes. I really, I really forgive him. I mean, he really didn't intend to hurt I my feelings. His hand. It was just a shitty day, and it was an I accident, right? Yeah, it was. It okay. really was. Come on. And I would love for him to come I'll back. I'll even take the his left hand. Feel welcome. 
Say that again. I would love for him to come back to the chat room and listen to the live feed and feel welcome. Like, I don't hold any grudges. I don't judge. It was a crappy day. I'm sorry that I freaked out, and I'm sure he's sorry for offending me. It's a, it does seem like that. And and by the way, everybody gets a little out of control in that uh, in that chat room. Word. Uh, you did have a bad day. I did have a bad day. He did owe you an apology. And he apologized. And he twice. Gave it. Yeah. He owes you well, a hand. Well, sort of, kind of, twice. He owes you a hand. <laughs> <Does> <laughs> that, <laughs> we'll take the left hand. Doc will not... Uh, <laughs> well, depending upon if you're right-handed or left-handed. If you know you're right-handed, what? he, he we'll can take the choose. left hand. Until there's and a vice hand. versa. Until there's a hand given, then uh, there, there there will be no apology in, in, in terms of Doc's world. That's right. Yeah. Hey, you know what? Well, here's what it's I want to say. just. Well, what, it, what happened was, uh, during that whole period of time, there was a bunch of shit happening. The guy in the forum, Zymer, just did a bunch of nasty stuff, and everybody forgave him. And I say we forgive this guy, so I'm going to go, uh, come He's on forgiven. back. Come on back to the, to the, to the chat room and uh, enjoy the show, and Bevo forgives you. I do. I would... Welcome you with open arms. By the way, about an hour ago, I'd have said "f you." You're an ass white. <laughs> no, I wouldn't have. I've thought, but about I just this. had a stiefel full of uh, Gordon Beer Blonbach and uh, an, an unbelievable effort. <laughs> Everybody here, I'm truly impressed. I'm one of those guys who's like, "Hey, listen, Schumann, I How even like Schumann living with doing? you." <laughs> so it's kind of like uh, the guy in uh, Schindler's List. Hey, shooter! Uh, he forgives everybody, doing, and then he starts shooting him with the high part rifle. Okay? Yeah. Awesome. Oh, 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 you ruined that movie for me. I haven't seen it yet. Oh, you like that part? It's okay. After ten years, you're, we're allowed to tell you when it's in it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, uh, according to Dan's good advice, that's about all the the things I had to cover. I had to make sure I, I got to that. And uh, let's get out of here, huh? Let's go have some fun and uh, relax. Uh, but I do have to say, Dan, thank you. You know, pleasure to be here. I'd give you a very sincere thank you, but I, I, I feel like. <laughs> Blonde Bach has clouded my vision. <laughs> I, I'm blown away. It's uh, truly <laughs> one of the most memorable occasions. Uh, you outdid yourself. Oh, poor And Dan. I'm serious. Okay. And, well. he, and he didn't hurl. <laughs> hey, Dan, can we get the Dunkelweizen everywhere now? Uh, yeah, most, you know, supermarkets in California, Northern that's California. That's such an easy drinking beer, especially no, actually, now that actually, that's a good question. It's not here. just Northern California, though. It's uh, Arizona. Uh, Hawaii. California. Nevada. Yeah. And don't be afraid because it's called Dunkelweiss because it's dark and because it, it drinks so easily. Is that it? Is it only West Coast? Well, that's where states? we are. Those yeah. are the states where we okay. brew and sell beer. All right. Oh, man. There's a call. No, no, there's not a call. <laughs> I, I, I messaged Me you something about a song. I'm sorry. Me and I would type it to you, but I'm destroyed. <laughs> We're now speaking Stiefel to each other. Stiefel. Stiefel. I sent you, you a message. You say Stiefel, I say Stiefel. I sent you tomato, a message tomato. about a song from that Brew Tattoo suggested. I don't remember what it was, but I messaged you about it, and he's. Yeah. Is there a caller or not? There's not. What's the What's the point? I don't know. All right, we're out of here. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. <laughs> <laughs> Dan, you know Wait, what I'm gonna get? Drunk of the week. Dan, the first time. Uh, I think it's Justin. I don't even know if anybody's called yet because I haven't looked. Did I, have I earned drunk of the week? Yeah, I think so. All right, Dan. The first time we did a, a, a full-on drunk show, I got uh, accused of ruining the show for about a year's time. Because? Because it was a drunk show. They thought I should have kept it straight and narrow. However, the Dan likes to have a good time. So thank you, Dan, for bringing good stuff. Having a good time with us. Well, he ruined us internet. with his own stuff. He brought the Stiefels. He I did. didn't ask him to bring yep. Stiefels. No, I 
There was never a request. He brought the <laughs> steeples and he brought the rules. <laughs> yeah, he brought the rules. Beavis? Yes? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just looking she's at her. still typing away. I know, I'm just two, watching two her. Two hours later, she's um, going to be typing away. She's still be. trying to answer questions. I'm watching her focus on the yeah. keyboard. It's hilarious. That's because I have to close one eye to see it. <laughs> <laughs> I would take a breather. <laughs> All right. I'm going to drink some water, and then I'm going to finish the show. Sweet. And drive home safely, Justin. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's important. All right. My studio is in my home. Bevo has a designated driver. I do. Doc ain't leaving for a Doc long time. Doc ain't leaving for a while. <laughs> uh, Dan Gordon knew what was coming. He relaxed a long time he ago. He was taking water for a while. As soon as we said Stiefel drinking, Shimon. How you doing, buddy? <laughs> Thank Dan Gordon for uh, his contribution to our, oh, to our show. Oh, thank you. Absolutely. And Shoe Light, too. And Shoe Light. Yeah. <laughs> and Shoe Light. Tremendous efforts. They didn't quite finish their steeple. There's still like a quarter. There is still, you're right. There's a no, little no, bit no, there. No, 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 I'll okay. kill it right now. Yeah, it, it may trigger don't, another reaction. Please don't. We've made plenty of room in our stomachs now. <laughs> <laughs> Shoe Light's eating already. He's yeah. back to the food. <laughs> you know what? It's that second dinner. Yeah. Oh, good Lord. Okay. Thank you to our sponsors. <laughs> Chad, here's where you take over and you do good night for us. Go for it. Doc? Yes. Can I pass this off to you? Yeah, you can. <laughs> uh, we've had a great show. Uh, thank Dan Gordon, the Schumans, uh, Bevo, of course. Thank and, you. And I love to see... Justin, hammer a few brews. I do. It's yeah. a good time. And I, I, I'll give him brew uh, drunk of the week. So Say thanks to our sponsors. Thank you to our sponsors. Thank you, thank you. Say thanks to Dan. I already did. Twice. Thank you. Thank you, Dan. And thank, thank you. you for Tasty for coming on down. <laughs> and Bevo. Yes. What do you have to say? Good night, everybody. Nice to hang out with you again on a Sunday night, and hope I have just as fun next. Wait, we're not here next Sunday. The Sunday after. <laughs> Bye. Chocolate pole to cherry stop. Yeah, you know what I am talking about. But don't you give me that American crude, boy. The one a real home crew. Home crew, don't you really love that home crew? Can't get enough of it. Home crew, it blows my mind. I love home crew all the time.